That's the Isley Brothers from 1959. Shout! Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Drexel show. I am Todd Dandruff. Would tell us once again an overnight show, an unplanned overnight show. We were supposed to be on time this week, but uh, as has been happening often this summer, my son's mom is unavailable to watch him because she is not here tonight. So my options were either to cancel the show or to do an overnight show. So I am throwing away my precious sleep, my beauty sleep. And I'm right here with you guys overnight. Right now it's 11.51 p.m. on the West Coast on August 17th, 2016. I'm Todd Dandruff with TELUS. Uh, we may pick up Brandon Drexel Gerson later on. He said he will probably make it but can't stay the entire time. So we'll be happy to have whatever time we do with him. And we'll also be happy to have whatever time we do with another co-host, Calwatt. Hello. You're killing me, Druff, with this <laughs> this overnight show. Well, I, I admit it's not East Coast friendly. I will concede that that uh, oh, it's not man. an ideal time for those who live on the East Coast. But you know, for people in Europe, it's it's not that bad. Right now, it's kind of early in the morning in Europe, but it's it's going to get there to where they're waking up for work and they're at work. So for them, this may not be that bad. But I know for the East Coast, this is the worst, and even for the West Coast, this is not great because it's almost midnight. Uh, I, I was looking forward to having a show finally on our scheduled Wednesday night at 7.30, and I got half of it. I got the Wednesday night, but not the 7.30. So here we are, and uh, there's no free roll tonight, which has been irritating people because uh, you know money is rolling in. People donating to the free roll, and I, I don't hold the free roll. It's just because I, I want to put the money to good use, and... At this time, there's just a very limited number of people that can listen live and have a desire to play the free roll. So that, that's why we don't have it. But uh, next week, I know I keep saying this, but next week we should have a show on Wednesday night at around 7.30, meaning that there will be a free roll. I'll try to make it a bigger free roll because we've accumulated some money. Actually, we haven't accumulated that much. <laughs> the donations have kind of slowed down too. But, uh, but we have some. We got some recently, and I appreciate all those who donate to the free roll. So hopefully everything will be back to normal starting next week. But, hey, at least there's a show. And, Calwood, I appreciate whatever time you can spend here. And I know how late it is for you. And if you, you fall asleep on the phone, uh, I, it's not you who drinks the herbal tea, right? It's uh, Trader Ski, right? Yeah, it's Trader Ski. Now, I mean, I, I'm going to do what I can here. I'm actually uh, doing some work, so okay. it happens to be pretty good. But, uh, you know, if I do start snoring, apologies in advance. Might as well say it now. You could do work while you're co-hosting the show. Yeah, that's impressive. Why not? That's impressive. I could, see. Back when I was doing programming, I could. I had to totally concentrate on. It. I, I couldn't have anything in the background. I couldn't have uh, any distractions. Well, I mean, having a couple of kids and dogs and everything running around, you get pretty good at it. Maybe that's what it is. Because uh, I, I didn't. Did I know you had kids? For some reason, I didn't know you had kids. I don't know. I. I Probably, I thought I thought I brought it up. Might it, I don't know. Maybe I don't remember. Me. I don't remember either. It just for some reason that surprises me. I don't know why. Really? <laughs> are you are you surprised that uh, that I've ever had sex? Or are you no, surprised no, no, that no. I, I'm virile and able to reproduce? No, I'm no, no, I'm not surprised that that uh, you had sex or that you could reproduce. It just for some reason, <laughs> I just pictured you with no kids. I pictured you being like just married with no kids. That's just what I had in my mind. But I guess well, you about eight years ago, you would have been right. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> So, so you're actually you're kind of in the same boat as me then, with having, uh, you know, being in your uh, 40s and having a child as young. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, mine are uh, they're going to be turning eight and six, so you know they're they're a little bit older, but well, they're very close. Ben Ben's about to be six, so yeah, yeah. Alrighty, so uh, yeah, someone just asked how old is Ben? He's about to turn six, and. A lot of you who've been around in this community for a while remember when I first made the announcement that his mom was pregnant, which surprised a lot of people because this was a, a girlfriend I had only been with for six months. So this is not something you would you would have expected from me. But uh, I'm sometimes full of surprises, especially with the time we start this show. Actually, it's surprising with this show if, if we actually start at the scheduled time, and especially surprising if we start on time. <laughs> okay, so... If you want to call into the show tonight, it's the same number as always, 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. You can also text that number anytime during the show. I may read your texts on the air unless you ask me not to or unless it's a stupid troll text. I've covered that before. Like if you want to criticize something in the show or criticize me or as long as it looks like it's not just being sent for the purpose of just straight up trolling, I'll read it. If it's uh, – Critical, I promise you I will read it, even if it's not very flattering. So uh, that's the number. You can also text me before, after, or during the show. A a segment that was actually surprisingly popular last week was the airline segment. I got a lot of texts afterwards and during the show about the airline segment. People like the the airline miles discussion. So in honor of that, it's going to spawn a a similar topic this week, and hopefully it will be as popular as the airline segment. But uh, I do respond to the texts I get. I respond uh, in a fairly timely manner, so that's a good way to get a hold of me anytime, 24 hours a day. I, I may not answer right away 24 hours a day, but you can text me 24 hours a day. Never feel bad about the time you're texting me. If I'm sleeping, I won't hear it. 775-372-8355. Now, if you call that number and you don't get through, there is the Mount Charleston line. It is a separate line. It does forward to me, but it actually forwards on a separate line, so... The Mount Charleston line is separate from the other line. It's a way to get through to the show if you're having trouble reaching the other line. Mount Charleston is a mountain near Las Vegas. It's a lot cooler there because it's high up. The phone number is 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808. If you want to listen to the show through the call to listen line, We have that. That's a phone number you can call to listen to the show. You don't need any data. It doesn't use any data if you have a data plan. You don't need the Internet. You don't need a computer or smartphone. All you need is a phone that can dial, and it uses exactly zero bytes of your data. So it's uh, lovely for that reason. Also, never any buffering or any other nonsense. So if you have a shoddy Internet connection, maybe if you're driving somewhere, that's the number to use to listen to the show. 712-775-8162 is that number. 712 775-8162 is the call to listen line. And when we are not live, you will hear reruns on that number. It streams reruns randomly selected from our past four and a half years on Poker Fraud Alert doing this radio show. About 200 episodes it chooses from randomly, runs them as if they're live, and then when each one's finished, it picks another one at random. You can also hear the streaming reruns when we're not live on the air by going to either the TuneIn app or just going to the radio page of uh, Poker Fraud Alert and listening there. If you want to listen in the archives of the show, you can do so. We are on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on the TuneIn app, as I mentioned. TuneIn also broadcasts live. That's another way you can listen live. 
Uh, you can download the MP3s directly from the server. And there's an RSS feed up there. A lot of ways to listen to the show in the archives. It's, I just want to make it as easy as possible to listen. Coming soon, SoundCloud and Google Play. I'm going to be adding those two as well. So. Oh, you got my suggestion. I did. All I, right. I'm taking your suggestion. I was. Uh, I, I actually wasn't going to give you credit. I was just going to steal it from you. But now you. Okay. Uh, now, well, that's too late now. Now you've. You've said it's your suggestion, so I have to give you credit. But uh, uh, it's not. It's not anything groundbreaking. No, so. but I know. But I wanted people to say, <laughs> you know what? Wow, this guy's really in touch with. Uh, with audio media these days, he, he's uh, he's adding to Google Play. Like, has he not thought of anything? <laughs> I, I wanted. I wanted our listeners to just uh, be impressed with the. Now listen, if you want to give real credit where credit is due, you got to give credit to the Hansen kid for the Google Play thing. Oh, he's the because, one. He's well, he he wants me to uh, uh, get some of his stuff up and running on Google Play, and that's why it was on my mind. So, <laughs> so, so, so he's suggesting that uh, you do Google Play, and then you don't do the Google Play for for the work for him, and you you told me to do it for my. No, my no, no, no. I'm gonna do it. We we. It's a long story. We had to get you know something validated and yada yada yada, but it's gonna happen. Okay. I've never added anything to Google Play before. Do I have to get validated? Um, well, I don't want to bore everybody, but, I mean, basically, you just need to have a Google account. You need to give it the right uh, access, and then after that, it's it's easy as pie. Okay. Okay, good. If you want to chat during the chat in the chat room during the show, during the live show, you can do that. You won't find anyone there if it's not the live show, but right now, as we're broadcasting live, there are people in there. Not a whole lot of people at the moment, but there are people there chatting. And I don't read it very much, but uh, Calwatt reads it. And when Brandon's here, he reads it. And I will occasionally read it. Right, Like right now, Lou Father has taken up like about 80% of the chat room right now, which is fine because there's not many people in there. But uh, he's saying, my dad just booked a trip to Vegas for 45 bucks. Plane might crash, though, because it's spirit. Yeah, I... I that's not even a joke. Like, I, I'd be afraid to fly Spirit Airlines. I just, I don't trust Spirit. And even if I knew it wasn't going to crash, it'd just be a wholly unpleasant experience to fly them. Even if I could see the future and see it was going to be safe. It's just, uh, it, it's more about just the experience sucks. So I, but you know, 45 bucks to Vegas from, I, I don't know if his dad is from his area. He's in Michigan, Lou Father. So. Uh, if he Is really... that the airline that uses recycled jets? <laughs> no, I'm serious. There's an airline. I forget what the name of it is, but they uh, they use jets after they've been retired from other airlines. And Maybe. Fix them he, up yeah, I, I don't know. I, I haven't researched exactly their operation. I just know that they are one of those budget airlines. I remember when Va- the Value Jet budget airline crashed in the Florida Everglades, and it was attributed to basically them being cheap asses and doing poor maintenance. And I said, you know, I'm never flying one of these. It's one thing if it crashes just because, you know, you're just randomly uh, in the wrong place, wrong time. You know, just uh, the plane has an issue they didn't catch or the pilot makes an error or there's a terrorism incident. But to have it be because the company was actually too cheap to do maintenance would be very, very frustrating. As the plane's going down, you would be, Ruining those few extra bucks you saved if Spirit Airlines is crashing. So I'm not going to do it. Okay, so anyway, that's the chat room. You need a Flash-enabled device to get in there, and you need a Poker Fraud Alert forum account in good standing. Won't bother to talk about the free roll because we don't have one this week, but uh, we will have one next week. And if you want to text Brandon and urge him to come on, you can. His text number 
is 203-299-2436. 203-299-2436. I'm going to text him right now saying we are on now. Just just in case uh, he wasn't sure if we started yet. And then this way, when Brandon is ready. I mean, he came on last year and did a very popular segment with us about uh, the Vegas casinos and who owned them. And then we broke into a lot of stories about... Uh, Old Vegas, and people were very interested in this stuff. I got a lot of positive comments about that. So uh, here's the agenda this week, and then we'll get started. I just, uh, I'm, I'm reading the official radio thread. This is embarrassing. I, I may actually have to stop the show to change this. The official radio sh- thread says that the show starts at 6.10 p.m. on August 11th. <laughs> so, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this. All right. Uh, I have to change this right now. I'm just, I just can't stand looking at it. I'm going to be looking at this agenda the entire time. And I'm going to keep seeing this, and it's going to tilt me. So I've got to fix this. I've got to be a agenda perfectionist here. Okay, I just fixed it. So now, if you're listening in the archives and go back and listen, you won't even see it. It'll look fine to you. The Ignition Casino, which bought, supposedly, Bovada, or the Bovada Poker Operation, which we talked about extensively last week and we won't talk about again. Uh, People have been trying to cash out from there. They've been testing it out because you can play on Ignition Casino, Ignition Poker right now. It's a separate account from your Bovada account, but you can make a separate account there. Before September 30th, you can transfer your balance there, but uh, you can play and you can cash out of the Ignition Casino. Or can you? People are reporting that the cash outs on the Ignition Casino, which is supposedly the same company as Bovada, is slower significantly than Bovada. That's not a good start for them. Sorrel Mizzy, a fine individual... An ethical gentleman, someone who would never uh, do anything against the rules or cheat or do anything shifty or shady. We once even prank called him on this show. He's back in the news. He was banned from poker stars for using a VPN to play there while he was in the U.S. And this is not rumor. He's actually admitted that he did it and he got banned. So we'll talk about that. And and I'll give you a rundown quickly about the various things Sorrell Mizzy has done over the years. And an incident I once had with him personally. Two Daniel Negreanu stories on this relatively light poker news week, which is good because uh, it's a late night show and I don't feel like doing this till 6 a.m. Daniel Negreanu started a new podcast. He's jumping on the podcast train. It's not a live show. It's a podcast. You can't call in. People call this show a podcast, and I kind of resent that when I hear it because, I mean, it it can be a podcast, but that's really not what it is because it's a live show. It's a live call-in show that uh, is then archived to become a podcast at that point. But uh, I don't know. I don't like this being called a podcast. But Daniel Negreanu really has a podcast. He just started one. He did his first episode. He is interviewing his own agent, Brian. I always thought it was Balls Bog, but it's actually Balls Boff. Bog, something like Balls that. Balls Barf? 
it's B A L S B A U G H. I thought it was balls ball. He Daniel pronounced it like balls buff or like almost like like the G F the G H at the end is like cough. You know G H. I'm sure he had a good time in high school with yeah. a name like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He should be Ballsboff. That's better than Ballsboff. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Brian Ballsboff. Uh, that, that kid spent some time locked in lockers, <laughs> I'm telling you. I guarantee it. He, he, uh, he once had a, an angry phone call with, with uh, Brian Mikon over the David Williams uh, porn. And uh, even negotiated with us at one point to uh, have Williams admit to it on our radio show, which never happened. But uh, I'll talk about all that stuff uh, when I play some clips of the podcast. There are a few interesting tidbits. It's uh, about 54 minutes, I think, the first episode of Negreanu's new podcast. You're not going to have Negreanu doing an overnight live show at 1130 at night and go for eight hours. That's that's not going to be Negreanu. He likes to hear himself talk, but not as much as me. So. It's uh, it's a new thing he's doing. I think he just kind of got jealous of all the other people who have their uh, their podcasts and their Twitch feeds and everything. I think he just wants to join in with the whole thing. So, yeah, I heard him promoting it or talking about it on uh, the Two Plus Two PokerCast. Yeah, that's uh, they 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 get all the guests over there. <laughs> you know, that's I I approach the guests on this show. The same way I approached uh, dating girls and asking them out, and that uh, I hardly ever got rejected in my life by any girls, and this is the truth. I really have has been very, very few times I've been rejected in my life, probably fewer than five. It's amazing what chloroform will do for you. <laughs> uh, and the reason was that I I just went for these super high percentage plays, where unless I was I uh, thought there's a very high chance they're going to say yes. I didn't ask, and a few times I screwed up by, by not asking, and I found out later that someone would have uh, would have said yes, who I would have liked to date. But uh, I also avoided a lot of rejection that way. It's, it's the same way with this show. There's probably a lot of people who would come on, but uh, in order to avoid the sad rejection of being told, "I'm not coming on your show. Who are you? This show isn't relevant. I've never heard of this." What's in it for me? Like I, so I don't hear things like that, and I feel good about myself on this show. I, I hardly ask anyone ever to – in fact, I never ask anybody. They usually come to me. And what's annoying is the few times that I have asked people – I'm not even talking about like Negreanu-type people. I'm talking about like people who are in the news for some sort of like poker fraud scandal where they're the victim. And I would think, they, told, I think they totally want to come on here. Yeah. What were you saying? What is going on? He said Druff, I responded, and then he's he, now he's missing. That was great. Okay, let's try again. Are you here? Well, this is not good. A few minutes into the show, we've already lost our co-host. He's he, he's trying frantically to come back in here. Okay, uh, Calwatt, I can't hear you. So I I see the chat room can still hear me, which is good. So whatever happened, I'm going to blame it on you, Calwatt. That we can't uh, either you or Skype is at fault here. So I think try back in a few minutes. For some reason, you couldn't hear me. You said Druff, and then you vanished. Okay, so moving along. Next topic uh, that's on the agenda. Negranu also claims to have lost a very large sum of money making prop bets on the flop of the big games he was playing. So. 
Uh, we'll talk a bit about that as well. Uh, Trader Ruski, replacement co-host. Hello. I'm, I'm pinch hitting while Kalawak gets it together. Okay. Well, I'm glad this this proves it's not my fault. This you've you've just uh, this is proof of concept that uh, that too. <laughs> okay. So uh, Kalawak, are you back? He's back in spirit. I, I see his little cartoon picture uh, uh, that's supposed to represent him, but I can't hear him. So he's he's had something happen on his end. Uh, fortunately, Kalawak is a very very technical guy. Sure, I'm, I'm sure he will solve this issue. Uh, Calwatt, if, if you're hearing this, maybe try doing like a call to the Skype test number and see if you can hear yourself back. If, if they still have that, I, they may have done away with it. By, who knows? It's, it's always going to happen here. It's, it's either on my side or their side. Something always has to happen. It's so f- rare that we have a show where just nothing goes wrong technically. Of course, all, all these other shows, especially the ones that are actual podcasts, can edit it out where I don't. I guess I could, but I don't. I have edited the show on occasion, and I really mean on occasion, when something is said on the air that's not supposed to get out. That happens on live radio. And then I'll just quietly go back and and remove it and then uh, put the show up and you'll never know. And I'm actually pretty good at the sound editing, so I I make it all sound natural. It's very nice. So you have an edge listening live because nothing gets censored. I don't think we can hear Cal what. I'm here. Oh, you're here. What? Do you know what happened? I have no idea, man. Weird. I just got disconnected, and Weird. I tried calling you back a couple of times, and yeah, well, you, you you brought uh, Trader Ruski out of hiding, so good job. Oh, good. What's happening? Not much, man. Okay, so uh, two plus two—they must really be hitting on hard times. They're making much less money than they did during the poker boom for many reasons. Uh, one major source of income they lost recently that we've discussed was the. Very lucrative poker star sponsorship to the two plus two poker cast. So with that being gone, that's a huge income stream that's out of Mason's pocket. And you know, I feel bad for Adam Schwartz. I mean, I felt jealous of Adam Schwartz when I heard you know that he was making a lot of money. But uh, I, I felt bad for him too to have lost that sponsor. He didn't do anything wrong to cause it. It's just the the way the market is and the economy and poker. But uh, I, I did feel good on the Mason side of things that Mason's not making that money anymore. But anyway, Mason <laughs> Mason has uh, he's trying to replace that lost income. So two plus two, the world's biggest poker forum, at least the world's biggest English language poker forum, now has misleading clickbait ads at the bottom of every thread. We'll, we'll talk a bit about that. I'm not even kidding. You can go there while we're doing the show. and go, Just go to any thread on 2 Plus 2 and scroll to the bottom. You'll see this really, really misleading, scammy-looking clickbait. And now, that's now a, a staple on 2 Plus 2. It's unbelievable. Uh, a player is suing a New Hampshire poker room for dropping a box of cash on his foot. Yeah, he's really doing that. And I, I've actually suffered a cash box injury before while playing poker at the Commerce Casino. Those cash boxes where they drop the the rake that are, of course, under the table. They're they're next to I think it's seat one, either seat one or nine, but whatever. They were really sharp, and I used to bang my leg against those things all the time, and it was it was like there's like a. A knife being stuck into your leg. It's, it's very painful banging your leg into these, especially if you're just kind of like leaning back and your leg just slams into it. 
So would you consider that a sports injury drug? <laughs> yeah. That's, well, maybe I should just do the commerce. But anyway, they, they've actually put padding around them since then in recent years. So you're not going to get as injured by those boxes. Uh, so um, I know that uh, Trader Ruski, you play at the commerce. Have you ever been injured by those boxes? I would I would bang my knee if I was in the one or the ninth seat. Yeah, okay. At least a couple of times a day. I don't know how I did it, but it happened. Okay, it wasn't just me. Good. So the player is suing a New Hampshire poker room for dropping for them dropping a cash box on his foot. And there's a little more to the story. We'll explain when we get to that wacky segment. A new feature on this show, which uh, I don't know if we'll have enough material for every week, but we might, knowing Caesars. The Caesars Fails of the Week. I have three of them to report this week. Now, in Caesar's defense, because this is a new segment, these didn't all happen this week, but I'm reporting them this week. Uh, seven Stars members were offered $500 in rewards credits if they were to give up their annual trip. That was a new feature that they trotted out this year for those that didn't want to take the annual trip and wanted to take 500 in rewards credits, except a few weeks after that was trotted out, it was rescinded. And they removed it like it never existed. And every employee there, if you ask them about it, will pretend like you're crazy if you ask them about that 500 instead of the annual trip. <laughs> New York City residents. You'll like this one, Calwatt, being from New York yourself. New York City residents. I, I want Brandon to hear this. Brandon, you there? Hello? Yeah, Brandon, uh, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. I, 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 is Trader Ruski here? He's here. He's here. I heard you're hosting with him in uh, Sysop. No, no, it's uh, it's it's, it's Calawat this time, but you're close. Calawat. So, so listen, listen. Oh, I remember him, Brandon. I want you to hear this. This is a this is a great uh, story here. We're just on the agenda, but uh, New York City residents received an offer from Caesars to take a flight to Atlantic City. All they had to do to take this flight to Atlantic City from New York City was drive to Rhode Island. <laughs> Which is farther than Atlantic City. That's, Could have got 200 from that one guy that stole from the charity fund. He's over true. in Rhode Island, that's isn't true. he? That's true. That's, that's the only reason to go there. And uh, Harris Rincon, the, they, they built a new tower in 2014 because they, they had a terrible weekend crunch where every weekend they were sold out and and every time you'd want to... I was to, actually there recently in the new tower. Yeah, every time you want to... Very, wanted, very smoky. Well, that, that's funny you mentioned that because uh, every time you want to book a, a reservation at the Rincon, unless you're doing it way in advance on the, for a weekend night, they tell you, "Sorry, it's only smoking rooms available." So you think when they would build the new t- when they built the new tower in 2014, you would think that they'd realize that they have a a surplus of smoking rooms and put very few smoking rooms or maybe even no smoking rooms in the new tower. But no, they also have way too many smoking rooms in the new tower, and once again. Every weekend, Harris Rincon sells out the no smoking rooms very, very early, and there's only smoking rooms left for anyone who wants to book, like, in the last week or so before the... <laughs> good, good job, Rincon. Good, good job with the new tower. So we'll, we'll talk a bit more in depth about these uh, three Caesars fails of the week. General topic, uh, Brandon, our, our airline segment was very popular. If this was a week. casino, can I put myself on the early out list? You, you don't want to talk about these things? No, do you know what the, the early out list means? I get to go home early. I'm the first one out. That's what I mean. So it sounds like you don't want to talk about it. You no, to... I do, but I, 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 I can't do an overnight No, that's broadcast. fine. You, they no, just I... text me. I, my, my phone started blowing up. They're on the air. Then someone said that your baby's mom left you. 
and that that, that <laughs> you're all alone now with a baby? What well, is that about? Well, that's been a suspicion recently. Is there's been two suspicions recently. One one is that uh, I'm. I'm quitting this show and shutting down the site because Bovada's closing down. That's that's one thing that's been going around. The other thing that's been going around is that my girlfriend has either left me or is cheating on me. So those those are that's the rumors. That's not true? No, it's not true, but that's what the rumors are. So so anyway, uh, the last topic, a general topic this week, Jew tips for booking and staying at hotels. Since we had a successful airline segment last week, which a lot of people reacted to very positively. We are doing a hotel one this week, and Brandon, if you're there, that's great. If you're not there, then I will go on without you. I've, I'm plenty Jewish enough to do it myself. So, uh, What about that blacklist? Are we going to save the black book? Are we going to save that for another day? Uh, I see we get some real fo- uh, positive feedback. That's true. I forgot about the black book. Like, If, if you want to do it, if I, I didn't you know, prepare The one guy that posted the photo of the captured with the hat, and yes. was, <laughs> I've never seen that. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So, uh, how's Trader Ruski doing? Are you there, Trader Ruski? I'm good. How you doing, Brandon? I'm feeling a little bit better. How's How's the puppy doing? Puppy's good. She actually had to go to the vet yesterday. She was throwing up, but a lot better today. That's good to hear. And what and about the assistant? Next to me. Assistant. The assistant. Who's doing well? It's good doing to hear. Well. And you're bringing the assistant to Vegas next month. The assistant will definitely be in Vegas. This is a good perk to that job. You get to go to Vegas all the time. Right. Yeah. Now, Kalawa, you're. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a while. You're. Are you still in San Francisco? <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> still. Why is everyone laughing? <laughs> I don't understand. No, man. I'm back in New York. Oh, that's right. You're on the East Coast. I am. You playing that uh, poker home game with the police or the farmers? The farmers, the farmers. PLO eight or better. The farmers yeah. game. Yeah. Farmers yeah. league. Yeah, that's one of the games. How's that game been going? It's 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 been a good game. Let me tell they you. They all I'm, chase the low, like say they got that ace deuce and the flop is like four nine king. Are they just afraid to, or, to fold because it's so pretty <laughs> with that ace and deuce that they got to peel that turn and then pray for that river? Well, yeah, and they, they, they play yeah, like they that. They've you got the cannot fold. get them out of there with a stick of dynamite. Not even not on not even on the turn. It's not happening. Well, now we now we all know where our farm says these are going. <laughs> so. Let's let's get started here. Welcome to the show, Brandon. We Let's... haven't started yet. Come on, this is early for us getting started. With compared to when the show start, we the, the intro has only been half an hour, including your your banter right now. So that's that's a, uh, in fact, less than half an hour. Hmm. If we finish all the intro stuff and get into the real topics within less than a half, what's an hour... what's happened with Trader Ruski? But back in the, the 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 heyday, the prime of the fraud show, he would be long asleep now. Now it's twelve thirty, and he's getting rocking. He's rolling. Are you on? Do we have to test you maybe for speed? No, I was I was listening. I was working late too, and then Calwatt had some technical difficulties, so I thought I'd jump in till uh, one or both of you. How long do you think you have uh, to give to the fraud show tonight? The herbal teas are being in uh, progress, so you know Um, another fifteen twenty minutes. Yikes. Well, we're, it sounds like we uh, – and Cal Watt, is, he probably won't last that long. So well, he's, Yeah, he's on the East, he's Coast, East Coast now. That's what I'm saying. Brandon, you're not going to last. So I, funny thing, I'm going to go from three co-hosts to zero probably uh, not too long. But You know, I said that before and I ended up being here for a while. So yeah. was, I have to be up early tomorrow. So it, it's I, I actually do too. Do too. That's well, a sad can, thing. And can I add one thing, Jeff, just before? Because I did listen. I did like the airline show last week. I normally fly on my friend's employee 
tickets. I haven't had to deal with it for a while. But I always found a good thing. I didn't hear you guys talk about if you do want like business or first to buy a, che- a cheap coach uh, ticket and then and use miles to upgrade. Well, you know, it's uh, I I've never had much success in doing it a long time ago, like a very long time ago. I, I did that, but uh, in recent times, whenever I've attempted that, either it wasn't a very good buy where. It would have just been better to buy first class in the first place, or it uh, it's, it's not available. Like Alaska Airlines has this thing where whatever first class seats are available 24 hours before the flight, you can buy for a hundred upgrade for a hundred dollars. Well, that's a great deal, but uh, the problem is they're often just not available. You have to wait all the way till 24 hours beforehand. So, right. So I've just okay. never. I mean, for for me, it's it's. I didn't suggest it because for me, it just never worked out well. Got it. I think it was a great segment there, guys. What about the casino segment? Did you did you like that one? I was just going to go to that next. Yeah, the casino the casino segment was awesome. You know, I hate to tell you, Trader Ruski, your He's sound quality. Up, yeah, right? Your sound, you're right. Your sound quality is not that good, Trader Ruski. Yeah. From it's just poor, to be honest. Yeah. Is that is that better now, or should I? Call no, back? you should call back. It sounds like your Skype's having issues. Okay. All right, everybody's having Skype problems tonight. Everyone except me. I'm just the. Well, you know what happened when I logged into that Skype? It asked me if I wanted to download the the latest updates, and I quickly clicked that no button. Well, the funny you thing is, I want to touch that. I actually did it. Maybe maybe that's what's causing this. I Uh-oh. I finally I did it because it was... I just got so tired of being bugged by it, and especially because it pops up a few times, and I was afraid it would restart on its own during the show. So I finally said, you know what, I got to do this at some point. So I finally did it. Trader Risky, let's see if it's any better. How do I sound now? Oh, much better, much better. A million bucks. Okay, so, so you said you liked the casino segment we did last week. Oh yeah, it was great. I think we should uh, do that more consistently. So I'm sure there's a lot. I'm sure Brandon's got a wealth of knowledge we only tapped the surface of. Yeah, I mean it was it was a very popular segment. I got a lot of uh, positive text messages about that uh, during and after the show. Let me read you some texts we got for this week on seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. Uh, from the 410 area coach, Scott from the East Coast texted, woke up from a nightmare and see the show is on. Love listening even this late. I, I thought he was saying that it was a nightmare that the show was on, so it's I, I misread it at first. But I'm glad that uh, – I want to know what the nightmare is about, though. That's how, I want to know what nightmare Scott from the East Coast has. Uh, from the 734 area code, I love Mount Charleston. From the 573 – what do you think about Daniel Negreanu's new podcasts? And, uh, in fact, it was this guy who texted me that before that made me uh, want to cover that this week. And uh, he said, uh, tonight's his first time listening live. From 716, do you think Daniel Negreanu will address the gay sex rumors about him and Lane Flack back in his early days in his new podcast? No, it doesn't sound like Daniel's going to be like just going on there and talking – about personal things or ranting. It kind of seems like he's going to be just interviewing people that he thinks are influential in poker. I'll, I'll play you what Negreanu had to say about the format of his show. We'll see if he yeah. sticks to I it. Can, I can't see, imagine I, one of the topics he's going to cover is butt I sex have with Lane Fleck. A little bit of both, the good and the bad. I have one. I am hooded and on the forum. I don't post much, but I listen to every radio show. You're a beast on radio. I really enjoy listening to you and Druff. And very nice. Then I get another one from the 774. I hope you and your kike partner die in a grease fire. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's not wow. good. That's not very nice. Okay. Then I remember now, as, as I have to address this, as the show left off last week, we had the one guy from the 702 that was sending some not-so-very-nice texts. Yes. Yes. Now, I spoke with an uh, intermediary today. No. Oh. Uh, do you know who that intermediary I, I, I have a good. I have a good idea who it probably is. Yeah, yeah. and he said that uh, that he had had some – I guess it was texting with – this person and you know the uh, what do they call it the agitator and that this person I kind of I guess admitted that he may have gone too far and said that he wanted peace and he was done. Okay, and I well, said that's fine. Just let's be done with it. Yeah, that's that's my attitude too. Yeah, yeah, that, you know. <laughs> it, so anyhow, I had that conversation. You know, he had this uh, intermediary. He had bought some shares from you in the past. Yes, yeah. I'm, that's, this thing right that's now. That's why I assume he is. Yeah, yeah I, like, I like the intermediary. I like, so like, I. I like that guy. So, but anyhow, he just said that it's all going to be. I said okay. We're, uh, so I can very few times where I can say that I can speak on or I feel comfortable saying that I can speak on your behalf. But in this case, I felt it was appropriate. I could speak on your behalf and say that as long as it's like a permanent ceasefire on that end. That we're done. We're you know you follow what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and uh, here's from the 610. Traveling to Las Vegas next month on American Airlines, would it be beneficial to apply and get this card to avoid the baggage fees and Group 1 boarding? I only fly maybe once a month and apply maybe for the M-Life MasterCard instead. Well, why, why don't you just do both? It's, you, you don't just need one credit card. You, if you, you saw Brandon's credit card uh, cachet in mine, you, you, you would know that uh, we definitely don't operate under that rule. Uh, he says, I don't visit many M-Life properties since I'm in Pennsylvania. Borgata just switched to M Life, but I go there maybe two or three times a year. I'm staying at Cosmo for this Vegas trip. That's a lot of info from this guy. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> just to let this. Actually, I don't even know if he meant to read this on the air, but whatever. Uh, but to answer your question, fortunately, there wasn't anything too, uh, uh, <laughs> too, too revealing about this guy. But uh, the American Airlines card, the, the one that gives you the 50,000 miles, that's a pretty good one to apply for, provided that you can. Spend the three thousand what you need to in the ninety days to get the fifty thousand miles. That's worth uh, a good deal. And uh, as far as I, I, does the card allow you to avoid baggage fees? I didn't know if it did or didn't. Oh yeah, you're right. It does. It does. Yeah. So yeah, you definitely get it. You should if you're going to fly, get these cards, especially the ones that don't have a monthly fee. Wait, or, uh oh, uh oh, Brandon, we're losing you now. Brandon? Hello? Yeah, we call back Brandon. Yeah, that's everybody's had their turn with the crappy reception so far. Maybe it's you. <laughs> well, but then I don't know because I've the funny thing is when someone has bad reception, then somebody else calls in and has good reception. So I think Skype's just intermittent tonight. But yeah, get get them all. You know, get the M Life, get the American Airlines. Just go nuts. Apply for a lot of them. Okay, let's try to put Brandon back on here. Brandon, can you hear us? Is that better? No, it sounds like you're in a tin can. I'm doing everything I've always done. No, I, I believe you. It must, be, it must be Skype. Should I download the update? You know what? Maybe maybe, maybe give it a shot. Jesus. Is it that bad? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. Yeah. What is it? Does it sound like broken up? Or no, it, it, sounds like, it sounds like you're, uh, you're speaking on a, a cell phone from like 1995 that doesn't have good reception. All right. All right. Okay, so Brandon's going to go update Skype. and hey, Updating Skype, it's kind of like uh, in a horror movie where someone says, I'm going to go be right back. I'm going to check on that noise. They're, they're going to leave and just never come back. You'll never hear from them again. Okay, so let's jump to the topics here. Ignition Casino 
is supposedly buying Bovada's poker product. And Bovada's poker is going to be going away on September 30th. And Ignition will be taking it over. Right now you can play on both of them if you want. Not at the same time, but you can have an account on each separately. Yeah, I listened to that part of the uh, the show that I missed and uh, when I, while I was hiking, and I felt sad for you, man. It sounded uh, like it might be the end of an era, huh? It, yeah, it might be. It, it really might be. I'm just trying to kind of like not picture it. But it, it's just one of those things that, you know, one day it's going to come. It's, it's We'll yeah. see. Like maybe maybe it's much to do about nothing. Maybe somehow the games will be good there, and I'll, I'll be still okay. But anyway, Ignition Casino is thought to be the same as Bovada. That is the same company. It's, it seems like a, a shell game. But nevertheless, a change is happening, and as I mentioned a lot on the last episode, the lack of sports betting on Ignition, because there won't be any, will prevent the sports betting fish from playing poker, which will significantly worsen games. That's for sure. How much will they get worse? I don't know, but they will get worse. So, some various poker pros on 2 plus 2 have already switched over to Ignition, which you can do. You can create an Ignition account right now. You can transfer your Bovada money over there, or part of your Bovada money over there, and try it out. It's the same software. It's, it's nothing exciting to go do. But if you want to, you can. Well, for whatever reason, maybe just for test purposes, uh, maybe it's just because they figure they might as well make the switch since they're going to have to eventually anyway. People have switched over to Ignition, and they are now attempting to cash out from Ignition. And the reviews so far for the cash outs are not good. And before I expand on that, Brandon, let's, let's testing let's, one, two, three. Oh my God, three, you, two, you, one. You sound awful. I mean, I, no, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. It sounds great. Oh, okay. I did. The, <laughs> I did. I even sent you a little. Oh, now, now, see, now, I, now you do. Now you cut out again. <laughs> and this time I'm being serious. Oh man. Well, this is not good. I mean, I guess we could put Brandon on the phone if totally necessary, but uh, yeah, this, this is this is crappy. I don't know what to say, and and the fact that you guys are are on with me fine, like I can hear Calwat perfectly. Though we had a problem with you earlier, but I think Skype's just having a lot of problems tonight. So I mean, yeah, usually it's not just Skype; it's usually some kind of internet weather. Yeah, know? it could be that. It could be that too. So. Uh, so the reviews have not been good about Ignition Casino. They are supposedly taking much longer for their cash-outs than Bovada is. And people are saying, how is that possible? They probably have the same employees working both. Or even if they don't, they're the same company. How could they possibly let this happen? And people are saying, this is already not off to a good start. Well, you're right. And not only that, but they are going to have different cash-out rules. In fact, they already do have different cash-out rules, but they're going to get even worse once Bovada drops their poker product and you're on Ignition. For example, right now, you can do Bitcoin cash-outs up to $9,500 worth of Bitcoin every five days. So that's... You can get money off Bovada pretty rapidly. And from what I've been seeing, I've been actually doing some of these. From what I've been seeing, I've been getting my Bitcoin in about five days from when I requested. So... You know, you start one, you wait five days. You just, as soon as that gets processed, you can uh, request another one, or even, okay. even if it doesn't get processed. Is that any better? I'm yeah, using right. a different headset. Yeah, it is better right now. 
Okay, if it changes again, I'll go to the cell phone because okay. this is just absurd. It, it is now, how long do the, does the shelf life? I want to tell you a story about this headset. I bought this headset uh, that I'm using right now with uh, the one guy that was on the, the Black Book uh, website yeah. and V-Rob at a Circuit City closeout sale the last day before they went out of business. <laughs> This is true. It was, I think, like uh, nine ninety nine. Well, they they can they can last a long time if you don't abuse them too much. Like that, they mainly I just stop working. Headset. Oh, I, I've I've broken a lot of them just from uh, bad podcasts. No, uh, found out that Schwartz was making six figures. That that was one of them broke that way. Yes, <laughs> I, I when I when I heard what the the Schwartz was making at that two plus two and the poker star, I, I I took one of my headsets and, and spiked it on the ground. It's smashing pieces. But yeah, it. It can last. It's one of these. I've things. never abused the headset. Though. Yeah, it's it's like one of these things that if you don't use it that often, and and when you do use it, you just uh, you're gentle with it. It's it's going to last for a while. Headsets typically break just from use, from being bent, from. Uh, like uh, if vowels came back on now with the same headset from five years ago from the pilot episode, you think it would work? If she hasn't touched it since then, yes. Whatever happened to her? I don't know. I mean, I I know she's like still around to some. Like, I even out of curiosity looked her up on Facebook, and she's not a Facebook friend of mine. Uh, but I looked her up on there, and I she's one of mine. I, I just never somehow we never ended up being Facebook friends. I didn't reject her. We just never uh, accepted her. Or you know, maybe I did accept her. You know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she is a Facebook friend. I might be wrong about that. I think I think she is actually. I think I, I I think she just like never barely posts there, so I don't ever know. Now, she don't think she's still mad over the uh, the firing, do you? Oh, she is a friend. Okay, she is. Okay, so this is, she actually did post something. She actually posted on April 30th, so sad to hear Delaware has passed RIP and, and uh, actually linked my Twitter oh, wow. about it. So she she's monitoring the forum occasionally at least, but she just doesn't seem to be part of poker communities anymore. She seems to just not be doing it. You think there's some other forum she's a part of now? Like pottery or... I don't know. I mean, it, it would seem like in her personality that she would be, but who knows? Who knows? Everybody, uh, everybody loved uh, Val's voice, though. She was very, uh, very popular on the show for her. It was voice. a much younger voice, so in all fairness, that the actual age would have. Oh, yes, suggested. yes, she was. Uh, in fact, uh, remember the one guy he flew out. Uh, he was dating her. The one guy that always dates the old women. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she, yeah. I mean, whatever she, happened to him? She, she did you know, say, we should do a radio show about whatever happened to these people. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 uh oh, Brandon, you're cutting out again. Uh oh. Okay. Got to drop Brandon again. All right. So back to the ignition casino. Sorry for the all the interruptions and tangents here, people. But they they only are doing three thousand. Uh, per Bitcoin transaction on ignition, even though Bovada will do ninety five hundred. I don't know what the reason is for that change. That's kind of weird by itself. You think that's almost like something to make it unfriendly to pro players. I don't know how, how often you can do these Bitcoin transactions. Also, if you don't want to do Bitcoin, uh, you will only get one free cash out every four months. That's <laughs> on, on ignition if you want to do anything besides Bitcoin. Bitcoin's still free, but it's... a uh, only 3000 per transaction. That's on Ignition. So now they're also slower. They're slower. If you process a cash out right now with Ignition, and you also process one with Bovada, which you can do. You can process a cash out on each side at the same time uh, just by logging into one and then the other and do it like minutes apart. 
supposedly, I haven't tried this myself, but supposedly the ignition one is much, much slower and nobody can figure out why. But I, I think that is a bad sign. I think either they have not allocated the proper resources to ignition yet, just expecting no one's going to really play much there until they have to. So that's possible. Or this is just indicative of a much lesser product that's going to be provided to us than what is currently being provided on, Bo- on Bovada, which would be sad. That would be that would be something that would remove one of the nice things about Bovada is that uh, Bovada is very good at cash outs. They're very fast with cash outs by today's standards. Nobody's faster than they are for you at the U.S. market. Hey, you said they're, they're the best lo- money launderers in the business. They really right? are. They really are. There's no question. Well, I'm on my cell phone. This is the last resort. If not, I have to drive to your house. Okay. Is this is this doable? This is my cell phone. Yeah, now. this is doable. Yeah, with headsets yeah. from Circuit City. But the thing is, phones. it keeps starting out okay and then goes down. Like it, it, it's. Is weird. it possible this could be on your end that something's with your? It could computer? be, but the, the weird thing is that if if it was just my if it was my computer or something with my internet connection, then we would be uh, having trouble also with Traderuski and Calwatt. And even though Traderuski hasn't spoken much, when he has, he's been clear. Calwatt's been clear. Though both in all of, fairness, Traderuski doesn't speak much anyhow. I know, but Traderuski, but both of them had problems earlier. So I think it's just a bad night for Skype connections, to be honest. I mean, I once did a whole radio show uh, broadcasting live from a Baccarat table. Nobody knew the difference. <laughs> true story. You can validate that. That's claim. true. That's true. I, I am hearing something in the background. I can vouch. Yeah, I, I can hear something you're doing in the background there, Brad. You're like, uh, I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting in my office. Where, there's a, a chair. Is Cal Watson? Someone's like, doing, like twisting something in the background. It's not me. Not me. 100% not me. It sounds like chip shuffling, no? I don't have any. Someone playing live at the bike? Well, everybody, everybody be quiet and, and don't move a muscle. Like 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 the old uh, freeze tag thing we did in elementary school. Everybody freeze. See, now it stops. Is that some? Someone's doing something. It's really it's making, not me, I swear. Someone's making noise. Like, hmm. Maybe it's just, I don't know. I, I think it could be Brandon. I mean, can Skype be like a person that has a bad night? <laughs> it, I don't it, even it, know what that means. It kind of can. All right, well, we'll just go on here. So uh, there's not that much more to say about this, even though it, it was the top story. This isn't one I can go on for hours about. This is just, I think it's a bad sign. I, I It's possible that Bovada just hasn't ramped up their uh, ignition department yet, that they haven't transferred enough people over there, and therefore it's just slow. But it's also possible that this is uh, the new normal for the service we will be getting over there. It's possible that they're just shuffling off the poker players to that ignition site, which they're not going to care much about anymore, that they're moving us over because we're the business they don't really want or care about. So... We will see when October 1st comes if this situation remains the same. But it's already a bad sign. And uh, the only good news is that Bovada, I expected them to get very slow with the cash outs because a lot of people were hitting the cash out button as soon as that news was announced last week. No, I've done cash outs since that news was announced, and it was the same five days or so that it had been taken before. So, I mean, good job on their part for, uh, for, for being quick with the cash outs. It's pretty laughable how they claim it's a separate company, but if you tra- when you transfer your money there, from what I've heard, it literally goes there instantaneously, yeah. <laughs> and everything is. A- now, someone had told me maybe you can address this. I don't know if this is for everyone. Someone had told me that their cash out limits were lower on ignition than on Bovada. Do you know anything about this? Well, yeah. So, like the Bitcoin, you can only do three thousand per transaction instead of ninety five hundred. 
That's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Do you know why that is? No. I wonder if it's just not a mad rush to cash out at I, first. I, I, th- I think this may be something just to make it tougher on pro players. God, that's kind of brutal. Three thousand every five days, or three well, yeah, I'm not sure how many days. It, it, well, there's no way it's more than it's no way it's less than five days. I I'm not sure if someone can try to look this up if it, if it even is every five days. Bovada is every five days right now, but so if that's the case, the most you can get out then is twelve thousand in a month. So if you have a high balance like you do and you run it up even higher, it could in theory take you a year and a half to cash out. No, 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 no. If it's every five days, then then, then you could get out uh, eighteen thousand in a month. Wait, three thousand times. Okay, well, yeah, I guess. But either way, if if you run up a significant amount like you've done yeah. in the past, it could take you three, four, five months to cash yes, out. Yes, yes, that's uh, you, you can get a big backlog to where you want to get money off and can't. But that's even if it's every five days. It may not be. It may be every ten days. Or I, I'm not even sure what the time frame is that you can request this three thousand. So that's uh, and it's a pain in the ass too. Like who wants to make a? Let's say you do run Someone up. Someone else is texting me telling me also that on the ignition site, the casino part of it. Uh, that the limits for a lot of their table games were cut in half from a $500 max to a 250 max huh. versus so, Bovada, which still have $500 maxes. So maybe for, they just, they just want to control the variance or something weird. You think the casino, they'd be happy to, except for obscene sums of money, they'd I mean, be happy to let you just 500 isn't really a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's you what know, I'm even saying. places downtown that don't want action. Uh, you know, that's usually the, in my experience, I think the lowest I've ever seen uh, you know, for table games, blackjack and craps. I think I've seen a couple two hundreds, and I've seen you know a, a handful of five hundreds. And these are usually either places downtown or places like Prim or just small places that don't want. Well, that what, variance, what this, what this, yeah, what this sounds like to me is they they want this to be a relatively small operation without without a lot of. They don't want it to have deep pockets ignition. They want ignition to just be. Uh, yeah, my sources told me on on Pygal. Baccarat in one of their blackjack games, the limits were. I'm sorry, and also roulette. The, the, it was slashed from 500 to 250. Yeah. Well, that's... if you're still on Bovada, you can play the exact same game with the same software for, and the max is 500. It's just it's kind of weird. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like they're really just trying to keep that product to where there's not going to be a lot of variance to it. I mean, if you think about it, if they have poker and a casino with low limits. That's uh, a lot less variance than a casino with higher limits and uh, and and sports betting and all that other stuff. Who was it? Was it? I, I know it was ultimate. I think it was ultimate bet, but wasn't it Sean Deeb that claimed he had run up some insane amount playing blackjack? Yes, ultimate he, he bet? claimed. He, it was absolute poker. He claimed he or won, absolute. He won eighty thousand dollars playing blackjack there. I mean, I don't. I don't. No, no. I, I, I believe. I believe I it because I, I. No, I heard. It for, I believe it because I. I got a tip from an insider, a person who a, a disgruntled AP employee went to me just as the scandal was starting to break about the. About the super users, which I was, of course, you know, one of the original voices about that. You're on that news program with that one guy. I was. So so this, this insider came to me, a former insider, and this person told me that about Sean Deeb, that, yes, he really won 80000 playing blackjack there, and they were tossing around the idea of making up a story that he cheated just so they didn't have to pay him. They were really, really – they were either – Going to do that or find some other way to uh, uh, close his account and not pay him, and then they decided it's it's not worth doing and didn't do it. The the one China maniac, the, you know, former host of the Zone Blitz, he just texted me said Bovada's affiliate page has had Ignition Casino for a while on there. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of evidence that it's the same company. It's 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 pretty much accepted that that's the same company. They're they're not admitting it, but it's it's pretty much accepted. 
I mean, how can you transfer and it's instantaneously on this new site? The software is all, everything is the same. Yeah, yeah, that's one of, and also there was, uh, someone showed these Twitter advertisements for each one, which were like in the same font on the graphics they were doing. Like it was, it was so obvious that it's the same thing. So. Is it the hmm. same play? Is it the same player pool in games? Well, switch or? It, it's sort of. It's, it's gonna be, you're gonna keep the, right now Ignition and Bovada are the same player pool. On October 1st, there's gonna be no more Bovada poker. And Ignition is going to share the player pool with Bodog. Bodog is uh, still going to offer poker for non-U.S. players. So those players are currently shared with Bovada as well. On October 1st, this is going to be Bodog and Ignition together. You know, after – this is a little trivia question. After Chris Moneymaker won the main event and this whole poker boom started, every successive, starting with Moneymaker Pro – Signed with Poker Stars immediately, and was a you know Poker Stars team pro. Does anyone know the Poker Pro that broke that streak? Yes, Jamie Gold. Yeah, and who did he sign with? Well, he was already with Bodog, and he had negative value, and they actually yes. dropped it. <laughs> and then he went to no offense, Trader Ruski, the Tropicana Poker Room, and now he's at, he's out to sea. The last I heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was an amazing thing with Jamie Gold. Where you? This is during the height of the poker boom in 2006 and here you have three guys who are paid a lot of money to represent poker stars a lot of money money maker raymer and and hatchim were all getting big money as main event champions during the poker boom and then you have jamie gold who wins the in a very dominant performance wins the biggest main event ever and bodog has him for free that he already signed a contract with them because they're the ones who bought him in so they didn't have to pay him anything extra and they didn't even keep him for the whole year they dropped him in the middle of the year because they determined that Jamie Gold actually brought their brand negative value. Mm. So he was worth he was worth less than zero. They, it would have actually been an increase for Jamie Gold if he ended up being worth zero point zero. But he wasn't even worth that. He was actually worth negative money to any company he represented, and that was because now of that. I hear he rooms on a boat with a buffet <laughs> sous chef out to sea half the day. Yeah, for right? so, something like that, and he. How can you win the main event and be a negative? I don't understand. Because of the thing he did, he tried to cheat that guy who he bought, who uh, he who had half of his action. Okay, so they thought it would tarnish the brand in some yes, way. Yes, yes. Basically, you have a, 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 a I don't know if you want to call him a scammer, but a guy who's a welches on a fifty percent that uh, the other person had of his. What uh, was that guy's name again? Uh, Crispin, Crispin, Crispin something. Crispin Lizer. Yeah. So Crispin Lizer, he tried to screw him. And when it was very clear that Crispin really did have 50% of him. So everyone thought Jamie was a huge scumbag, and that was that. Also, he was he started acting really strange as the 2006 main event was going on. Uh, he made this weird interview saying that he didn't want to win. He preferred to finish second, which people thought was really odd to hear from the guy who's been dominating for several days in a row. Like, why, why, why would you want to finish second? That's just such a weird thing to say. He started saying weird things like that, and but the really th- the real thing that tarnished his brand was that whole thing with Crispin Lizer. Everyone just saw him as a scumbag that you can't trust, and that was that. So, speaking of scumbags you can't trust, Sorel Mizzy is back in the news. Sorel Mizzy, who has been part of so many scandals over the years, and uh, he joined Choice Center. Somehow he got uh, referred to Choice Center, that self-help cult that uh, Negroni was involved in, and uh, thought he turned himself around, but apparently not. He's been part of further scandals. 
Sorel Mizzy has been banned by PokerStars for multi-accounting and using a VPN to play from the United States. And he has admitted it. Sorel Mizzy said, I decided to take a risk and play online poker from the United States. Uh, however, it wasn't just that. See, most people wouldn't think that was that bad. I mean, yeah, Poker Stars hates it when people do that, but to, to everyone else, if who you know, who really cares where he is? That's between him and Poker Stars, and if he can get away with it, he can. If he can't, then you know, you don't feel bad for him that he got caught. But he wasn't using his own account either. He also was playing on someone else's account. Dustin Everyone Wolf. Uh, good guess, but uh, no. Actually, it could be. I don't know. I don't know which account he used, but apparently he used another account, and people are angry about this because that's multi-accounting, and that makes it to where you know he can have tracking tracking on other people's play, or even just he could have memory of other people's play, and he'll be playing under a fresh account, and they won't be familiar with him. That's what that Hastings kid did, and he went and won two bracelets and almost final table the main event that yeah. one year. So who says crime doesn't pay in poker? So anyway, he he went on to say, "I was being sneaky." And I got caught, and it sucks. <laughs> so then he, then here is uh, Missy being candid about this, though, about uh, whether he feels bad about what he's done. He said, do I feel terribly guilty about doing this? To be honest, no, not really. <laughs> and then my favorite line of the interview, I create, what is that? Not me. I think you got Not annoyed. I think, oh, it's I'm different. sitting still on my couch. Okay. Uh, my favorite line of the interview, he said, I create my own moral universe. Nice. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to live in that universe. Imagine that Sorrel Mizzy moral universe. This is like one of the most amoral poker players I've seen. Just one scandal after another with this guy. Uh, he went on to compare what he had done, of all things, to Sheldon Adelson. That's an interesting comparison. He says that uh, what he did is similar to Sheldon Adelson using his financial resources to keep online poker out of the U.S. That's a great comparison. What, what does that have to do with anything? I mean, yeah, I'm sure he wishes poker's in the U.S., but how can he compare what he did to what, what Sheldon Adelson did? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, he, so he, what country was this in? I think it's probably Canada. I, I didn't hear which one it was that he was supposedly playing from. Yeah, I mean, he was in the U S playing, but I don't know where he was pretending to be. Well, that's what I mean. He got caught playing. The VPN he was using was based in the U S. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's, so here's some scummy things he's done over the years. Most recently, in 2015, he made the final table of the 2015 W Coupe. Who knows? He was probably VPNing then too. And uh, he was, uh, you know, Missy was multi-accounting, so uh, so people didn't know it was him. And he was at the same table as one of his good friends, Rory Brown, at the same final table with him. And. Uh, he didn't tell him. He didn't tell his buddy, hey, we're at the same final table. He just went on pretending like he was a different person. And uh, he was even talking to Rory Brown about his, his his planned strategy at the final table. 
It's like, hey, so how are you going to play this one? Are you going to be aggressive? Are you going to be uh, conservative? Oh, you know, here's how I'm going to do it. And, like, and then he's actually there too. Like total scumbag to do that. Uh, in 2011, uh, Sorrell Mizzy was accused by John Raisner, who was the uh, second-place finisher in the main event, 2010. John Raisner accused him of bottom dealing, which is a technique in live poker where the dealer deals cards off the bottom of the deck. And this was in uh, Chinese poker. Sorrell did not acknowledge that he did this. He denied it, but... Uh, Knowing him, he probably was guilty. In 2008, he was connected with yet another multi-accounting scandal. And this resulted in a three-month ban from Poker Stars. And yet another multi-accounting scandal. This guy just always multi-accounts. 2007, he purchased the full tilt account of a player who was very deep in the tournament. A, a guy who, was, uh, who worked for Bluff Magazine, who wasn't that good of a player. So the, his friend who worked at Bluff said, hey, Sorrell, you know, I'm kind of nervous. I'm, uh, it was a one million guaranteed thing. I, I'm over my head here. I wish, I, I wish you could be in my spot and playing for me. And Sorrell's like, hmm, actually I can be. And uh, Sorrell agreed to purchase the tournament from him, basically, like for some fix. I remember hearing stories that that was commonplace. I'm not, I'm not justifying his behavior, of course, but I remember hearing stories back in the day, hey, you know, the prime of, you know, Sunday tournaments and, you know, the – F-top series and so on, that, that was kind of a prominent thing people would do. Really? I, I didn't know that they pay for coaching or have people ghost them. And I don't even know. I mean, what do you think about that? I guess it doesn't really matter now because those days are kind of over. But it's like ghosting or, you know, having people while you're playing, you know, coach you. is. I mean, it's probably unethical easily, but I don't know if I'd call that cheating. Would you? Would either of you? Any of you? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, here's the thing. I mean – these days, I certainly would. Um, back then, you know, a lot of people didn't think it was a big deal, and a lot of people were doing it. Um, now, I mean, that said, it wasn't too long ago that, uh, you know, girls were married off when they were 13 years old. So, you know, social norms change. But, you know, uh, yeah, and like, it sounds like he hasn't changed with the times in well, terms it, of what people think is acceptable. Well, even yeah. back then, even nine years ago, people were kind of outraged by this because – uh, this wasn't just like coaching or ghost. This was actually just handing off your account to somebody else and selling it to them. Someone, yeah, that's, he, that's he, different. He actually that's... bought the account or the account, not the whole account, but he bought the account for that tournament. He gave some fixed amount or, or something like that to the uh, – he purchased the account from the guy who was deep in it to take it over. And uh, and then it was caught. The prize money was confiscated and uh, uh, he was – Sorrell Mizzy was banned from full tilt after that. Uh, I had an experience with Sorrel Mezzi personally. I've talked about it before, but I'll repeat it. I was at a 200-400 game on Poker Stars, 200-400 limit, and running really bad. He was the fish in the game, believe it or not. He just wasn't good at limit holding. So he was too too wild. But I was running really bad, and the game was running around him. It was like a six-handed game, me, four other pros, and Sorrel Mezzi. So I was down 20K in that damn tournament. In that, not tournament, that game, that cash game. And he pops up and disappears. Like, ah, oh, crap, there goes my chance to get my money back. And, of course, the game breaks. Well, I look over, and he is sitting now at another table with a guy who was sitting alone. He just, like, popped up from this and sat at another table. 
So I sit with him, and then he sits out and says, heads up, please. Now, there was, it's not like there was some agreement the two of them play heads up. He just went and sat with the first person he could find and says, heads up, please. Well, I, I said, that's crap. That's Heads up, please, to me, is something where you you honor it if someone has either an existing heads up match that's been going for a while and, and doesn't they don't want a third person to join. And you don't have to do this by PokerStars rules. It was just a, a courtesy thing. So either that or where two people are, are in the game and decide to like open up a second table and play heads up with each other. That, that's where heads up, please, is fine, in my opinion. But I, I don't think that if a fish gets up and sits with just a random guy sitting there, that, or not even a fish, I mean, Sorrell's not a, he's a good player overall, he just was a limit fish. But if, if the guy you want to play, like if he gets up and moves tables, uh, especially if, he, if he's crushing you, if, if he's crushing you there and jumps to another table and just sits with a random there, he, they can't both say heads up, please, and say go away. That's crap. It's a, I, I said this is essentially the same game reconstituting itself at a different table. And I, I compared it to live. I said, imagine if uh, if you're sitting at a live 200-400 limit game and you're beating everybody and you pop up and go sit at an empty table. And then when people who are, you are beating come back to go sit with you over there, you say, oh, no, 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 only he can play with me. None of you can. Like, well, he, I remember that Bellagio uh, casino they run over there. They kind of tried to do something to you that way. I mean, it wasn't quite the same, but remember the... Ten-handed, no nine-handed, but ten-handed, but nine-handed thing they pulled on you. Back yes, in the yes, heyday, yeah. That trying was... to get the whole room shut down. No, uh, <laughs> no, I just refused. I just refused. I just said, uh, I just said yeah. no. Well, they, that was where they they made the game ten-handed to accommodate a fish, and then as soon as they, as soon as someone busted and they called me over, they decided since I would, they didn't want me as the tenth player because I don't add any value to the game. They they said, oh no no, we're back to nine-handed now. You think that poor Hong Kongese uh, pit boss has been trying to form and trying to find the whole through the whole database how many colonels are registered under there at the Bellagio <laughs> poker room? Because you never came and met him. Yeah, maybe he maybe he's been uh, thinking about that ever since. It's, he's been staying up at night wondering when the colonel's going to co- finally come in and uh, get things made right. But yeah, I mean, so speaking of which, have any of you ever been to Hong Kong? I, I've never been there. No. But it is on my bucket list. Yeah, I, I want to go there sometime too. Kalawat, have you been there? I have not been to Hong Kong. I've been uh, all around East Asia, but not there. You've been to San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> Close enough. Trader Ruski, have you ever been to Hong Kong? Oh. No, we lost oh, him. No. Well, he, he warned us about the tea. Yeah. Well, okay. what, what is it about Hong Kong that, that would inspire you to go? Just, just it's a place to visit. It's an you know it's a place that's it's a major place in the world that uh, they call it a, a financial capital hub of the world too. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, it's a, just a, it's a major place in the world that uh, I'd want to visit at some point. That's uh, that's the main reason. Uh, so, so anyway, just back to my story with with Sorel Mizzy. So, mm-hmm. me and him started arguing very vigorously about this where he's telling me leave 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 i'm not going to play till you leave and i say okay well then don't play i'm down 20k to you to you and everybody else here you can't just hop over to the next table and tell me i can't follow you and i say if you if you want to stay here and play this guy heads up and come back to the other table that's fine then then i'll stay away but you can't just uh decide the game we were playing is over you're going to go to another table and select who can play with you you can't do that you're, you're not going to be able to pick your opponents especially you don't hit and run us and then pick your opponents is what i said to him so he got really pissed and said, look, asshole, you better leave. And I said, I'm not leaving. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to play if you sit in. If you don't want to sit in, then sit out. I don't care. 
So then he told me the next time he sees me, he's going to punch me in the face. So I said, okay, you, you can try to do what you want when you see me. I'm still not leaving this table. So, of course, when he saw me the next time, uh, you know, we didn't say anything to each other. It was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was full of crap. But uh, anyway, so I got, I got threatened to be punched in the face by Sorrel Mizzy. But screw him. You know, I, I, I always hated that, that heads up, please crap. Because uh, you even had some angle shooters who, like, a fish would just sit, who would be sitting and waiting by themselves at a table. A fish would sit with them. And if you joined the game, the, 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 the pro would say heads up, please, even if the fish... Like has never indicated he wanted to play heads up. At least here, they both want to play heads up. But uh, um, yeah, I, I've just always felt you can't get up from a six-handed game and sit at another table and then pick and choose who can come sit down with you. At that point, uh, f you. You can't do that. If you if you don't want to continue playing with me after you've just uh, played with me a minute ago and, and crushed me for a lot of money, then you you can, you can close the software. So you, what you can do, but uh, no no one's going to tell me. You're not coming to my game now. I'm, I'm deciding I'm, I'm going to go on and play without you. So, anyway, uh, let's see. I think that was like an 08 when that happened. So, yeah, he's back in. The, he's he's once again in hot water over this. It just seems there's just constant, constant scandals with this guy accused of People cheating. People are saying he's busto too, right? Yeah, yeah, there's a good chance of that too. Yeah, I, he just... I, I skimmed that thread a little bit, and uh, there are a bunch of people in there saying that he's busto, and people aren't loaning him money anymore, and yada yada yada. I mean, I I can believe that they say that about a lot of people there, but I, I I can believe it because this is someone who all of his actions don't come off as somebody who's responsible. Not... Yeah, not just that. I mean, maybe that's part of what drove him to do some of this. Is he is yeah. broke and he's doing whatever he possibly can. I'm I'm fascinated with the fact that he joined Choice Center. Like at some point, it's almost like he he thought, hey, you know, I've done some crappy things, but I'm going to be a good person now. And then like Nick Grano say, hey, Sorrell, hey, uh, I I have a great a, a great group for you to join that can really turn you around. It turned me around. And then Sorrell went through the whole thing and probably tearfully told everybody there about all his sins and. How he's learned he's going to be a different person. Now he's, he's back to doing the same thing. It's, it's so funny. Like, uh, I, you know, I, I've seen a few videos of Choice Center. And they're, like, very, very boring and weird. But not, like, not even, like, weird in an entertaining way. Like, just weird where they're just kind of awkward to watch. But then they're also boring where you just turn them off after a few minutes. But I, I kind of would like to be, like, a fly on the wall in there and just watch it all going on. Especially the people that... I know of in poker that are in it because I picture it. I picture a, a session in choice center being like a lot of psycho psycho babble and a lot of like false introspection where people are acting like they've just hit major breakthroughs about their lives and how everything's changing. And in reality with a lot of them, nothing changes with a lot of them. It's uh, even those that think they're changing. Well, here, we have somebody calling in here who I think will probably give us some more information. He usually adds to our conversations. Uh, is this China Maniac? Hey, what's happening? So, did you want to add to the Cyril Mizzy discussion? And for those who don't know, he was the former host of the Zone Blitz on the <laughs> Vegas Poker. Now, China, football season's coming to start. Has there been any uh, talks about rebooting the show or no? 
maybe it's the NFL playoffs. That's uh, what we're talking about. <laughs> well, right you, now. you know, uh, trying to—I'll tell you—I was—I was walking the uh, very old dog I have, the, the one that Brandon calls the 1980s dog, who's, who's right. starting to get pretty senile, to be honest. But I was walking him, and often when I walk him, I will put on the call to listen line, and I heard a show I did with you. And I go, oh, I remember okay. the shows of China Maniac. And I go, oh, that Zone Blitz. When's that Zone Blitz ever coming back? And I, I started wondering about the Zone Blitz. <laughs> yeah, everybody seems to want it. <laughs> okay, so so oh. did you call in about uh, the Sorrel Mizzy thing? Uh, now, China, I'm sorry. I was looking on this Instagram. Well, I'm sorry to, to just divert this. And I saw this picture today on this poker player. I don't even know who it is. Uh, Instagram account. It looked like it showed you swimming in this gorgeous, pristine lake. And I'm like, that looks like my buddy Mark, but how could it be? Yep. Were you swimming in a lake today? That is actually a fact. I did. I swam what? the length of a lake today. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. How long was yeah, it? I almost. Um, probably took me like. 20 minutes or so, oh, wow. something like that. I mean, that's, um, to people who don't swim, that doesn't sound like a long time, but 20 minutes to swim is a pretty long time. Right. But I didn't go straight through. I took some breaks, floated, you know, okay. stuff like that, but I still still had to get side to side. It's probably the most tired my body's ever been when I'm in, you know, I'm in the middle of, I was actually in a, in a pond. When I'm in the middle of a pond and, you know, you look at below you and you're like, well, this is 40 feet. Like, if your body shuts down here, you now his phone shut down. Maybe his body shut down too. I don't know. We we just lost China. That looks like we're losing everybody. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm still here. Bro. No, no, no. You're still here. Good. Okay. Something's wrong with Skype tonight. We even lost a Skype. <laughs> that was a phone call. That wasn't even a Skype call. So we lost Brandon Traderuski and and China just just bang just fell off. They're just gone simultaneously. Here comes Brandon. At least I think we can say this is Skype's fault here because, yeah, we, we had a, a mass loss of people here. The only one who survived the carnage was Kyle Watt. Okay. Brandon, you back? All right. Brandon. Oh, no, we don't have him anymore. <laughs> so, okay, so so yeah, you were, so you were in, you were in the middle of uh, the pond and you were you were a little bit worried. Like, what if your body shuts down and uh, in the middle of that thing? And yeah, I was just saying to myself like yeah this is probably the most tired my body's been when i've been this like when you know you have 30 to 40 feet and maybe even more i don't know how deep it is in the middle but it's pretty deep am i back um, yes okay yeah but um like i was saying I, i had a pool as a kid i swim a lot now i go i go swim at the gym a lot so um you know, if worst came to worst, I would know how to float or whatever. But I yeah. got across it. I, I've oh, seen, I I've seen on uh, on Facebook. I've seen China Maniac has been going to a lot of uh, uh, scenic places with uh, with your fiance. Yeah. yeah, a lot of a lot of beaches, stuff like that. Trying to figure out a uh, vacation spot. I was talking to you about that earlier. Yeah, got to try and find a, a good all inclusive in the Caribbean with that has like decent food. Because the last trip I took to Punta Cana, it was like, it wasn't, the food was just, it was like, not good. Well, that's the problem with all-inclusives. That's why I never go to them. It's just, it's, it's so hard to find one that has good food. Right. So, okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine a lot, a lot of them are pretty shitty. 
Yeah, that's that's what I'm afraid but, of. Like it's just it's it just for me when I'm on vacation to have uh, crappy food is kind of tilting. I mean, some places you have no choice. Some places just uh, if you're if you're going to go there, you just have to tolerate the food's going to suck. But I, I try right. to avoid that as much as possible. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm just gonna I'm probably gonna go unless somebody highly recommends something. I'm just gonna pay extra and go with like whatever the highest rated place is probably. Um, yeah, you can read a lot of reviews. Probably the f- food will be mentioned. So. Oh, what is this? Are we talking about a honeymoon here? Yeah, I think I'm about going to Aruba. Aruba's gorgeous. I haven't decided. I haven't decided yet, but need want to kind of book something. So I just started looking around today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. One girl, though, that American, her head's still floating around somewhere. Very, very sad story that. Yep. Uh, no, uh, Natalie Holloway. Natalie Holloway was killed by that uh, Joran, Joran Vandersloot. He was a WPT European player. Yeah. yeah and then, and then uh, during a poker tournament, he murdered another girl. Jesus. Now, I think it was in Peru, wasn't it? Yeah, Isn't he locked away in Peru somewhere? Yeah, it was in Peru. Yeah, he, he killed, he murdered another girl. Or maybe it was Argentina, one of those. One of those but besides that, Aruba's very, very lovely. I, I've been there uh, three or four times in my life. Uh, very beautiful beaches. Uh, got a bad rap because of this Holloway thing, but it, I always felt relatively safe. Now I know Druff, you were there, uh, yeah. and you were there with your girlfriend at the time, and you thought maybe she got. Well, Natalie yeah, but she, but I was in a great blackjack game, and and uh, she wanted to go back, and she was drunk. And the game was too good to leave. To right? leave, right? So, so I told I told her. So I came up with a compromise. I said, okay, walk down to the, our hotel. Uh, there's no way it could take more than 20 minutes, and and just call. Me. I was so Jewish that I said, uh, "Call me, but I'm not going to answer because I, it's going to be roaming and cost me two dollars a minute." <laughs> so, so I said, "Just just call me, and when I see your caller ID, I'll know that means you're okay." So, so you know, call, call me. And, but but if I, and I said, if if it is an emergency, then call twice, and if you call a second time, then I'll answer. Is what I said. But if you just call once, that'll just mean to me that you're you're back at the room and it's, everything's fine. So. That's what well, let me ask you, is that how you really find out if it's she's the one? Now, baby's mama now, if she had been drunk and you were in that very good blackjack game, would you still do that or would you get Well, no, but I wouldn't good- because – I wouldn't mainly because of the, the traumatic experience because what happened, for those of you that don't know, was that I didn't get the call. And, like, I, I'm all excited that I'm winning a lot in that blackjack game. And then I, I say to Hollywood Dave, hey, hasn't it been more than 20 minutes? He said, yeah. I said, Crap. I forgot about that call, and then like I, I looked at my watch. Sure enough, it's been more than twenty minutes, and I panicked, and I uh, cashed out my chips as fast as I could, and then ran all the way down to to our hotel, looking the whole way to see if she fell down somewhere or something, but no sign of her. Uh, I also frantically called the room from the casino I was at. Nobody answered. Nobody answered. I called the front desk. They said they didn't see any one of my girlfriend's description going up there. I, I was in a panic that she just disappeared, and I, I ran back. And I got up to the room, and I opened the door, and she's passed out on the bed drunk. And I was very frustrated because she just forgot to call me. Hmm. So after that experience... Where was, the, where was this? This is in Aruba. Okay. What happens, it was in Aruba in a blackjack game where, where they were the pit was completely clueless about card counting. So me and Hollywood Dave right. were just smacking them big time. Whatever happened yeah. to that guy? Did he end up marrying that 60-year-old? No, no, she's not old. She's tall. Oh, that's right. Did yeah. he end up marrying that WNBA player? Yeah, yeah, he did actually, and he and uh, she's she's pregnant or already had the kid, something like that. Hmm. 
And uh, yeah, it's a really weird couple because uh, Hollywood Dave is really really short. He's probably like five three or something, and his his wife is like six foot one, six foot two. It's very odd. That that is very odd. Like it, now now China man, uh, say you know there are a lot of generous uh, PFA users that have known you over the years from the Zone Blitz and you know your participation in these shows. Say they wanted to send you and the misses a little something. Uh, you know, to show their gratitude and express mazel tov for your upcoming nuptials. Uh, is there like maybe a, a site where they could find a registry or something to maybe just send you a little generous token of their appreciation and affection? Or GoFundMe? Yeah. <laughs> but no, no really, there are people like out there. If anyone wanted to send you a gift, you were the missus. Are you guys registered? You maybe, and if you don't feel comfortable, reveal. I mean, everyone kind of knows your name anyhow. No. You're not. No. I don't have a register. I don't have a registry now. Had like a, a wedding shower and it was like, like the stuff we got there just pretty much, I mean, like, I don't, I don't need anything. You know what I mean? Like I pretty much have everything I need. If I was like younger, be a little different. Yeah. So, that's, that's what I was going to uh, say. If, you, no, if you're, if you're 40 years old, uh, it's kind of seems like a wedding shower is uh, something that's really out of your age group. It's th- those were originally, uh, conceived for kids who are getting married that are that are very young and have nothing. Right. So like we we got like a lot of like personalized stuff that was like cool and like you know a lot of stuff that we did get would just replace other stuff which we donated but um we 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 got a good amount of cash though too which is good which will go towards the cost of you know the wedding or whatever you know what I mean so that was good but. Yeah, either yeah, either that or it'll, it'll either that or it'll go on to ignition poker. <laughs> I'm trying. To, what about PayPal well, or Venmo or one of those things? Can someone maybe send you something there? Uh, yeah, I take Bitcoin. <laughs> he probably does. Bitcoin, actually. Venmo. Yeah, I take everything. Bitcoin, Venmo, PayPal. Yeah, I, shoot I, me wow. a PM and I'll uh, I'll let you know where to send. Now, and for those who don't know, China is the uh, financial uh, mastermind behind the uh, JSUP fiasco payouts. That's true. So, you know, you know, people that listen to the podcast probably don't know about this, and there's a secret form, but he's uh, very single-handedly, you know, we've all been working in cahoots with each other to, you know, start paying people off. And China, in fact, didn't you pay some people off recently? Yeah, tonight, uh, well, actually, yesterday... Uh, Steve O got paid back a hundred. Oh, uh, Pods. Steve O got paid back a hundred. He didn't even know that there was a redistribute that the distributing was going on. Wow, so that's he like a, no that's like a pennies from heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his buddy Exopods got paid a hundred yesterday, and then tonight, um, Hotshot seventy four um was owed fifty, and he just donated it to the PFA free rolls. Yeah. That's oh nice. wow. Yeah, that's nice, Sam. All right. And Stevo actually donated. Stevo donated fifty to the PFA free rolls yeah, too. So that was. So nice. how's Druff saying on this uh, monologue opening that there's no PFA? Seems like the money's just rolling in now for these. Well, yeah, rolls. that's well. That's Druff since, was saying there's a shortage. Well, no, since since Bovada's going down, I got to support myself some way. I was just going to say, Druff, how much would you guess you made off the free rolls? No, honest. no, I'm not. I'm not making anything. What I'm doing is I, I'm I'm holding this, and then I, I have this thread. It says official thread to keep track of uh, 
of donations for free rolls. And then I, you'll see it says, okay, we're using this this week. And if we, we cancel something, then we don't use it. And, but it's, it's, So you swear you've never gone to a pizza place with a coupon and they're like, it's only two toppings. And you're like, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to use the extra topping. I bill it to the free roll fund. And no, I never, no, I, I never, he did not segregate the funds. No, I didn't. Say, I, you're right. I don't segregate the funds, but I, I don't ever dip into the free roll. And uh, I did. Though I did actually today, Brandon, go to a pizza place with a coupon. That I did do today. Hmm. Now, is it also true you don't like it when people send you money on PayPal for the and they write on it for gambling free roll? Gambling, yeah. like in capital letters, yeah. it's not good. Yeah, this is for gambling. I am gambling in your free roll on your website. Unbelievable. I think I, I think I told you guys about this. This was right around the time I think Jacep got his frozen, his PayPal, when all that stuff broke loose, and my PayPal got frozen, and I was actually, um, I had a big stake going on with a, a bunch of people I had to pay out that was like a exact time when all that happened. So I don't know if they investigated through him or if they just noticed me making all these transactions because his account did get shut down, but they shut my account down and they, they, shut even, mine down they didn't too. tell me. If, yeah. They, they said the reason was that I was gambling on Betfair and <laughs> like I, as an American, I had no access to Betfair. There's no, you know, there's, there was no link between me and yeah, that. And, and there's no, there's, came up with that. there's no appeals process either. But what's weird about PayPal, though, is that getting banned from there is different than you expect because you are not banned. Only your account is banned. So it's actually allowed to go create another account and then just follow the terms of service under the new account. Now, you so know what's you, funny? So, so hold on. What, quick question. So they banned my account. They gave me my money back. It's closed. So I want my phone right now. To, so I could just open up a new account? Yes. Yes. I'm on my what, third. Just new email address or something? Yes, new email. The only thing is it's you should use a new email and a new bank account, a new credit card. But the funny thing is that, that the only reason you're doing that is not to hide from them. It's just because their automated system otherwise will say, no, this is already registered to someone. But so, but so, But if you call them and ask them about this, they'll actually say, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, you can sign up a new account. It's only your you know account what? that's banned. For those that are in, that, that have Bank of America, I, I would assume you can do this with other banks, but I do this actually both times. You can, within five minutes on your phone from the app on Bank of America, one of the, I guess, only good things about Bank of America, you can open up a checking and or savings account within five minutes, All right, right from your phone, a new account. So if that was your concern, oh, I don't have another bank account. I know you have Bank of America, China. What I did, opened up another, another bank account. Another checking account, boom, registered PayPal, boom, now it's clean. But what I will tell you is Jacep, and China can testify to this, Jacep recently sent a payment on this past Sunday, and I got the worst email you ever want to get when you get a payment from Jacep. Oh, what no. do you think it said, Drew? It says that uh, uh, the funds have not cleared yet. Please wait uh, up to five Such and days. such party has sent you an e-check. Yeah. Do not spend <laughs> this money. Funds will clear in three to five business days. Yeah. I sent it to China. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Quick, quick, quick tidbit. Um, Chris Moneymaker got his um, PayPal account frozen today. I saw that on Twitter. Oh, really? What was that for? And he tagged, yeah, he tagged PayPal and said, like, it's bullshit that that PayPal can just close your account and not give you a reason for, like, 360 days or something. Well, like you that. know, this is what happens. He, He's close. Yeah, they, they do they close six your – Six months. Six months, and they do, they do close it, and they do – 
they, they just give you a very basic reason, and there is zero appeals process and nobody you can contact about it. If you try to call the main number, uh, they'll tell you that the ones who made that decision are not accessible in any way. I, I literally just got an email about four or five days from my first PayPal account, which I've had for probably close to a decade, the original one, saying that I am able – now my account, my account is still what they call limited – and I'm still, I am able at this point to withdraw funds directly to my checking account, but I can't transfer, send, receive. They claim this is to give buyers. This is what they told me. Buyers an opportunity to, to refund any products that you sold them. Yeah, let me tell you why that's BS. It's complete. You're, you're right. I got the same thing. But here's why it's BS. Yeah, the six months they claim, as Brandon said, to where uh, this way if you were some sort of scammer, that the scammer can't just cash out and disappear. He has to wait six months, and if anyone makes claims against him in those six months, then uh, then they take the money back from that person. He can't cash it out. That sounds like it's with sound reasoning. However, what's dumb about this is if your account is closed for reasons that have nothing to do with accusations of scamming, why should this apply? So if your if your account gets closed for gambling, why should there be six months until you can until you can cash out because of of concerns about? Uh, uh, People making claims back at you. If, if there's no complaints against you in the first place, why would there need to be six months so you can get your money? It's just it's and an excuse. Or you're not even a seller. They could easily look and see this account isn't selling anymore. Yeah, right, right. So, so, so it's just an excuse to hold your money for six months and hope that you never come looking for it, that you forget about it. Or whatever. And I'm sure they're making interest yeah. on that money. And, and interest too. But the interest rates aren't that high, but it's mainly just people who forget well, about it and just say – like, en- It's high enough yeah. that you – it's just like that uh, – Richard Pryor Superman movie, you know, yes. two cents here, two, you know, it, it, it's high enough that you add up all these, you know. Well, that's what it, it's. It's mainly like the smaller balances. If you have a thousand dollars in there, you're not going to forget it. But if you have like, if you got fifty three dollars left in there when this happens, you're uh, you're probably just going to forget about it in six months. I won't, but there's a lot of or people have, who will. What about what about people people that die, people that go to jail, people yeah. that drop it, you know, they might, they probably make millions off it. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's very sleazy. And there's been a number of class action suits against PayPal, uh, for, including one going on right now, over this matter, over this crap where they, they lock your access for six months. But here, let me give you a workaround, a small workaround to this that, that can, depending upon how you've been using your PayPal account, could work to get some or most of the money back. One thing you are allowed to do when your account gets, quote, limited like this is you can give refunds. So, let's say your uh, your buddy sent you five hundred dollars two days before you got your account closed. Okay, so your account so your let's say your current balance is uh, seven hundred forty eight dollars, including that five hundred he sent you. Now you get shut down, and now you got to wait six months to get that money. Well, one thing you can do is you can go to your buddy and say, "Hey, can you send me that five hundred another way, and I'll refund it to you on PayPal," and then he gives you the five hundred another way. You refund him the five hundred. Now your balance is only two forty eight. So then you just go through anyone in the last sixty day. I think it only gives you. I think it's only a sixty day or ninety day period that you can do it. But whatever the period, time period is, you look back and see who you know personally that you can refund and have them pay you another way. And then you can get your PayPal balance down that way. That's how I've like one of my accounts that got shut down had over a thousand dollars in it, but I was able to get it down to under a hundred by doing these refunds. The, be- the best thing to do is just use Bitcoin and use Venmo. They're they're, they're all, both awesome, and they're way better than PayPal. They, you have none of these problems with either of those. What's so stupid about PayPal is I can understand them refusing to process gambling transactions that are illegal. But why would they be making it illegal, not illegal against their terms 
for any kind of gambling payments for legal forms of gambling. For there, there's many legal forms of gambling where it is legal to pay someone via PayPal. And yet, right. if you do that, but yeah, they they, but their policy is just no gambling. If you gamble, yeah. we we shut you down. Yeah. Even if it's legal, they don't care. Yes, so it's it's uh, it's really frustrating with them. And then, of course, they, their their policies are very slanted towards keeping their money. Maybe Sheldon Adelson bought his sister-in-law PayPal for Christmas, <laughs> and no one knows about it. No, they've been awful since uh, day one, pretty much. So remember that? Remember the other one before that? Uh, the, I had a debit card. I found it the other day from PokerStars. Uh, e Passport. Yeah, or something like. Do you remember that? That uh... E Passport. Uh, they existed for a, uh, a short time. They were a, like a poor man's uh, net teller for a while, and they. It was funny with them. They actually, they they were brazen enough to operate out of the U.S. And they got an email from, or not an email, a letter from the Justice Department, saying, you know, what you guys are doing is very illegal, and you better stop immediately. And they're like, okay, we're out of business. <laughs> That's what happened. That's where ePassport went. They had they had probably the very very worst telephone customer service of any company I've ever dealt with, and that's saying a lot. Like they were literally useless. You would call telephone customer service. You'd get someone in the United States, so it wasn't like outsourced customer service. You'd get someone in the U.S., but the person you would get would be one incredibly stupid. I mean, like like probably like the. Like really, like borderline retarded people would be answering the phone. Like they were super, super slow and couldn't understand anything, and empowered to do nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing. I don't even know why they even had a customer service line because they literally could do nothing for you. It was so tilting dealing with e-passports. So I didn't cry too much when I got the notice from them that they're closing and that I need to withdraw my money immediately, which I did. So. Uh, I mean, at least it was done that way. At least I was able to get my money right away. It wasn't like a bust. They were just warned, and then they told everyone, okay, we're shutting down. Get your money up. Or they, they shut down their gambling-related op. I think they continued, but the, anything gambling-related, they were done. So, uh, China, did you have anything to say about Sorrel Mizzy? Or, uh... Yeah, I actually uh, have a, a lot to add about that. Um, he was on, uh, obviously, the Chicago Joey podcast. That's how, like, a lot of this stuff broke open, and he, like, basically broke everything down to why he is, how he is, and all that. He said that when he was a kid, that when he first got, like, um, the itch to, like, gamble and get as much as he can, he said there's a bagel company in Canada that gives you a free bagel on your birthday. <laughs> and he said his mother... He said his mother used to drive him and his brothers around to all the different bagel places in the area so they could get as many bagels as they could. So that's how he got his fierce competitiveness to win at all costs. This sounds like BS for uh, blaming his mom. Go on. Yeah. And then he was just going on and on about how he's all of this has made him depressed because supposedly, I guess, when he was – he made the final table, I think, of that tournament when he multi-accounted recently for the U.S. And he tried to call one of his friends. No, who was it, also at the final. No, table. that was it. Was be it was much worse than that. It was that he was playing under another account, and he actually right. spoke to to the friend a little bit about his strategy. Of now, he wasn't like it wasn't like hearing the guy's whole cards, but he actually spoke to him about what his strategy would be at the final table, and never mentioned to him that that he was there too. It was like. A, See, he, he, he contradicted that. He said that he was going to tell the kid that it was him, but the kid wouldn't pick up the phone 
and he was saying that the kid thought that, you know, after the fact, when it came out that it was him, that the kid assumed that he was calling him to give him specific reads. So I don't know which way that goes because that kid, I guess, hasn't posted much about it. But what else did he He basically blamed the multi-accounting thing on the U.S. government yeah, and said that it's their, <laughs> their fault and this and that, and we should be, and he just turned it into we should be able to play poker from the United States. And he just went on these insane, crazy rants where, like, out of whatever, let's say the podcast was two hours. Like, Joe Ingram probably spoke for about eight minutes total, and he just spoke the other, like, hour and 52 well, minutes. Here, here, and just rambled on and on and on and just got into, like, some of the craziest shit that you'd ever, like, could ever imagine. Here, I'm just going to jump around so, here. I'm just going to jump to a random spot here, 49 minutes in. That, for me, that's like a deal breaker right there. You're from uh, you're from Toronto, or is that where you're from? From Toronto, yeah. My Toronto's pretty cold. Toronto gets cold, man. What about a different country? Why not? What about living in a different place? I'm thinking about it, man. I am. I am. You know, like I thought about Barcelona. I really love San Diego. Like, if I'm going to move anywhere in the states, it would probably be like Encinitas. Mm. That's kind of like just kind of boring. You start seeing like the people trying to make the game a shitty one, or the dream a nightmare, and and it becomes like almost like this collective responsibility as a society. Like, is, what, what kind of world do we want our kids to be raised in? What kind of world do we, I want to be like looking outside to this crazy illusion that we've created? You know, there's casinos everywhere, and it's like, you know, there's there's these cars and these highways, and I think we could do better. <laughs> I mean, I just jumped around to a random spot and got this. It's not like I had this prepared. Like, I, trying to mention this, I, I go to the, the video, which is two hours long. I jump first to a spot where he, it's kind of boring. He's talking about moving somewhere else. Then the second place I jump to is this weird rant. Uh, here, let's go to another one here. It's about 15 minutes later. This is the path that you have to go on. And most people end up, like, working at Kinko's or whatever. Like, we're still teaching people how to, like, this general knowledge that is just not – it's it's no longer applicable to the challenges that we have in the future, mm-hmm. we, and we have a lot of challenges. So I don't know. It's it's tough. Like I feel like I'm in a, a time in my life right now where I'm either going to beat the system or the system is going to beat me. It's that simple. Because it's funny looking at Chicago Joey's reactions. He's kind of just like sitting in his living room, just going, mm-hmm, "Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't even know what to say to all this." <laughs> Yeah, I almost couldn't get through it. I was listening to it, and I was just like, I was hoping there'd be more back and forth and more questions, but he just talked so much that there were no, there weren't really any follow up. This isn't even like this isn't even like like answering the concerns about him. He's just going on about random uh, stupidity, like just random craziness. It's it's almost like uh, yeah. Matt Marafiati listening to him. What, what's with these yeah, like he, Toronto area poker players? Is there something in the water there? What's going on over there? I don't know. He was just been saying that he was depressed before he got better. And then since this happened, he's like very depressed again, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't know what he's going to do, but like, I don't know. Dude, just, I don't know. Just, uh, just fucked up that he keeps doing this shit, you know? Well, here, what, 120, here, center, I guess didn't change him. Here's another 15 minutes in. Let's see. Are the sickest. Like you have no idea the type of stuff we did. Like the, the the type of the type of bets that we had, like the gambling that went on between us. 
it was insane. Like he, we're just the worst influences on each other. Have you ever, you, you know, someone who like anytime you, you're, you meet up with them, like you just have to do something negative or you have to gamble or you have, like, no. you don't have that <laughs> no. No, no, Okay. Well, like, <laughs> I, I'm like, I would say that I'm like a second tier degenerate with first tier tendencies. Okay. He's like first tier with no other tendencies, mm. or at least he was, I don't know about anymore, but we used to play Monopoly online for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like literally we, there was a site called pogo.com. Okay. We would go online and it was me, Roland and another person that I'm not going to mention their name, but who's he talking about here? Is it, uh, there was a Roland DeWolf. Is that who he's talking about? Probably. I, I knew Roland DeWolf many years ago. Hmm. Well, I, I don't know. This is, uh, <laughs> it's pretty pretty insane. If you have time to kill, it's a good one to listen to. Just to listen to like just how crazy he starts talking about shit. When you have somebody um, who over and over and over again gets into scandal, there's a reason for that. It's, it, no one's ever just unlucky to where every year or two they're involved in some sort of scandal where everyone's calling him a scumbag. Like, like I, I've been in poker since uh, since 2001. How come there's never been any of these stories about me? How come in 15 years I've never been said to be multi-accounting or, or scamming or bottom deck dealing? Or How come How come no one ever says I do that stuff? Because you're good. Yeah, like, the, <laughs> I'm good enough to get away with it. No, no but seriously. That like, was what? the only one. Yeah. I, I wish he got more into, like, if he could speak more on that, on his own podcast, I wish he got into the, the bottom deck dealing because he, he mentioned it, but he, they never really got into it. Well, probably just, that, so, that one's actually the easiest to defend. He could just say, I'm not doing it. John Raisner was wrong. And then we can't, there's nothing to say back to that. Like, But I don't think he ever, like, denied it. No, he did deny it at one point, but it was, it's just one of these things. Okay, you were bottom deck dealing. No, I wasn't. Okay, well, where do you go from there? Like, even if you believe right. Raisner, where do you go? Without uh, any evidence... Or without him being caught doing it before, I mean, I believe it. I believe he probably was, but uh, there's no proof. So that one's right. easier to deny than some of this other stuff where over and over and over there's one multi-accounting scandal after another with this guy. He just he just, he just can't be trusted, period. And it's, it's just one after another. I, I would have loved to see him in Choice Center, though. That, that I would actually have paid money to watch a video of him in Choice Center. That would be entertaining. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's let's see. The uh... oh, you know, you know who else went to Choice Center that I didn't know about until last week is um, the billionaire guy, Bill Perkins. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, he, and he and he said, I think he said, he mentioned that Dan Bilzerian went there too. That would be surprising. <laughs> uh, by the way, as Beer and Poker is asking, is Zach Hart, aka the Snake in the Grass? Uh, still working on the Sorrel Mizzy website. That was we actually pranked Sorrel Mizzy over a three thousand dollar website or something that the I guess seriously serious built him a website while working for the Snake in the Grass. Then he the Snake and uh, seriously serious had a uh, falling out. The Snake paid him nothing, and then. Behind his back, went and sold it. You know, went and said, "Okay, here's your product to uh, uh, to Sorrell, who paid him the whole three thousand, and uh, seriously, serious got nothing." So we pranked Sorrell Mizzy about the whole thing with like an Alvin Finkelstein call. But uh, now this 
technically wasn't Sorrel Mizzy's fault. This is one case where it wasn't his fault. It was the snake's fault. But we were uh, we were pranking him anyway just for the fun of it. But uh, that, that actually drove the snake in the grass out of the poker world because he tried to defend himself on 2 plus 2 about it and just got destroyed because... Because <laughs> he was in the wrong and he was a scumbag, he just he stole seriously Sirius's work and sold it. Like he he was supposed to get some of the money because I think he's the one who facilitated the the work for him. But uh, he he wasn't supposed to take the whole three thousand and give Sirius and Sirius nothing. But that's what he did. So, but I also thought it was funny for three thousand dollars for a personal website. But then again, uh, there's that guy who narrates that Kate Hall podcast uh, for six hundred dollars a week for twenty five minutes. So. Ruff, this is going to make you feel incredibly uncomfortable, but I mean, depending on the the scale of the site, three K is not a lot. It's really not. Mm-hmm. I, I I guess it's not. But, I, but this is like a personal website. This wasn't like a like this. Yeah, but I mean, if site. it's a personal website that's promoting him and you know all that kind of stuff, I <laughs> I'm just telling you, I, I've done a lot of work with a lot of people and a lot of agencies and that's, that's not a ton of money. No, I, I believe it. I, I, I'm not saying, I'm not even saying that price like that they, uh, that others wouldn't have also charged that, but it just, right. uh, it just seems crazy to me for like a personal website to pay that for, uh, if this is for your business or if you're designing a, a website that's very complex, or very involved and, uh, well, or if you are the type of person that makes money or your persona is valuable, uh, and there are a ton of people like that out there in the entertainment business. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about Sorrel Mizzy, just a personal. Like, this is the website of Sorrel Mizzy. I don't think there's going to be like a like. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a website, but I think a much cheaper one that just uh, has the basics about his poker career and some pictures of him or whatever. Be you saying he could have paid less money to stroke his ego is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, a lot less. Though. Okay, I got you. <laughs> but but you know the fact that he paid it at least seriously serious should get most of it. The fact that the snake in the grass stole uh, just about all of it was pretty bad. So Sorrell, when we called him, was kind of funny. He just kind of was like felt in the middle. He didn't know what to say about it. He was like he was very forthcoming about the whole thing though. He he had no idea who was on the radio. I think to this day he doesn't know we put him on the radio. Who cares? So let's see what we got here. Uh, I think we're done with Sorrel Mizzy. Brandon, are you still there? We haven't heard from you in a I'm while. I'm here. Oh, okay. You just kind of uh, went silent for a while. Okay. Speaking of podcasts, we have uh, Daniel Negranu, who is now doing – See, this is what makes me mad. No matter what he does, it's almost like uh, – uh, what's that old woman? Meryl Streep. No matter what movie she's in, they give her an Oscar nomination. Now, we've been here from the get-go – but when these potty awards come out again, I guarantee you this Negranu podcast is going to get nominated. Well, look, Bluff we'll Magazine got the, Bluff Magazine got theirs for we'll be snubbed for snubbing us because they're gone. They we should have been at that red carpet Hollywood funk. Remember when they had the awards with the tuxedo affair and they had the little shrimp cocktail? What was that about again? What was the name of that one? I don't remember, but do you remember we did a whole recap of it on the one of the? the oh yeah, 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 yeah. There was some award thing. Yeah, we broke it down and and we didn't get nothing, nothing. No, we we never get anything. But at least Bluff Magazine. Remember, like that Jason Somerville kid was Twitcher of the Year, and they had all the best best gay <laughs> poker player. That shouldn't even be a, a an award. Best no, gay but poker but I, player. I I think I I think we we get the award for. Uh, for most like best Jew poker, you even got snubbed in that Jews. On oh yeah, poker I did. Practice. Yeah, that's right. There's like a, a Jews in poker article, and they don't even cover me. Like how not even they... close. They they even half the only Jew I knew was uh, that Ari Angle. 
And then they had all these other anonymous Jews. No, I, I actually said, I, I tweeted out and said, uh, look, how much cheaper do I have to get? <laughs> I mean, how much cheaper do I have to get to get recognized around here as a Jew? So, yeah, the, the so this is uh, Daniel Negreanu is doing a podcast, which you're right, will probably just instantly get uh, fame. And uh, and he'll walk in there just like he's been here for a decade. Yeah. It's not fair. And and all the accolades, and we're going to get nothing. But here here is... Uh, Daniel Negreanu. Actually, I'm going to start off from the very beginning. He'll, you'll hear him describing. You hear the intro. You'll hear him describing it, and then I'll jump to two of the more interesting segments in it. It was only 54 minutes, which for us is like doing the intro. But here's how it starts. Do you picture that as Daniel Negreanu's music? You're listening to the Full Contact Poker Podcast with Daniel Negreanu. And now your host, Daniel Negroni. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to the first ever Full Contact Poker Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Daniel Negroni. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately and thought, you know what? What the hell? Why don't I just create one myself? And sort of the premise and the idea behind this podcast is I'm going to reach out to some of the more, you know, powerful people in the industry, some people who pull the strings, you know, uh, the heads of... WPT, WSOP, and I thought the absolute perfect guest to start would be the one man that I trust more than any other uh, in terms of any poker decisions I make, in terms of whether or not I go forward with something or, or choose not to, and that's Brian Ballsbog, who... A bog. I thought it was boff. Okay. Ball, balls bog, which is much better. But, uh, Jesus. That had to be <laughs> tough growing up. <laughs> we, we've already covered, don't worry. A kilowatt here already uh, covered that one. But yeah, definitely. So yeah, it was a yeah, when I said Brandon, is that kid probably got shut in a bunch of lockers when he was a kid? I always thought it was just balls ball, which is that's better than balls ball or ball, or balls bog or balls boff. <laughs> What's the worst last name that you've ever had, known someone personally to have? Well, there is there is a, a poker that player you actually named knew the person. No, no, no. I'm talking about you knew like in high oh. school, college, grade school, whatever. Kid next door, just someone you actually knew. Well, okay. How about when I played at the final table with Zalong Dong? That's not bad. Well, I don't know. It's, and in, uh, in college, we had some exchange students. There was a uh, fuck and suck Lee. <laughs> I knew a guy in uh, junior high. His name was Robert Fiagsnatch. <laughs> this is Fiag not some. Snatch. That's great. Really? This Fiag is not. Snatch? This is not someone that it's I knew, kinda... but this is a lady who became internet famous. She was some kind of uh, professor in Singapore. And I shit you not, her name was Chew Shit Fun. <laughs> Spelled exactly the way that you would think it would be. Chew Shit Fun. Well, you know, there was a, a poker, yes. fem- there's a female <laughs> poker player who's, who made a final table. Her last name was Teabaggy. Oh, man. Like Lisa Teabaggy. How do you not change that? How, how do you not change your name from Teabaggy if you're a female? Okay, so uh, anyway, he, he's, uh, this, this Brian Balls... Bach or Buck or Buff or whatever. I don't know. Balls Buff. Uh, he is an agent. He's a poker agent who's been around for a long time. And we had a few interactions with him, actually, in the past. Uh, he was David Williams' agent. He may still be. And he was upset about the David Williams uh, porn being posted on Everyone Poker. But later on, when, when David Williams dated Aubrey O'Day and she somehow found Neverwin Poker and was watching the foot porn videos on Neverwin Poker with her parents, of all things. They're like, oh, my God, look what my boyfriend did. Uh, it made TMZ. 
I think this is in 2008. So it made TMZ. And Ballsboff was convinced this was going to be a huge story. And he, he was convinced that David's going to have to address this finally. David was just avoiding admitting to this. He just wasn't answering to it. I think he was even denying it weekly in some places. But Ballsboff actually called up Mikon and said, look, uh, yes, David is prepared to admit this now and put an end to the scandal once and for all. He'd like to come on your radio show, Never Win Poker Radio, to do it. And it was going to be with you know with me and Mike on. And I, I don't think Brandon was much involved at that point. I think it was still too early. But he was going to come on our show, and we were going to interview David Williams about the porn video. And David was going to admit it. And in exchange, uh, we had to, like, agree to certain terms as to what we can and can't ask him. So we were actually going to agree to this, but uh, then the story just died out very quickly. Nobody really cared. So then Ballsboff pulled this whole thing off the table, and we never got to do it. Uh, I, th- I think, I'm not 100% sure if, if it was Ballsboff or another one of the agents like him, but when the Joe Seabach penis pics came out, uh, Mikon also got a really angry call from his agent, who may or may not have been Ballsboff. I don't remember if it was him or, or another guy. But I think it was Ballsboff. Anyway, he he uh, represents Negranu, and he ended up doing Choice Center with Negranu. Now, I've wondered, did he really go to Choice Center for himself, or did he do it just to kiss Negranu's ass? Because representing Negranu, he's got to be making a lot of money. I don't know what percentage he's taking of... of uh, what Negranu makes for whatever he arranges for him, but uh, it's got to be a lot. So it's very possible that uh, Negranu suggests a choice center to him, and rather than saying this is stupid and it sounds like a cult or making an excuse not to go, he may have gone anyway just to uh, pacify Negranu, or, or maybe he was somehow talked into it. It's just for some reason choice center that never seemed like something an agent would do, because an agent is not someone – an agent is usually pretty street smart – and is like the last person who would be taken in by a cult or a scam. So that's that's what uh, surprised me that Ballsboff was doing this. Whereas other poker players who just get into this, that doesn't surprise me at all. Because poker players tend not to be very street smart at all. But agents usually are, at least the successful agents like this guy is. So this Ballsboff, he, he was saying that he was originally a golf agent. And then he transitioned into poker. But here's, here's an interesting story about one of his early experiences with trying to get a personal appearance for Phil Ivy, where uh, he thought he had gotten a good deal for Ivy, where Ivy would get paid handsomely for two hours of work, and it didn't quite work out. And it was Enterprise Rental Car on the Strip for 25K. Yeah. And he goes... But he'd have to actually have to go to the Strip, which is... Wait, I, actually, I, I'm sorry, I... I because I, I had the wrong for them. Yeah. And then personal appearances are big in golf. And uh, for me coming in, I always, there were these guys in golf who crushed personal appearances called Billy Andrade and uh, Peter Jay. So what's a typical guy get? Like just, you know, middle of the road PGA guy. 10 grand. So 10 grand 10 to fly grand. across country. And yeah. is that like a three-day deal or something? Yeah. So he's talking about right now the golf, when he was representing golf players, that they'd get 10 grand to fly across the country and appear somewhere for a day. <laughs> and uh, and that that was the norm. And then poker was so different. We, we, here it comes. Monday Pro-Ex. You know, at the time, 10 grand, 12 grand, something like that. So you'd miss the cut. You'd fly across. You'd play on a Monday Pro-Am. You know, you'd fly back, and that was so, it. So these golfers would, like, commit to doing something like that for five or 10 grand when, like, I'm just imagining today in poker, people are like, 
you know, they'll want like a poker player's want like a hundred thousand to just get off the couch. Well, at the time, uh, that was exactly right. You know, and and and, and uh, I'll never forget. I had an opportunity for Phil Ivey, um, and it was Enterprise Rental Car on the Strip for twenty five k. Yeah, and he goes, but he'd have to actually have to go to the Strip, which is like wow. Right. So <laughs> I go, I go, Phil. Great news. I got this opportunity. Twenty five k. What do I have to do? We have to just go and shake some hands at Mandalay Bay. You know, how long? Two hours. He goes, Brian, how much? And I'm like, 25K. He goes, well, listen, I'm not going to do that. And I go, why wouldn't you do that? And he goes, that's not even like a big bet in the game. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I believe that story. And that that was a, kind of a shock to Ballsboff that, uh, you know, he, 25K for making a personal appearance for two hours sounds like great money. But uh, to someone like Ivy who, who bets such large sums, it just uh, – there's, there's always been that disconnect with poker players where they think about how much they bet and how big their typical pot is, and then anything that's less than that seems like peanuts to them. And uh, I never fall into that trap. I, I uh, Jewishly haggle over every dollar, but I know a lot of other people do. Uh, Brandon, how, how do you feel about the, you know also being a poker player? How do you feel about uh, money now that you're you know, a poker player? Do you ever associate it with the pots you're playing? How did we lose Brandon? He's here. He's here, but only in spirit, apparently. Cal, what about you? I am here. So what about you? Uh, I know you're not a, a pro poker player, but I know you, you do play poker, and you, you play the farmers there at PLO. <laughs> uh, how, how do you, did, does this affect you when you play games like that, and then you have to go back to real life as far as how you spend money? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I managed to, to turn it off pretty easily, but then again, I'm also not playing for, you know, anything that I would consider really significant stakes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I will have it sometimes where I'll be all proud of myself that, uh, you know, I, for, I, I have a, like I have a hotel room coming up and, and it was, uh, I originally booked for $200 and I keep, frantically checking the website and then i find oh wow the same room is now 139 dollars and i cancel and rebook yes i saved 61 dollars and then i go yeah compared to like what i play every night on bovada 61 dollars is nothing like like i'm all excited about this but in reality that's uh that's just one bet and it's it's, but I, i i have to put that out of my head because i have to and the reason i have to put this out of my head is because i have to have a general respect of money with everything I do and it all adds up. It's uh it's not just about that one time that I find the hotel cheaper and rebook it or or whatever. As long like as long as I'm not too much putting too much effort or trouble into saving money, then I, I think it's good for me to be just consistent with that with always valuing money rather than getting into the trap of, oh, this doesn't matter because of I'm playing for so much more, but I, I, I see how poker players end up in that. And you have yep. a further extreme with this. People like Ivy saying, what? 25,000 for two hours. What? That'll be gone in a second in the games I play. You know, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not wasting two hours with enterprise Reddit car for 25,000. And to the rest of us, that sounds crazy. <laughs> enterprise- well, in, a, in a way it makes sense. I mean, no matter what you do, if you know, kind of like, you know, what your hourly is, um, you know, it makes sense that there are certain things you're just not going to do. But it's not as okay. I don't think his hourly is twenty five uh, twelve thousand five hundred an hour. I just think that yeah. uh, I just think he he sees it as twenty five thousand of the games he was playing was so small it passes in front of him over and over and over and over again. Why yeah. would he go to do, go something for two hours that he doesn't really want to do 
for that same money. It, it didn't make sense to him. Instead of looking at it like, look, it's twenty five thousand dollars, then it's not much work, and 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 it's probably much better than his hourly rate in poker. So yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, the only thing I can say is even remotely similar to that, or not even similar to that, but. I mean, I do uh, carry around a decent amount of money that I don't even think twice about. Um, and a lot of my friends, you know, I mean, it would be bizarre for them to have more than a couple hundred bucks in their wallet. You know? Well, now people know to mug you if next time they see you. Yeah, good luck. Go for it. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I mean, you, as a poker player, you get used to having, like, a you, ton of cash around. You do. Whether, you, it's, you, whether it's in chips in your box or you just got, like, you know, a ton of hundreds or whatever it is. It's just what you need to have. To bring with you to the game, you know? yeah, yeah, no, it it does change how much money you carry on you. Typically, like if I have a hundred dollars in my wallet, cash, I feel like I have no cash with me. Right, and your average person, e- even people that are pretty well off, don't carry that. Even they, they don't carry a whole lot of cash. Yeah, usually, yeah, it, I know it, it does change some, and I think we lost. I think Brandon may have fallen asleep. But sometimes he just goes and gets food or whatever. He just uh, I texted him, "Are you there?" He hasn't answered. He he went quiet too, like. He, he was very jovial and talking a lot, and then just he uh, as soon as China Maniac called for some reason, and we kind of just lost China out of somewhere too. Like China just fell off, and something weird's going on, man. <laughs> I just noticed China's gone too. He never said goodbye. It just China disappeared, kind of the same way like when you're in a dream and it just ends, and you're in another dream, and you don't even think about oh that last dream just ended. You're just in a new scene, and you just forget that you're there before. Oh, he he just he just messaged me. I hung up. Okay, so he voluntarily hung up. Uh, but I don't I don't think he ever said goodbye. <laughs> I think my 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 feelings my feelings are hurt here. He just uh, oh my god just hung up on me. All right, you'll, you'll, it'll be okay, Dra. I want to know where Brandon went. I want closure on this one. <laughs> like China, China was talking about things, and Brandon. I think Brandon just faded and fell asleep. He's he's still no. here. He's no, he's still here though. Like Brandon's still on the line. He's not asleep. He might have gone out for a smoke or done something. I mean, he's around. I, I don't understand. Okay, so anyway, yeah, it shows it shows Brandon's still on them. Trader Ruski fell, but that's not surprising. He had his tea. So uh, anyway, th- uh, that's that's one thing that happened. And then uh, here's here's another part of the podcast that's interesting. I, I'm just doing this from memory in the podcast, so forgive me if I jump to the wrong place. But here's approximately where it begins. Picture. They'd have like mug shots. Is like, this you? Yeah. Well, good news. Or, and if they didn't know, we would. Teach- you know, the sound quality of the thing sucks. I just want to mention that it sounds like they're on a speakerphone in like 1985. It, it doesn't sound like podcast quality. Like you, you hear this show, and aside from when we have Skype problems, like tonight, everyone sounds pretty clear. Uh, you know, it sounds like sound-wise something you'd expect of a radio show or a podcast. But this this really sounds like they put on a speakerphone and they're just uh, ranting into it. it. It's probably just a computer microphone. You know? Yeah, it probably it's it probably sit, right, sitting in an open room. Right, it's probably an internal mic. Yeah, I bet that's what yeah. it is. I, I bet yeah. uh, I bet the guy who did that little intro at the beginning and who probably put this together probably charged the same six hundred dollars <laughs> that Kate Hall paid. Might be right. I should go into that business. To be like uh, Aaron, Aaron. They just say his name if you turn around. You know that yeah, was probably yeah. him, right? <laughs> And then it was like, hey, do you play, you know, you play on poker stores, are you interested in, or full tilt, or wherever, and and are you interested in a deal? And if so, okay, this is what we can do. And if you wear the hat forward, we'll pay you this much. If you wear it backwards, we'll pay you this much. If you put a patch on, we'll pay you this much, and ba 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 And, you know, it was really, uh, 
it was it was. So it must have been a little awkward, right? Like you're random, you're random dudes. Like we're we're for the majority, we're the majority of players like receptive to this because you'd think it's free money. Like why not? But I just I know poker players in general are pretty skeptical people, so they think there's some sort of scam involved or whatever. Did you find that most people are like, yeah, I'll take free money? So at first it was 100% give me the money. Absolutely. Yeah, give me the money. And Show me the money. And then for a while it was like, well, I'm going to say no now. Maybe I can get more later. Well, they did it. They The World Series did a deal where if you started the day in a logo, you have to finish the day in a logo. So you can just keep so, flipping. So now you can't just think about it and then come over on the first break and get it. You know, you have to literally make a decision really quickly. Well, that played into your hands, I would think. It created a sense of urgency. Sure. Yeah. And um, they wanted continuity during the telecast, so you know they don't want a guy playing three hands without a logo. And every shows up. Every hand yeah. plays a different logo. Yeah. So yeah, it was crazy, man. But you know what? It worked out because the players. What it did was it it, it um, you know the poker stars and full tilt guys are not the full tilt guys can give a shit anymore, but it drove the prices up, mm-hmm. you know. And so we had guys for one day getting paid fifty, sixty, seventy k. You know, just to wear the logo for one. Sure. So this must. Have, so this was going strong for a while, but then I would imagine, like, once they've gotten all this value and they've had so many logos on, like, the numbers started to come down, and of course, Black Friday, you know, everything changed at that point. Did you notice, sort of, like, there was a point in the late two thousands, early two thousand ten, where we, you know, just the, there were just less incentive for the sites to continue to spend? So it got really weird in between '08 and Black Friday. Full Tilt and Poker Stars hated each other. <laughs> I do remember. I mean, they fucking hated I mean, each the, other. The powers that be. Yeah. We're at odds. Yeah. So now, you know, where you would sign people at the final nine of the main event of the World Series of Poker, now everybody would be signed at 27. And then, I think 2010, everybody pretty much was signed at 100 players left. Well, not quite. There was a player, there were two players with 100 players left who were not signed in the 2010 World Series main event. One of them was eventual final tableist. Jason Senti. The other was eventual 88th place finisher Todd Wattellis. Um This was what was going on that year. This is the one year I did well at the main event, 2010. And as they were getting down to a few hundred players left, they were approaching players with what seemed like a good deal to these players. That was wear the logo, sign with us. And then whenever you end up on TV, we'll pay you. And they and just like this uh, Balls Bog was saying here, if uh, you had to make the decision then because uh, you couldn't make the decision in the middle of the day. You had to make the decision before the day started. Otherwise, you'd have to start wearing the patch the next day. So players felt like, oh, crap, you know, I, I better do this because what if I get moved to the feature table today, which, you know, the odds of that goes up and up and up as there's fewer and fewer people left. And there's two feature tables. So they're afraid, hey, what if I'm not wearing a logo? I'm not going to get paid. I better jump on this right now. Well, I said, no way. I said, I'm not I'm not wearing a logo for free, which is basically what you're doing unless you appear on TV. So I said, I'm not wearing a logo for free. I will uh, wait to see if I make it deeper here, and uh, I will only agree to wear anything if they pay me up front. Also, you know, they, they can attach it to how far I get, but uh, I, I want something up front to wear the logo, otherwise I'm not doing it. So they kept offering me, and I said, nope, not doing it. I, I, don't, I don't wear logos for free, sorry. So Jason Senti apparently said the same thing, but we were the only two holdouts. 
I think it's Sentai, by the way. Sentai, sorry. So we get we get so we got to the bot the, the around the final hundred or hundred twenty, whatever it was. And there was, as he said, a bidding war. Uh full tilt and poker stars were obsessed with outdoing the other. They both wanted to have as many players as possible and therefore like their dream was each site's dream was at the final table to have all or most of the of the players of theirs. Now in order to prevent this from, from looking ridiculous, the World Series had a rule that only three people can wear the logo at the table. So you won't you won't have a player of nine poker stars or nine full tilts at the table. If there's more than three, then only three can wear it. But at least then it's only their three, and you know they're they're hoping that they have like as many players of theirs as possible, and and maybe the dream scenario where they have nine of their players and three wear the logo and six wear nothing. So uh, there. We were holdouts, and then at the dinner break of day six, uh, Mikeon approached me with his wife, who was a, an, a she was an attorney, but she wasn't licensed to practice in Nevada. She just basically was doing nothing. And Mikeon said, "Look, I know more about this stuff than you do, as far as dealing with these agents from poker, and you know, I, I've I've dealt with this type of stuff before, and you haven't. Uh, can we can we represent you?" To get you representation, he actually Mike was going to be the agent for the agent, <laughs> where he was he 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 wanted to get me the best deal uh, for a cut of this, and of course then I had to pay a cut also to, to the agent. Well, I actually agreed to this because I I was not familiar with the process at all. I, I was smart enough to hold out and not uh, wear anything for free, but from there I didn't exactly even know who to go to to start negotiating this, and, and Mike on knew and. They knew what to say, and so anyway, during the break, I think it was Ballsboff. If it wasn't him, it was somebody else. It, 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 there, there were so many agents around at the time, I'm forgetting who was who, but I think it was Ballsboff. And uh, we negotiated, and among other things, number one, I wanted a payment up front. Well, we negotiated $7,500 for me up front, even if I don't end up wearing the patch, because remember, it was the middle of the day, I could not put on the patch yet. So the patch was for me to start wearing on day seven, not day six. Day six, we're in the middle of already. I would have, but it wasn't allowed by the rules. So 7500 up front. Then extra bonuses if I'm on TV. A uh, million dollars if I win the main event. Uh, as far as who wears the logo, they had it in the contract that you don't get paid if you're not the one wearing the logo. So if there's more than three, they just select the three and you don't get it. Uh, we 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 reworked that to where I always get something whether I wear the logo or not. That I I will wear the logo if they tell me to, but if I can't, then they they won't penalize me for it. And, and also that they will like I'll get more if I wear it than if I don't, but I'll always get something. And then also that I have priority. Over like there weren't that many people left who were no names at that point, so I think there was some some kind of agreement that I'd have priority over any of the remaining players in the World Series, other than you know a few names that were still in it that that were better known than me. So that that was in the, so we had all this stuff in the contract. Now to Mike and his wife's credit, they, this was most of the stuff was their idea. My main idea is I want to be paid paid up front for something. A lot of this other stuff, uh, you know, his wife went through the contract and was uh, 
saying, oh, no, 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 I don't like this, you know, make it this way. And so, so they, they did do a good job. Now, Mike Hahn asked for 10% with this, which I, I gave him. He, he was busto at the time, too, which I'm sure shocks you guys. But uh, I gave him the 10%. Now, you could argue, you know, I, he was my friend. Uh, I, he, I've done so much for him. Why can't he do this for free? But he was busto. He was bringing real value to me by doing this. So, so I agreed to this. Uh, so I don't have any complaints about Mike on here, actually. It would have been nice if he did it for free, but again, he was broke, so and he was getting me extra money. So I ended up busting shortly after the dinner break, so they didn't get any value out of me at PokerStars. I never got to wear it, so I got my $7,500. But it wasn't easy to get my $7,500. Why? Well, I busted for the main event, 88th. Did not make day seven. Uh, I went to PokerStars and said, okay, guys, uh, cough up the 7500 Poker Stars said, "Sorry, that's not us. We don't, you know, the deals with us, but you have to request it through the agent who arranged it." <laughs> and I, I thought that was ridiculous because they admitted that we had the deal, and they, I'm like, "Why is that?" They said, "Well, we have to give the agent his commission." I said, "Well, okay, fine. Then subtract the, the agent's ten percent because the agent was getting ten percent too. Subtract his ten percent and ship me the remainder. Ship me sixty-seven fifty. No, we don't do it that way. We have to." Uh, your agent has to request it, and it has to go through him, blah, blah, blah. That's the protocol. I said, all right, fine, 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 fine. So whoever this agent was, I tried and tried and tried to get a hold of the guy. He just was not returning my calls. Why? Because I wasn't important anymore. Because I, I was out of the main event. I wasn't important. Uh, uh, what I made him was peanuts. I made him 750 bucks. Big deal. So I was like last, last, last priority. I wasn't even getting an answer to my messages. So finally, I, I contacted PokerStars and said, look, I, the agent's MIA. He's not responding to me. You guys had an agreement with me. I had a contract with you guys, not my agent. Pay me. So PokerStars said, all right, fine. Here's the, here it is. And ship me 7500 on PokerStars. Well, believe it or not, like months later, uh, this agent, which I, again, I think it's this Ballsboff guy, calls Mike on and says, hey, can you get a hold of Druff? He owes me $750. <laughs> and I, I just I said Mike on you know just tell him you gave me the message <laughs> that's it I mean I'm not I'm not giving him a shit because he didn't do anything for me he just he he would not call me back to get me my money I left message after message he would not get back to me so as far as I'm concerned he he didn't do the work if I had so to you stiffed him I I did and, uh, you know, I, I was going to tell him, sue me for it. If he's, because he, that's, that's not what I was agreeing to. I wasn't agreeing to if I, if I bust earlier than you're hoping that uh, you forget about me and pay me months later. That wasn't the agreement. I think it's great that he came back for this. Yeah, many months later, like six months or something, he tells Mike on to get a hold of me. that I owe him 750 bucks. Like, you got to be kidding me. That, this is exactly why I didn't pay you. <laughs> so, so, you know, like, and it's, it's funny. Every time I wear a logo, I have this problem. I had this problem also when I uh, wore, actually did wear a logo, and you can still you can see me wearing these logos on uh, the episode with Phil Helmuth in 2009. I didn't cash in this one. I was just at the feature table. But uh, uh, I was wearing the Maven VT for David the Maven Tchaikovsky, and, it, and the snake in the grass actually arranged that, and uh, this is back when we were on decent terms. And uh, to the snake's... And, and the, the Maven's credit, I did get paid from them immediately. But uh, I was also wearing Doyle's room, and the Doyle's room thing, 
I also had an incredibly difficult time getting paid. I also had to go through the agent. I also had an agent. This is a different agent. This is not this balls ball or any other. This was like a, a very small, minor agent who arranged this one. But but this other this guy also wasn't uh, getting it done. He was answering me, but he just was never doing it. I was like, when am I going to get my money from Doyle's room? Oh yeah yeah, I still got to get to that. Sorry. Okay. Hey, what are you going to get to? Him? I think next week you'll get your money. Next week. Hey, uh, where's my money? Oh yeah, I haven't heard back from Doyle's room yet. Like it's went on for like three months, and I finally got uh, like I I finally had to start threatening the guy I was going to blow him up on Never One Poker that 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 he's a fraud. And then of course, first he acts all frustrated that uh, that I'm making threats to him, but then of course I get my money really fast after that. So now again, this is a different guy, but uh, and and that one I didn't have any power. That one Doyle's room just absolutely said no, we're not paying you. You have to get through him. Poker stars, at least, I was able to talk into sending me the money on their own. But uh, yeah, it's the problem with these agents. They, you know, the the I'm sure you guys have seen movies or TV shows where some washed up actor says, uh, uh, a washed up actor in the movie says, "Yeah, my agent won't even take my calls anymore." It's true. Like that, that's the way they act. They once you cannot do anything for them, they don't want to hear from you. But you know, if I've done the work. That you've arranged for me, and you're not facilitating the payment in a timely or semi-timely fashion. I'm not expecting to be paid the next day, but if you just ignore me or let months pass, <laughs> don't don't get me paid or just don't re- return my calls. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to give you crap. You're not going to get any commission. You don't deserve it. Then you can come sue me for it if you want. So, uh... Negranu also claims to have lost 436,000 in one night playing flop prop bets. Yeah. This is weird. Uh, so Negreanu was playing some sort of high stakes game. I think it's Aria. Let me, let me bring up the article. Should have had this up, but don't. Here we are. Uh, it was at the Bellagio. He was playing a high-stakes game. He said he won 50000 in the high-stakes game, but lost 436000 in prop bets. And he explained on his blog that the way these prop bets work is there's no skill involved in them. That you just pick 10 flops. Just Each person writes down 10 flops that they predict will come up at some point. And every time one of the flops come up, you you have to it's up to you to speak up no one's keeping track of it for you so when you see one of your flops come up like let's say one of your 10 flops you picked was queen jack 3 so if you see the flop is queen jack 3 you you have to speak up and say up ah, there's queen jack 3 and then everybody pays you and that's how it works uh if you forget to to say anything and the hands over, then you, then you lose out. That was the, that's the rules they played under. That you have to you have to say it like when the flop comes. So that's the the only skill is just to check every flop and make sure it it uh, matches or does not match what the ten you chose. So anyway, that that's basically what they're doing. It's just it's just totally gambling, no skill involved. And Negreanu said he lost four hundred thirty six thousand dollars doing this. Which is pretty insane, I think, even for him who has a lot of money. However, uh, it seems like he got some of it back. Money he, back? Yeah, money back. Uh, is, is Brandon back? 
Well, I, yeah, I figured you'd be talking about Negrana for an hour, and so I went downtown for a bit. Okay, well, it's, uh, you know, I, I was, it's funny. I was just talking about Mike, I kind of feel like he's back on the phone with me. Except you're not, you're not taking out your trash. Hey, Druff, Now that Brandon's back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag out and listen. Oh, you're gonna tag out. Okay, okay. Thank, thank you for hanging out. What is it? That's a good idea. Tag team hosting. <laughs> Nobody tags me out though. Tag, hey guys, I'm gonna go down downtown for a little bit. Or I'll okay. see you guys later. Cal, are you coming back though? Because I'm gonna need to be tagged out in about 45. He, he's going to downtown San Francisco. Oh. Yeah. Uh, are you no, going to that Farmers PLO game? No, man, I'm going to bed. It's uh, it's like after 5 a.m. No shit. No shit. Hmm. All right. Have you been watching any of those Olympics? I've been watching the shit out of that. I love it. What 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 is your favorite event? Uh, I mean, the chicks in bikinis playing beach volleyball doesn't suck. I saw them lose yesterday. That was really sad. That one girl lost for the yeah. first time in her her Olympic career, her first match ever. Yeah. I mean, they were the number three seed coming in, yeah. so I mean, they weren't like expected to win anyway. But no, I, I've honestly just been enjoying all of the competitions. There, there's something about um, people at the peak of whatever it is that they do that it's compelling, at least for me to watch. Well, Druff, what about you? Is there a certain event you like to watch, or are you just kind of whatever with the whole thing? No, I haven't really watched much of it. I'm just uh, not a big. I, I kind of follow the results, but I don't really watch it. And Bolt, uh, Usain Bolt has been putting on one hell of a, uh, a show for everybody, too, if you guys have watched that. Yeah. No. <laughs> now, Jeff, I know, I know we've talked about this before, uh, but if – very nice. Sometime in the near future, if they offered Limit Hold'em as an Olympic sport, would you go to the team trials and try to make the team? Sure. Why not? Now, would you be one of these people that even if you got a silver, which basically means you finished second out of the whole world, would you be all disappointed and all disgruntled, or would you take silver and limit hold and it be an honor? Well, that's uh, that's better than every tournament I've ever played in my life except for one, so that would be an honor to me. <laughs> there, are, there are two main problems with this scenario, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is that uh, Druff has got a sports injury from hitting his knee up against that box in the commerce. <laughs> so he might not, it's possible, you know, he might not be now, able to compete in that. Now, two quick questions. Now, if such, you know, events did occur, name one person, Druff. The mo- the, name, if you had to pick a person that you would hate the most by far to have them win the gold and limit hold them, who would it be? Oh... See now, now you're trying getting me to talk trash about other limit holding players here. That's what you're trying to well, do. Well, they here. probably don't listen. Well, but I mean, you have enough. The one guy, the Baker guy, with well, the Baker. He, I, mean, I was going to say he, he's he'd be high on the list as people I wouldn't want to see win over me. What about one of the UB guys? Yeah, well, they're not really limit holding players. I'd, I'd actually well, hate, I'd, what I'd, if they might win? I mean, well, no, no I'd, I'd hate to see them more than Baker. At least Baker hasn't ripped anyone off. Like he's just been a jerk to me, but he hasn't ripped anyone off. So uh, I'd, I'd much he, rather see David Baker win than any kind of scammer or thief. So. Like Chino Reem, if he won the gold for what is he? What is he's he's American and what's his what's the, the Asian nationality? Uh, is he Chinese, I, Korean? I think he's Korean, but I don't know. Vietnamese? Yeah, I think he is Korean. Yeah. I'm hmm. not sure either. Now closing this week's uh, poker fraud alert Olympic recap. Have either one of you followed this? What's now seems to be turning into this scandal with these swimmers that claim they were robbed. This yes. Really, it took a very intriguing turn. Today yes, it did. That, that is interesting to me. The, that, the that, one guy who got the gold, the, what is it, Lotch, Ryan Lotch, yeah, he yeah. fled, but, and he's back home. They can't touch him. The other two tried to get out of Dodge this morning, <laughs> and they stopped him right on the plane on the tarmac in Brazil. 
I'm not making this up. Now. Yeah, I know. I was reading about it. That's actually very interesting to me because that has the I whole think like something's going to come of this. Yeah, I that, that has the whole like the truth. Yeah, that has the whole scam and and scandals and fraud ad- aspect to it that I'm always fascinated by. So yes, uh, but we don't have no Olympic freestyle swimming scams, scandals, and frauds site, do we? No, but we can we can make that an extension of our site. So, right. but yeah, definitely this is an interesting story where they claim that they were mugged, and in fact, uh, Lodge claims he had a, a gun to his face. And yep. and then the it's unraveled. Well, there's more than that. That that they were mugged, but they were pulled over by a by police oh, that weren't really police. That's that right. Were fake dressed poli- as police. That's right. That fake weren't police. Really police. Po- right. Fake police pulled them over. That's right. And and since then it's starting to unravel that it's really yes. looking like they just made the whole thing up, in, including like uh, a lot of Today, valuables w- weren't taken that would have been if they were being robbed, and and also they were they were. There's videos of them right afterwards just kidding around, having fun with each other, and no one looks the slightest bit traumatized. Now, today, the one, the Ryan kid, the, the non Phelps uh, swimmer, said that they weren't pulled over and they were robbed when they were parked at a gas station. <laughs> that was her. And the lawyer for, you know, the, the, the swimmer spun it and said, Well, you know what? If any of you Brazilians were over here and you got robbed, you wouldn't remember every slight detail either, you know? But this, to me, smells like something major is going to come out. Within a week, it's going to be, I'm so sorry we lied, but we couldn't. So I, it just it smells fishy to me now. Yeah, yeah, something very. isn't right. It's it's fishy, but what possible reason do these hookers. Yeah, We were talking about hookers. this. Hookers. Brazilian oh, hookers. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That actually Brazilian wait, hookers. Wait, that's what, what, I, of sense. what do you mean by yep. a Brazilian hooker? You think they got robbed by hookers? No, I think they're, maybe they were with hookers or somewhere they shouldn't have been, and they made all this up. To, to, I mean, it just, but why would they make this up? But, but no one caught them anywhere, so why would they make this up? About something just doesn't seem right. No, I agree with why? you. I agree with it, you. It's it just, not maybe the hookers took their money. No, I I think they just made it up completely for attention because of all. I those... mean, look, look, it's the it's it, it maybe that's the case. It's the Olympics. Yeah, but these for, guys are winning for, medals. They're already getting a ton of attention. They don't need that. Yeah, they but the, yeah, there's all for, this, there's all these stories about the Rio Olympics being unsafe. So I well, listen, this is what happened. A special federal prosecutor went before a judge today and got an order to have their passports confiscated. Now, on such a huge worldwide stage, you really think they're just going to do this because their story – I mean, there's something there that they suspect or have proof of that hasn't been made public. I mean, they went before a judge today and had these guys' passports confiscated, and that's what they did. Then they went to the airport with this warrant and literally took their passports from them. And these yeah. guys were forced to stay in Brazil. Yeah, the um, watch got it, away. It, it, I mean, you don't think they have some sort of intel? Are yeah. things that fucked up down there that they're just doing this, you know, based on a hunch because their stories aren't all exactly the same? Well, it, it could be that it is a foreign country, but yeah, it's 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 also very possible that they there is more. And I and I I'm with you. I think this is BS, and I think it is going to come out that uh, they made all or most of this up. I, I think so too. But let's. Try to theorize real fast. I mean, like Kalawat said, it would. I don't think it would be because of attention, because they're, they're all over the, the. I mean, the one guy that had, you know, the Ryan kid won fucking a gold. If it wasn't for Phelps, he'd be the most decorated U.S. swimmer of our generation. You know, but he still yeah. is a gold. It. it I, I don't. I can't see it being. I, for I can because because maybe this, they got blackmailed. Just something. No, just I, I think seem... it's attention because I think this adds to the story. Even even though he was already famous and and he was successful at the Olympics, this adds to the story. People start talking about him. This makes him more famous. This makes him. I mean, when he claimed he was mugged, that was the the front page news on on all the websites. 
So, so you know what they did with those uh, U.S. men's basketball players and the women? They were smart, especially the men. They were smart. They put them on a cruise ship and they locked them up. Yeah, they yeah. Take them out. They play the basketball. They take them back to the ship. I thought that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> They're all, they don't even associate with the rest of society down there. They're on a ship. Yeah, a cruise ship. That was interesting. That, I I didn't think that would be viable, but yeah, that's that's actually a good idea because the you can. And there are no shootouts in the clubs. You don't see. You know what I'm saying? You yeah, and, see... and they're pretty secure. It's very hard to break into one of those things. Right. If you got I mean, I would probably guess there's soldiers guarding that ship they're on. Yeah. You know. So I anyhow, I, I I'm going to state for the record, and I've been wrong, of course, many many times. I think this is all going to start coming apart in the coming days. That there's You're... probably not going to be a robbery, and there's probably going to be an apology, and they're probably going to go on like uh, uh, the View or something, and they're all going to be remorseful and crying and. And, you know, apologetic and saying that we made a mistake and second chances and then Bob Costas will get involved and then it'll go from there. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I don't know exactly what it is, but it, it would make sense if something something embarrassing happened and they yeah, needed they were, to cover up for it. Like somehow, they were titty fucking you know? the transsexual Brazilian hooker or something. Yeah, it just got to so be what, happening all over the place down there. No. Something just yeah. doesn't – maybe they gang raped her. The point I'm making is you don't yeah. go to the Bahamas and you don't go to Brazil. And you heard that on the Poker Fraud Network. You don't go to the Bahamas because of the concentration camps. And then in Brazil, they'll just take your passport and say you have to stay. Well, I think you're another, right. I think there may be more to this because, uh, you know, I know that they were getting some pressure from uh, the people in Brazil who felt that these guys had kind of slandered their country. Uh, because of the inconsistencies, so maybe they felt some pressure. But still, they, you're right. They're not going to just confiscate these Americans' passports. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I hate to say it like this because it does sound pompous and arrogant, but on, like, the grand stage, you know, they're not going to fuck with the U.S. unless – I mean, they're not just sitting there like, well, you know what? He said a little bit different story than the other, so let's just go before a federal judge. Like, that's a big deal what they did today. They literally, I mean, you know what I mean? And everyone knows. And so I just, I truly, from the bottom of my heart, my gut tells me that there is more that they know that they haven't released yet to the public. Well, it, it also could just be that it, it's not just a small inconsistency. It could, uh, they may not be holding a smoking gun proof or, or a bombshell that we don't know, but they well, just from the interviews, they could just have a very, very strong feeling enough to where they think there's almost a 0% chance that this really happened because so many there's so many inconsistencies. And well, that, look at it, Druff, look at it like this. Why try to put yourself in that kid's perspective, the Ryan kid, said at first his first interview and statement to the police was that a gun was pointed to his head yeah then he recanted that and said a gun was just aimed at him and then they recanted that they were pulled over by a uh you know a police car but what they thought was a police car now they were parked in a gas station i mean though even in the peril of being robbed and you know what i've had a gun one time put to my head i have yeah i, I, remember, I, I remember the story i, I mean that, and even as traumatic as it was, and you know, it was. You're gonna sit and say, "Oh, whatever," but it was. It was very traumatic to me. It took, you know, I mean, it wasn't like I needed to go to therapy or, you know, I was, you know, Joy Center. in hiding. No, but I mean, <laughs> it, it, it was like wow. Like it just kind of took away a little bit of innocence of safety that I just felt of, of just walking around, right. you know, just earth. You know, I don't. I remember everything very, very vividly. You know, so for them to say that because you know there was a gun pointed at them that they forgot i mean how can you how can three different individuals all go from we were pulled over 
by another, you know, by a cop car that really wasn't a cop car to now being parked at a gas station. And then that's where it happened. It just, it, it, yeah, it's, you know, it's too it much, right. Well, it's, they it's did too say much they were change. drunk as fuck and they're, you know, there was an hour missing too, apparently. And so some of the, they were caught on various cameras and their, their, their time was, time frame was off by an hour or so. I mean, it I could be know. something as, it could be something as stupid as they had a curfew that they needed to be back by and maybe they missed it. I, I don't know, but it just seems like they're lying and they're covering something up. It just, yeah, and again, I, I don't it. think that, that the, a, a special Brazilian prosecutor would go before a federal judge unless they had more info than what yeah. they're releasing. It just, you know, it, it's true. They don't, do they want to, you know, now the, the U S ambassador is involved with this. I mean, it, they don't want to fuck with America. I mean, it's the truth. Right. They don't, they don't want to embarrass themselves. And so, you know, it's interesting. Hopefully, I, I, I would guess by next radio show, we would have a better understanding of what occurred, I think. And the fact that they all try to flee like that so fast, like the Ryan kid got out of there right away. And, you know, they said that they quickly packed up their things. The other two swimmers and tried to leave early this morning, uh, yeah. you know, it basically tried to get away, you know, before they had to talk to the, you know, they didn't want to talk to the police. That's basically what what they said, that, you know, they, they were uncooperative and wouldn't really answer their questions. So. Anyhow, it is, it is intriguing, and this could very well be the story of the Olympics. You know, it could turn out to be something scandalous, <laughs> or it could turn out to be nothing. You know, yeah, but I, I, yeah I, I think it will be. I think we're going to get more. Yeah. Okay, so Cal, watch. You, you need uh, you need to go to sleep, and uh... yeah, yeah. Sorry, Brandon sucked me in with the Olympic thing. I know, buddy. I, I'm good <laughs> at doing that. Hey, listen. Thanks for uh, tag teaming me in and out and being on tonight. And, All right, guys. And... Okay, thank you, Cal. What? Take it easy, and I'm going to be listening to you while I pass out. All right, good All right. Later. He's but, a good kid. He is. And by the way, the, the speaking of bad names, remember uh, Anurag Dixit? Mm-hmm. Party Poker. Was that the guy from Party Poker? Yep, the owner of Party Poker, one of the owners. He was Indian, wasn't he? Yeah, the Dixit. Yeah. It was actually spelled name. D-I-K-S-H-I-T. Mm, you know, I meant to mention this to you. I know, uh, I think it was last week while I was listening before I called in, you spoke of... Bovada being number two in you know the, in in terms of volume of of online poker, uh, party poker is actually number number two. Poker stars, I, I don't remember the name, but there's that site that measures the traffic. Yeah, poker, you know, no, poker Scout was showing a, a Bodog was second. Okay, I saw that they were that they were number three. That's odd. Oh, you know, yeah, it's, it, actually, is is eight 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 and party the same player pool or no? Yes, it is. Oh, okay, it's that's why. That's why. So it's number three. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's the same they talk about. They show you, you know, WSOP in New Jersey and in Vegas. So whatever that site was, that's what it. it well, no, I, I knew that. I knew eight 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 party was combined in uh, in the U.S. I didn't know if they were the same in. Uh, yeah. Yeah, out, out in, in the rest of the world. Okay, so uh, let's see here. What else we have? Um, so Negreanu with that stupid uh, prop bet thing, he he actually uh, he claims. He what got, were they? What were they? What were they? Uh, they were, I, I missed that. It part was some kind price. of complicated thing, but it was all based upon flops. You 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 list ten flops you think are going to come up, and every time one of your ten comes they, up, you you say they they did that. I know exactly what you're talking about. They did that on season three through five of High Stakes Poker, and what ended up happening it was you know one of the reasons why high stakes poker was successful i'm talking about on the game show network was because of the interactions and the talking and and you know amongst players and it got so excessive that they had to ask them to stop doing this or at least talking about it if you start watching season 3 4 and 5 they were more concerned with what the flops were 
than the actual hands themselves <laughs> because they were gambling that high. Um, I, I, I know that obviously you're very, very, uh, frugal and, and, and responsible when it comes to that kind of stuff. Have you ever done any sort of flop betting, whether it's, you know, simple like red flop, black flop? No, I've actually never, of... I've never done it. Okay. You know, it's funny, even in, in well, in Las Vegas, you know, you'll see this at the Bellagio, these side bets. Do you actually know that for one play, for player A and player B to make any sort of wager like this, it's actually against Nevada state law? Yeah. That if a casino actually sees you a four person supervisor, that they're supposed to, you know, stop it right away. If they let it go on, they can be fired, they can be fined, the casino can be fined. Well, I know that's why I, the Iceman got in trouble with his coin flipping thing. So. Uh-oh, I think yeah. we're uh, oh, you still No, there? I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. So yeah, anyway, he he lost 436,000, but then he claimed afterwards that uh, that he was making some of it back that he made uh uh he said his 86k back and uh then I th- I think he got most of the 436k back, but uh Wow, I don't know. Well, you know what? He, I mean, even with his kind of money, that has to hurt. No, it has he to doesn't hurt. have that. He doesn't have that kind of money. No, I didn't think. I thought four thirty. I mean, you know, yeah. even if he has ten million or even fifteen million to his name, losing four hundred thousand—that's like what? What is that? What percent would that be of like twenty million? That's like two percent, three percent of someone's net worth. I mean, you know what I mean? That's a large. No, no, four, four, that'd be five percent. So yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, it, so he can't. I don't even think he has twenty million. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, you know, he's, he obviously does very well, but I'm just saying that's got to be, you know, that hurts. That's, that's no, it definitely too much hurts. for... Actually, I guess he yeah. didn't get it all back. I guess he, he says he got 86K back. That was on August 10th. And I don't know what's happened since then. But, uh, yeah, so I guess that they're doing that there in the high limit room again. And let's see. What else we got for today? Oh, uh... Two plus two, Brandon. Have you seen the clickbait ads? If not, you should. I'm, I'm going to be honest. You, I haven't been on two plus okay. two since the World Series. Okay, go right now. I want to, you're going to laugh at this. Oh, I'm on my phone. Okay, well, I, I can still do no, it. No, no, you can't do it. I don't know if it'll show on the phone. Oh, then I can't do it. Okay, okay. Well, Tell me about it. it. I couldn't believe this. Now, as you know, two plus two lost a major, major sponsor in Poker Stars with that Poker Cast thing. A lot of money was coming in from that. So Mason obviously is feeling the pain from this. And something has been authorized on 2 plus 2 that I think is just just really embarrassing for them to have and really makes them look bad. Now, they've always been a little bit unethical with some of the ads they take from some of these sleazy poker rooms. Like, they ran lock ads for way too long. Not as long as something like Card Player, but they kind of were they were stretching it to, like, the very last minute until it would really, really look awful to not to still have it. Whereas Card Player just had it to the very end. Uh, 2 plus 2, they kind of hold on to these ads add contracts until the very, very last minute that that they can drop it and still look like semi-okay. So I've always not liked them for that reason. But this is something different. Uh, I'm sure you've seen on, on Facebook or other places, you're just some crappy web pages, these, these clickbait ads that are very misleading that are trying to get you to click on them to see something which would tend to grab your interest a lot of the times, but if you click on it, you end up seeing something totally different than what they're advertising. Either completely different or it's very misleading what they're saying. Uh, find out like uh, something like uh, um, Hillary is probably going to have to drop out of the election when you read about this. And then you click right. on it and it says, uh, it says uh, 
Hillary might have to drop out of the election uh, if if this claim from an anonymous source that uh, uh, you know that that she accepted such and such money from Saudi Arabia to make this decision, but, you know, it's, it turns out it's like all BS. It's just like from someone who just made up a story about her, and like you're, you're it's frustrated because you you see in big print that you're going to be clicking on what's supposed to be a huge story. And in reality, it's just crap. And sometimes it's sometimes it's worse than that. Sometimes it's like, uh, um, you know, you know, ma- major major news about uh, such the health of such and such celebrity. And so you click on it, and it says, "This celebrity has discovered an amazing new weight loss routine." And, you got, and then of course, that's what they're advertising. So just right. so you see this type of crap on disreputable websites. And even on Facebook, you see this, but not not that Facebook is necessarily disreputable, but that they Facebook gives too much leeway to advertisers to just put themselves there without advertising directly through Facebook. Like they 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 pay Facebook, but there isn't a lot of a lot of a vetting process, and until they get a certain number of complaints, they don't remove it. Like they don't they don't vet each ad going through there very carefully. So you see a lot of that crap on Facebook too. They're, they're actually trying to cut down on that recently. So. Two plus two, I never expected to see that there. But I'm going to go there right now and read it to you. I'm just going to – if you go to any thread on two plus two, and I mean any thread. It doesn't have to be a thread in a specific form. Any single thread. You actually have to go to a thread itself though, not not just the general form. You read any thread on two plus two. You scroll to the bottom. And here's what I see right now. I just went to a random thread. And it'll change every time. Every time you change the page, it'll show something different. Watch the secret to lit winning the lottery revealed. <laughs> Discover how 94% of lotto winners pick their numbers. See how you can do it too. And then on the right side, there's like a picture of a little flame. And then it says 2,540, like, like two, implying like 2,540 people have rated it as hot. And I've seen as high as like eighteen or nineteen thousand for some of the other ads. Here, I'm going to refresh the page. I bet I'll see a different one. This is on two plus two. Yeah, yeah. a different one's coming up now. A picture of Obama. New law cracks down on right to use cash. The U.S. government is trying to restrict your access to cash, but not for the reason that you think. Find out more. And this one has eighteen thousand seven hundred thirty-three hot rating. I'm going to click on it to find out more. So here we go. Since 1979, there have been five major world shocks. This is what comes up, by the way. The fall of the Soviet Union, uh-huh. the collapse of the Japanese stock market, uh-huh. the rise of Muslim terrorism, uh-huh. True. the dot-com bust in 2000. Oh, yeah, that one got me. And mm-hmm. the financial meltdown of 2000. Oh, you can't forget that one. One private research network in Baltimore correctly predicted all these five events. Wow. Well before they happened. And right now, the founder of this network believes we're going to see a sixth right here in the very heart of America. Oh, my gosh. The following Jesus. is a direct message about what's going on. I'm glad Mason's giving us this message here. We yourself. can find this out. Mm-hmm. Please stay tuned. Hi. My name is Bill Bonner. Hi, Bill. Around 35 years ago, I assembled a group of analysts including the former head of the BBC and an Oxford scholar, oh, an Oxford scholar. Wow. to research, expose, and even predict massive world shifts. In 1987, we predicted that the Soviet... So it's, it actually says, urgent public announcement on the top. And uh, so you can imagine where this goes on. So th- th- this is what I clicked on from 2 plus 2, this, this garbage. 
Uh, so here, I'm going to refresh it again. I mean, can you believe they have this crap on the bottom? This, this is That's not like crazy. this is not like just a, an ad for a poker site or or just a general ad to buy things on Amazon.com. Here, Publishers Clearinghouse win five thousand a week. Quote forever. Forever's in quotes. It's never a good sign. All you have to do is enter. This has a hot rating of six thousand six hundred ten. Who who rates these things as hot? I don't know. Enter now. I'm clicking to enter now. Oh, this at least this one really goes to Publisher's Clearinghouse. So they, that's that's the best one I've seen so far. The the other ones have been garbage. Let's uh, let's refresh again. Ah, all right. This is a good one. This is a good one. We better learn about this. CIA Insider. It's all about to come crashing down. <laughs> CIA, CIA insider puts over puts over one million dollars into this survival technique. Whenever it's about a survival technique, you know it's garbage. Says it's the only way to survive the upcoming economic meltdown. A CIA insider is telling us that. Well, thank you, Mason, for letting us know that. I'm going to click on this. Hi, Jim Rickards here. I'm standing in one of the most secure gold vaults in Switzerland, and what I've seen confirms what I wrote in my new just-released book called The New Case for Gold. The book warns of critical dangers that every American should begin preparing for right now. That's why I went ahead and reserved a copy of my new book in your name. I just need to know where to send it. Oh, just need to know where to send it. I know nothing about this. Um, you got me. Uh, it's unbelievable that 2 Plus 2, which is supposed to be a reputable site, has these ads running at the bottom. You see these are all scams. These are all, at best, clickbait, and at worst, just outright scams. And you just, every time you refresh, you get a different one. Uh, there's another published clearinghouse. Let's refresh again. Now that came up. Refresh again, it is... Oh! Is Powerball rigged? That's a good question. Seven-time winner. Someone's won the seven times. I never heard of that. Reveals what to watch out for. Our system cracks the lotto code. And you can win big. This, this is on 2 plus 2. This is unbelievable. So I, I want to bring everyone's attention to this. If you ever respected Mason Malmuth or 2 plus 2, if you ever thought we were a bit too harsh on them, or that uh, Mason's a very ethical guy who donates to tennis charities. Uh, go the take a look. Salamander, what is it called? The Mason and Salamander charity? Yeah, the, right. The Mason and Salamander uh, tennis charity. Yeah, so seriously, go, go to 2 Plus 2, read any thread. Just go to any thread on 2 Plus 2 and scroll to the bottom. I don't know if this will show up on a phone, but on a PC it shows up for sure. And, and just keep refreshing the same page, and you'll see this over and over and over again of different scam things that uh, you can click on to make Mason money. So, you know, I may have just made Mason a little money by clicking on these things, but whatever. It, it was worth to, worth it for this segment. Ridiculous. And uh, to say I would never have this on Poker Fraud Alert is an understatement. But maybe I should put it on, like, April Fool's or something just to screw with people. <laughs> All right. A, a player is suing a New Hampshire casino a poker room because a cash box there fell on his foot. We're using no, it's not East Coast Scott, is it? He's been injured on. Yeah, that's right. His foot got hurt too. Maybe I, I better 
be quiet. We may be bashing Scott here, but uh, he's actually in Maryland. Uh, New Hampshire, po- uh, New Hampshire poker room. Let me get to this this exact story. Where is this here? It's a funny story, actually. Uh, where is it? I was at least wants to show you lose. Uh, right, agenda. I was going to say at least uh, the agenda or the stories I'm going to. Here we are. Uh, a poker player from Salem, Massachusetts, is suing Rockingham Gaming LLC after an employee dropped a cash box on his foot during a poker game. Now, Justin Tyndall filed the lawsuit with Rockingham County Superior Court after the incident took place at the Rockingham Park Poker Room, which is in New Hampshire, in April 2015. The lawsuit states that Tyndall's foot ended up battered and bruised when an employee came to collect the cash box and during the motion of releasing it from the poker table, dropped it on his left foot. (laughs) Now, Now, here's my favorite part. Tyndall is said to have suffered, quote, serious and permanent damage to his foot. It's causing great pain and suffering and emotional distress. <laughs> now, look, if his foot was really injured badly, then I would understand. But supposedly it was just uh, battered and bruised. Or maybe, maybe that's just the, the language in this article. But if that's all that happened, he can't really be claiming this. Uh, the lawsuit claims the employee in question was careless and negligent. The poker player is attempt- attempting to claw back what he states are losses through medical expenses and loss of earning potential. Do they really use the term claw back? That's what this article says, yeah. Jesus. But it, what he states are losses through medical expenses and loss of earning potential. Now, how does – earning potential? If he's a poker player, what – he doesn't need to use his feet. Is he one of these – is he like that – remember that guy who played the World Series with his feet because he had no arms? Yes, uh, William Rockwell. Is is it the same guy? That, I don't know. That's the guy that played with his feet. Maybe it's him because I, I, if your feet are hurting, why can't you play poker? I don't get it. He had no uh, arms, so he had his – Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, if, if I William, if, it's amazing how I remember the name right away. Like, if William Rockwell could play with his feet, why can't this guy play with his hands? So uh, not to mention the fact that he now has to limp through life with a, quote, permanent and partial disability and disfigurement. So uh, it could be probably as William. I mean, how many no f- hand foot playing poker players are they? No, but it's probably not. I think it's just this guy. Is, he, they always do this in these lawsuits. <laughs> they you have to claim some kind of loss, and you can't just. Let's if it's see. Just, so so what this guy with no, it's, it's this Tyndall guy. It's that Justin Tyndall. I said his yeah. name. So this Justin Tyndall. I'm sure what he's trying to say is that his foot hurts so much he can't even stand to walk to the card room. Some BS like that. Now, Brandon, have you been at the Commerce before and been hurt by the cash box under the, under the table? I've had I've had that happen to me so many times in various casinos that I, I, I unless I have to, I won't even sit in the one or the nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I just I don't even want to be near. Well, Commerce that. padded it at least. That's improved it somewhat. I bang. I still bang against it, but it's not as bad anymore. But I had some real painful ones where, like, I like just like lean like I fold my cards. I'm like, okay, I'm out of this hand. I lean back really fast. Like, Oof, ah. And it's like a sharp corner, just like right into my leg. Especially if you're wearing shorts, it's especially uh, painful. But uh, I never. If seen you, you know, it's funny if 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 you actually look at if you Google William Rockwell, Google William Rockwell. 
okay. poker and then click on the hand and mob. <laughs> they have his picture with him betting with his feet. <laughs> That's his profile <laughs> picture. <laughs> just Google it. Google okay. William, William Rockwell and then go to the hand and mob. I mean, it's just, come on. <laughs> Do you see it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I think that's like the only event that was his best cash. Yeah, he, he, he's cashed in two tournaments. The last <laughs> one was nine years ago. Oh my god! Would, would it bother you to play with someone at the table who's using their feet to play? It, it probably would. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it bothered me too. I wonder what ever happened to him. If you look, go down the Google Images, and it just shows. Yeah, it's looking they're at all it. just. That's what I'm looking at right now. They're all just his feet. You know I what mean, this guy should do? This guy should uh, join like foot fetish websites, and uh, it's too bad he's not female. Like I think a female playing with her feet, I think she could make good money. If you go down to Google Images, tell me if you see this. It's the third, fourth one over. It's called CasinoForum.net, and he's with a looks relatively pretty blonde woman that has golden palace dot com yeah i see that. on her breast yes. and cleavage and he's sitting him next, with her he's sitting he's next smiling like he's a pen you see his little what do you call that like a little like a shrug like his you see his arm like i would even call that it's not an arm it's like a little nub yeah it looks like his his, his arm just atrophied where it's like oh my okay and then if you go two more over this is ridiculous this is where it has to end he has golden com on his foot yeah, I okay. saw that. I saw that. While he's b- looking at his cards. I mean, come on. Can you rem- <laughs> like, remember this is how poker was? At the, like, yeah. In like 2006, like, they're actually, they're actually uh, sponsoring well, a guy's feet. Golden yeah. Palace is actually buying space on a guy's feet. All right. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Hey, Todd. Hey, it's Scott, isn't it? Is this you, Scott? Put this guy with me. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, Scott. All right. Put this. Hey, what's up, Brandon? Um. So I had a nightmare that they amputated my other knee. Uh-oh. And uh, I'm just thinking, if you put this William Rockwell guy with me, I can roll up in the wheelchair and grab out his buy-ins when he needs a rebuy every single time. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's right? You two I mean, can be house, like a... House does, he, house does he hold Does he hold up the table every time? And he, says, he goes busto and he's go, hey, I need the rebuy. <laughs> and they look true. at him like, where are you going to reach and get it from? Well, at least that's why he plays ter- tournaments. Maybe that's why he's a tournament player. He doesn't have to rebuy. And what happens if you have, like, some fungus or something? You can't play a two-round panel. What, what do you get if you have athlete's foot? <laughs> Wait, what if you need Lamisol I mean, and you have a, a toenail fungus? I guess it's a sport for him if he's got athlete's foot. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, yo, Brandon, I got I to gotta ask you, man. Yes. Wagyu beef. Wagyu beef. What about it? Have you ever ordered it? Have you ever ordered it it online? I've never ordered Wagyu beef online, no. What what company are you going with or are you thinking of going with? I'm considering uh, Allen Brothers. Hmm. I'm not familiar with them. I mean, Wagyu. Is is there no Wagyu beef anywhere near you? Is that why you're ordering it or you just want to cook at home? Or is it because of your disability? It's a little bit of everything. I mean, you know, I've been craving it since Vegas. Um, didn't get it out there. Uh, having my birth, having a big birthday celebration out here for me and the wife since we're only, since we're about a week apart and just figured, you know what? Go big time one time. So try some Wagyu beef. Give it to I can't even, what, I can't even imagine what would the cost be. It has to be astronomical. Ah, 
I don't even want to tell you. A Wegman <laughs> is over sixty dollars. Wegman's is over sixty dollars a pound. So I'm not even going to go to Wegman's and get it. That's why I'm thinking of doing it online. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh... But it's uh, it's good double digits. I'll tell you that. I mean, if if Truff had to break out his Jew wallet, he'd probably feed me and the wife again and you. But I mean, as many people as I'm having, there's no chance. I mean, it's making it's making me sweat. Uh, let's see here. I mean, I'm looking at Snake River Farms, which got really good reviews. Yeah, it doesn't seem that pricey. I wonder if this is actually uh, certified Wagyu. That's what uh, I'm wondering, too, by trying out one of these online sites. Todd, I, mean, I got to ask, if you if you were going to get it, what would be the top you'd spend? I, I don't even know. I, I, I'd be kind of afraid to get it online, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've, in fact, it's a user from PFA that sent me twice uh, steaks from the, oh, the Omaha steaks, and they've always come out great. Um, that's the only, to be honest, and I've had some other, you know, people for holidays or whatever birthdays celebrations send me. Uh, you know, I, I've had I've had steaks come before many times, and they've always been fine. In fact, this past spring, I think it was, C Money uh, sent me some stone crabs from, from uh, Florida, from South Beach. And they arrived, and they were amazing. And they were already cooked. You just, you know, had to open them up. They already had, like, the, the sweet mustard sauce and came with the cracker, you know, the, the shell cracker, everything. And and they're known for that. But, you know, shipped with dry ice, and, it, I mean, it was amazing. And I'll tell you, anyone that loves seafood, and you really can only get this – if you live on the East Coast or if it's a real, real exquisite seafood restaurant, uh, before Joe Stonecrab opened up in the forum at Caesars, there was no place to, uh, there was no reliable place to ever eat stone crabs. And stone crabs, if, if you don't know, if you're unfamiliar with that name, if you were going to grade the, the crab family, you know, like king crab, blue crab, snow crab, by far snow crab is, is the top of the line in, in the crab family. You mean stone it's amazing. Crab. It's not a stone crab, yeah. It's, no, it's, no, it's, no, no, no. You got to come to Maryland and have steamed crabs from Maryland. I, no, I, well, I, but I'm talking about a specific kind of crab. I'm not. I'm talking just not how it's done or cooked, but just the, the taste, the way the meat, you know, the, the the juiciness and the flavor of the meat. And the season for stone, snow or stone crabs are only available. You're only allowed to farm them uh, fresh, or even you know get them from the sea from October until May every year. And then the rest of the year, you know, if I went to Joe's right now, it'd be, it, well, what do we, October, October to May, it'd be frozen. You know, and they buy enough just to be able to, you know, sell the reserves. But if you love seafood, especially crab, uh, definitely check it out. I don't obviously get paid any sort of, uh, you know, pr- promotional thing, but go to Joe's Stone Crab's website. You don't have website. an agent for this? No, I don't have an agent. And uh, literally, you can have stone crabs if you order them tomorrow. You know, or later today, meaning what's today? Today is Thursday. You could have them by Friday. Hmm. And I've done that. I've done that before, too. I mean, listen, it's expensive. Like a dinner for two people, uh, it's not going to run you any. At least it's going to be 200, 200 change. And that's the minimum you're going to spend. But it's, it's amazing. Something you do, you know, for a treat or a celebration or, you know, if you're balling. But uh, he, I've done it, I don't know, maybe four or five times since I've moved out of Florida. And it's always been amazing. And I'm a big seafood person. I grew up, you know, in South Florida, 
uh, used to fish, you know, a lot when I was young with my grandfather you know, for marlin and swordfish, kingfish, I mean, snapper, grouper, you name it. Uh, but I don't know that, you know, if you order this Wagyu online, definitely, you know, give us a report. I, I, I've never even thought, you know, there's so many places here in Vegas. I could just have it freshly prepared and made. I've never really thought of a need, you know, and I don't cook much at home. So, you know, would you just take a Wagyu, you know, a hundred dollar Wagyu steak? when you and, order out every show. Yeah. I mean, would you You're take a Wagyu good. steak and just throw it on a barbecue outside or is that it's so thin? Would it just tear it up? I don't know. And I wouldn't even know how to cook a Wagyu steak. I mean, Druff, you don't cook much, do you? Not that much, no. Yeah, so if someone sends you a Wagyu steak, are you going to know what the hell to do with it? No, I'd have to read online what to do. Yeah, 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 same thing. So, but as I've attested to before, on you know, it's without a doubt the best quality meat I've ever had. And it's very, very pricey. Um, but when you have that, it's kind of hard just to go back to like Outback or just some sort of generic <laughs> steak. Well, no, I mean, I'm just saying it, it's, you know, even, you know, like even now, like, you know, to me, I got bored. I don't even think there is one in Vegas anymore, but we used to have, we used to have two Ruth Chris's and I mean, Ruth Chris is even around. I think they went either bankrupt or at least at the very least or out of, out of Las Vegas, but we used to have two Ruth Chris's. In Vegas, one was on Paradise by the Hard Rock, and the other was on West Flamingo by the Bombs. Yeah, I've been to both. And what what was good about it, you know, it was Ruth Chris was never a place that we would just go to like at seven o'clock or eight o'clock at night. But they were open, I think, during the week until at least two a.m. And then on the weekends, they were open to four. So if it's midnight or it's one a.m. and you want, you know, and you know, this is something that that it's funny that you that this has come up because you kind of touched on this. And some post I read, I don't remember what it, what it was, but I remember reading it and thinking how how correct you were. And it is a big conception, a big big misconception, excuse me, that if you live in Las Vegas, uh, that you have literally every option in terms of food available to you. Uh, you used to. A lot has changed. When I moved out here uh, in two thousand and one. Um, you know, I, I'd been out here many, many times before that, uh, you'd be hard pressed not to find something that you liked at any hour of the night. I mean, it, it, but now just, I guess part of it's the economy, part of it's, the, what was that? <laughs> hey, I'm <laughs> sorry. I hit a button. Some, when some I, oh, him. Beep, beep. I, thought I, I thought I timed out tough. part of it's probably oversaturation of the market, but the majority of casinos and people are going to be kind of shocked in Vegas. Don't even have a 24 hour coffee shop anymore. Back when I moved here in 2001, every casino had some sort of full service 24 hour coffee shop. Some of them were exquisite. The Bellagio, for instance, although it's still, or, you know, maybe it's not anymore. It used to be 24 hours and they went that to like, you know, uh, this half fast menu. But when I moved out here, although it was expensive, um, it, it, it was, it equaled like a low end fine dining restaurant, the quality. And this is a coffee shop. It was that good. And this is, like I said, 15 years ago, I haven't been there in quite some time. The wind as well. When the wind first opened up, you could go there at two, three in the morning and, and get a really good steak or some fish or shrimp. Um, now it, it's actually funny if, if you want to eat really good food after, you know, late night hours, you have options, but you have to, for the most part, leave uh, the kids, you know, leave the strip. Um, you know, which it, it, it's very, very strange because Vegas used to be known, you know, 
in the late eighties and the nineties for it's, it's cheap eating. And it, the 24 hour, like you, I remember when I was a kid and I'd go to the sands and I stayed at the sands and I'd eat, you know, snow crab and, or surf and turf, you know, lobster, lobster tail, and like a steak for like five or $6. I mean, do you remember those days, Druff? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's totally different now. And totally everything's, different. you know, gourmet, everything's, you know, a chef from, you know, the, the, the food network or, you know, what have you. But, um, it's not like that. I mean, it's, it's one in the morning and, you know, I'm like, well, I have in and out. If I'm hungry, I have, I have in and out. Uh, we're losing Brandon. Brandon, you there? Hello? Yeah, you just came back. Yeah, you just, we lost should you for I, a second. Should I call back? No, no, it's been good for a long time. I wouldn't mess with it. Now maybe we should. <laughs> You're cutting. I don't hear you again. Yep, we lost Brandon. Scott, you still here? I'm still here. What's going on? Okay. So yeah, we, we lost Brandon. He'll come back when... We just had Skype issues the whole night. I don't even think it's on his end. I think it's just... Skype. I got a warning. I just opened up a beer, so okay. I might be up for... The next hour, if you need me, I'm not going to pull a trade Erskine on you or anything. Okay, yeah, that's it's tough. I mean, we've uh, I've had a co-host the whole time. I've, I've had uh, three co-hosts at one point, but we. It's uh, impressive. I, I usually think I'll be going at this alone when I start the show this late. Now you're all the way in the East Coast. It's already uh, six a.m. there. Yeah, I got uh, I just got physical therapy. I'm kidding about the beer. I actually have physical therapy in about an hour, two hours. I'm sorry, yeah. six o'clock. Yeah, two hours. It always makes me feel like I'm staying up so late when people on the East Coast are talking about starting their day, even if it's still dark here, which it is right now. But Oh, I mean, I'm not even starting my day. I've actually been up all night. You okay, know, I texted you at, well, I think, one thirty in the morning, so I've been up for three and a half hours. I'll go to physical therapy. I'll go back to sleep, and who knows what I do the rest of the day. All right. So, you know, so disability thing. Brandon, can we, can we uh, hear you now? Brandon. Oh, uh, boy, not this again. All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna. Oh, Brandon, you there? I, I I have to think it's a Skype issue. It, it is, it is a Skype. A, it's got to be a Skype. Okay. Issue. It's I'm on a phone. I'm not even on my computer. Yeah. But, it's, it's just uh, certain people. It's just like certain connections of people are not working out tonight. To to recap real fast what I was saying, when I first moved here, and I worked in the casino business, uh, I worked on swing shifts. So uh, I would work. Half half my shifts were like 6 p.m. to 2 p.m., and this was at the Suncoast. And then I think another two days a week I worked 7 to 3 a.m. So you get off at 2, 3 a.m., and, and you know, I'll tell you, I talked about the casino industry last week, and, and that's you know, something I didn't touch on, and I'll kind of mention it real fast. If you work in any casino, uh, you, you don't have to bring or pay for your own food. Every casino in Las Vegas – uh, the food is provided. There's what's called an EDR. Um, and usually the level of food that you'll get in, you know, EDR stands for, uh, obviously, employee dining room. Uh, usually the level of food, the quality that you'll get is on par with what kind of casino or, or how high end the casino is. Meaning if you're working at a crappy casino downtown, you know, the, the food isn't going to be great. Versus if you're working at the Wynn or the Aria, the food is going to be much better. In many cases... Uh, the food literally is coming right off from the buffet. It, it, you know, at the like at the Bellagio, if there are leftovers, you know, when they close, and you know, the food isn't bad, they'll bring it to the buffet. Um, Brandon, so that's how one much th- work in Section Eight then? It, it's that bad, huh? <laughs> oh, Brandon, we got to pay for our food. Wow, you got to eat if you didn't have to. Wow, pay. no, there's no. I mean, we've got an old plan. We've got an old. We've got an old plan of Hollywood and. 
uh, GM and a GM from Rio that came out to be the assistant GM. So we got to pay for our shitty food that I'd rather eat dog food to be, I'm just being honest. <laughs> I mean, well, sorry, keep going. No, 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 no. You're fine. Um, you know, the one thing and I really am not coming out, you know, this may sound racist, but it's not, it truly isn't. It's the truth. But in my experience, places I've worked, the majority of the food is Mexican because there's a high proportion of Mexican employees. Now, when you say, why would there be a high proportion of Mexican employees? Because you have to remember, you know, the dealers compromise or, or make up a very, very small part of the casino in general. Um, but there, you know, when you talk, when you talk about porters, at least in Vegas, housekeepers, um, you know, but even bartenders, there's a, a very high majority of Mexicans. So, you know, that's a commonly, I remember just getting so sick of Mexican food that I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like I just, you know, I wouldn't eat some nights at work. Anyhow, I digress. So back in the day, you'd get off work at two, three in the morning and you'd be hungry. Now, one thing about Vegas is, you know, you could always find food. It might not be great food, but there there has to be 300, if not more, bars and taverns that are 24 hours in Vegas, and all of them serve food. But, you know, they're all bar food, you know, chicken wings, nachos, burgers, things like that. But I get off at 3 in the morning, and every once in a while, I would crave a certain kind of food, and I would go to the Gold Coast, of all places, because they were known for serving a ethnicity of food. I'm going to ask both of you to guess. Now, this has long been gone, so it's not like this anymore, but they were literally known within this city. Like, they'd win the best of award, and people, you know, that, that were locals would talk about it like it was a hidden gem. What do you think the sun, or the Gold Coast offered? Chinese? No other, yes. They had amazing Chinese food, and they had, you know, oh, late man, night menus. Oh, man, I was going to get soul food for some reason. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, but they had amazing, like a really good, authentic Chinese food. And, you know, it's 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning, and you want, you know, Chinese food, you know, you'd go there. But what ended up happening is, you know, Boyd Gaming took it over, and this was in their coffee shop. And they turned it into uh, a normal uh, coffee shop that didn't cater, you know, didn't have Chinese anymore. And then they eventually turned it into a TGI Fridays, which is what it is now. Um, Other than that, like right now, you know, there, there are a number of 24-hour Vietnamese places. The, one, the most popular by far is called Kim Pho Long. It's in Spring, on Spring Mountain in, in uh, Spring Mountain in Asian or, or Chinatown. And if you want, you know, the soups or any sort of Vietnamese delicacy, 24 hours. There's also a Korean barbecue, which Druff, you and I have eaten there. Yes. I, I, yeah. And that's there are a number of those that are 24 hours. But it used to literally be that you know you could get anything you wanted. As you know from the Rio, for instance, a lot of casinos now don't even have room service 24 hours. If you're at the Excalibur right now and you're staying there and you're hungry, you have a McDonald's and you have like a little sandwich shop. It's kind of like a Subway, but not. That, that, those are your choices to eat. There's no room service. And I think it's probably the same for uh, what's the one next to it, uh, the Luxor. Um, Gold Coast, if you're staying there now, you have a TGA Fridays. It has like a limited menu and you have a Subway. So it, 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 they've really cut back on food, and I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier in this spiel, I think the only real thing you can attribute it to is, is oversaturation and maybe just, you know, some cost-cutting measures because, uh, you know, it, it, it's just it's severely different from how it was just, you know, you look back and you're like, I remember this, and 
you know, it just seems like forever ago. Uh, but the food really has changed. I mean, and, and these days, like I said, I remember, you know, you used to be able to go to a casino and get steak and lobster for seven ninety nine. They'd actually advertise this. Remember old Vegas on the marquees? They would advertise these specials. You see it like in bright lights. Yeah, yeah. Like a quarter mile away. And all that's changed. I mean, a family of, of three or four, you go you know, to any casino and you go to an actual coffee shop, you're going to pay probably $100. And it's yeah, not going it to it, be great food. Right. It won't they, be great food. They've taken uh, – they've decided to make profit centers out of all these restaurants instead of making them just uh, a loss leader for the gaming. So that's – and that's – I don't see that changing because – uh, Vegas, the complexion of Vegas has changed, and and where the the income streams are, and they they don't want to derive the entire income stream from the gaming. So now they now they are trying to make money, and they do make money from the hotel and the restaurants. And you know, at some of these places, if if you go and you have breakfast in a coffee shop, and you just get your standard breakfast of you know, say two eggs, some potatoes. And, you know, a piece of meat, whether it's ham, bacon, sausage, you're looking at 15 to $20 in some cases for something that would cost you four or five bucks at, you know, Denny's or, you know, how much, I mean, what, right. what is that, the overhead? That, that does irritate me because it's very, it's very irritating because you, that, I really try to avoid the late night dining in Vegas for that reason, because as you said, the food's not that good and, and they're, they've jacked up the prices simply because they're on the strip and not much is open. So that's uh, I, I I've always hated in general with anything where you're paying a lot and not getting much. Where you're just you're paying more just because of the time you're you're getting something, the date you're getting something. You're you're paying a premium simply because of the circumstances of which you're receiving the item, not not the quality of the item. Which, Absolutely. So I, I I've always hated that, and I've always loved the opposite, where you get very good value for something where I'm getting the same thing for much cheaper. Right. Now, again, at the same time, there are a number of 24-hour sushi places in Las Vegas, a number of, like I said, Asian-themed restaurants that are 24 hours. Uh, you know, like I said, Korean barbecue right now, if I wanted to go get a ribeye and some, you know, a jumbo shrimp cooked right in front of me, I could do that. Um, but it, it, the trend of, you know, good quality food in casinos is, is, is taking a downward spiral, so to speak. It's It's not, you know... Like five years ago, even it would have been unheard of for the Rio to stop room service at 11 p.m. And, yes. and now most places are like that. I remember. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that when I heard about that. I remember I was at Mandalay Bay. Uh, this was earlier this year, and I, I was staying there. And I looked at a room service menu. And I think I actually I did radio for Mandalay Bay, and I looked at a room service menu after radio, and there was like six items on it. You know, it was your standard burger, you know, turkey sandwich, chicken fingers. And I'm like, this is Mandalay Bay. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not, you know, the same aura that it had, you know, 15 years ago when it opened. But still, you know, this is Mandalay Bay. This is still a big resort. And the fact they offered five or six items on their menu for room service, uh, you know, another place, uh, Harris. I remember about it was three years ago, at least they stopped serving room service on Graveyard as well. So if a patron is hungry late at night, you have to go to a McDonald's or to a Subway. And uh, I, I, you know, for a town that caters to 24 hours and you know they want their gamblers up all, all night they really don't give you a lot of options you know in terms of good quality food like you used to be able to get like i said i remember eating lobster at three four five in the morning or stay you know the nice with a nice steak you know very affordably you're going and getting like shrimp and lobster sauce at the gold coast for ten dollars and you just can't you know you can't find those options anymore um 
so I don't know. It, it, it you know, I think I, I don't remember the post, but I remember you writing about that being a bit, big misconception about the. Now, if you know, you were talking, you know, f- four or five p.m. till ten p.m. I'll challenge that Vegas is right up there with, with Chicago, New York, L.A. in terms of the quality of food you can get. I mean, people say no, it's not like L.A. New York, but you know what? I, I've eaten in all the cities I mentioned, and I, I the choices here are, you know, if, if you're going to pay that kind of money. Uh, they're right up there with anywhere. I mean, some people even say, I, I don't quite believe this, but some people even claim that Vegas is the culinary capital of the world in terms of just the different kinds of food that you can eat and the quality. And uh, I don't know, you know, Druff, you've been out here a lot. What would you say to someone that claimed that Vegas was a culinary capital? Now, the new culinary capital of the world, would you disagree? Would you strongly disagree? Would you agree? I don't, I, I think it's, it's not, quite there yet but uh, there there are a lot of good restaurants that are that are open there's a lot of uh, top chefs that are opening up restaurants that are associated with them and uh, there's more and more of that happening there's been a big uh, uh, revolution to where you know, Vegas really is becoming more and more of a, a gourmet restaurant town so it, it's getting there and uh, so you have a lot more of that than you did in the past uh, but you also have a lot less good options not even great options, but good options after like 11 p.m. I was looking at some texts, by the way. Of someone corrected the thing about Ruth Chris saying that it is still in Vegas. It's at Harrah's right now. I didn't know that either. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely correct. I remember uh, it was one of those. Do you ever get those Caesars newsletters they send you? They Usually the last page has some sort of coupons on it, but it's about all the Caesars properties. I think they send it out two or three times a year. But anyhow, uh, about four years ago, I remember reading about that. And it's at Harrah's, and that's – I don't know the hours or, you know, the, the, like I said, the good thing about it before was that if you wanted that kind of meal, you know, if you wanted a lobster tail or a filet at 1 or 2 in the morning or the weekends even, you know, much later, you could go there. But it was never a place – I never really liked their steaks. They were, you know, the way they cooked it, they were always really – you know, remember they bring them out, they're all sizzling and – it, just the way they cooked it, uh, I don't know. I, I would never go there as a first choice. I mean, now there's just so many good steakhouse. Hmm? You mean they cook so, them like well done? Is that what you're saying? No, I, I don't. You know, no. You I'm choose the much... way they. He's he's probably talking about the super hot plate that they. That yeah, they yeah, but, on. right. And I never understood how they. Cook I thought it he meant they... that they were like continue to cook them or something. Well, no, that actually no. kind of happened. You I, have I to be careful. With the hot... I got you. They bring them out on a hot plate. It's, it's a very yeah. very yeah. hot yeah. plate. Yeah. You have to be careful, in fact, because that the hot plate can actually further cook the steak uh, while while you're Absolute, eating. It. So, that's happened. To so me. you have Absolutely. to order sometimes a little bit less done than you typically like because expecting it to get a little bit cooked by the plate. Uh, it's, by the way, so someone is seven seven four texted me that uh, I should bet the whole Jew mansion on Diaz on the upcoming fight. I'm hearing a lot of that. Interesting. What what odds is he at right now? I think it was minus one twenty, hmm. minus one thirty. I'll look and I can tell you that's what it was a, a, about two days ago. Uh, or no, it was it was you know it was plus. Hold on, let me look. I haven't. I have not bet on this. I'm kind of torn. I don't I, know. I actually have a, a Harris late, late night dining story from very recently. I don't think I posted it on the forum. I don't think I've talked about it on the radio though. Uh, was this the one with no, not the Matt the Rat story? It was that, the was Matt the Rat story, yeah. Okay, yeah, he talked about this. I thought on radio. Okay, never mind then. I, I thought Let it was only see. a forum thing. Yeah. What What are uh, you know people like when we talk about this stuff? What are some of your favorite restaurants to go to? Whether it's when you're in Vegas, whether it's this pleasure food, comfort food, or 
fine dining. Uh, one, one restaurant I like, uh, fine dining wise, is uh, um, it's it's in the Four Seasons. And uh, I'm sorry, and Diaz is plus one hundred five. McGregor's okay. minus one twenty five right now on Cantor. Okay, no, it's not the Four oh. I meant Mandarin Oriental. It's a, it's one called Twist, yeah. and it's associated with the uh, with, with this uh, Michelin three star chef uh, Pierre Gagnier, who actually personally comes there and, and cooks during uh, certain times of the year. So when when Pierre is around, I'm I, I try to go there if I'm in Vegas. That's that's one that I've uh, gone to a number of times. And, right. Uh, um, I know you like Nobu. I do like I, I do like Nobu. It gets a little expensive, but I, you know, I have a ton of rewards credits, so I just use those over there. And uh, they, they, the only thing with Nobu is you, you have to avoid it when it's a, a busy time, or not have to, but if if you go there when it's busy. There's often a lot of service mistakes. They, there's much more mistakes than there should be there. They uh, they don't have the the best service in that uh, there's a lot of mistakes if it's busy, especially if there's big parties. If there's like a party of 20 next to you, you're going to have terrible service at Nobu. Now, Scott, you spent a, a good deal of time out here this summer. Was there any hidden gems that you found or things or, or places that uh, you would recommend? Dislikes, likes? Um. I believe Todd took me to Mastrianos. Uh, 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 Matarano's, yeah, I took I took you there. Matarano's, I'm yeah. sorry. The wife's awake. Uh, honey, you want to tell me any fine dining places in Vegas you like? No, she likes Burger by Gordon Ramsay. She's a big Gordon Ramsay fan. Wherever she wants to go, because you know I'm that kind of guy. You know what? I went I went to I did go to the Gordon Ramsay Steakhouse once and and it was good. Not not the fail thing they have at Caesars, but the the Gordon the actual steakhouse which I think is in uh Paris. And and that was actually good. That was a good steakhouse and the only thing that I did not like was that they double charged my RCs. And then when I brought it up to them they were I I wouldn't say nasty about it. They weren't nasty but they were very unapologetic like like they didn't give a shit. Like they 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 fixed it, but I didn't get very much apology about it. And uh, but but the the steakhouse itself, I thought was very good. I only went there once, but the Gordon Ramsay Steakhouse, I definitely go back there. And something that uh, something I do like about Nobu that you may want to keep in mind. Something that really tilts me are the New Year's Eve menus. When you go to a restaurant on New Year's Eve in Vegas, yeah. they have a special menu that they jack the price way up and call it a New Year's Eve menu. Uh, it's the, usually a fixed menu, right, or, you know, right. a choice of a fixed menu, right? And and there, it's a horrible value. So the I, I always avoid those, uh, like the I avoid. It's those. New Year's Eve. I mean, it's New Year's Eve. You're really paying just to be there. It's but not... but so I, I found so believe it or not, Nobu, you have an option. You don't have to do that. And Nobu, you can order off the regular menu on New Year's Eve. So well, so, I imagine you would because they have such a wide variety of probably 300 different items. Well, I know, but I'm saying that a lot of places force you to do a New Year's Eve menu. I, I don't. Well, mind right, if, but I would think a sushi place wouldn't as much as most, just because there's so many different things that you could get. Like literally, you Nobu know, probably has 200, 300 different types of fish. You know, oysters, cooked foods. You know, sashimi, nigiri. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. I, yeah, it, I'm just definitely. saying that's that's why when, when like I, I make New Year's dinner plans in Vegas, that's usually where I go for that reason because I don't want uh, I don't want to be stuck with the, one of the and they're really expensive these these New Year's menus and you're getting poor value for them, so and they're like really poor value, not like just a little bit poor value, like terrible value. So, uh, 
I, I in Vegas, a lot of times I, where I go is uh, is dictated by a, a certain factor. I, I bet you can guess what that is, Brandon. What, what factor do you think often dictates where I eat in Vegas, aside from convenience of just being in the hotel? But if you put that aside, the cheap, the cheap factor. Yes, the mm-hmm. the, the comp factor is is, is very big. Oh well, yeah. It, where where I I really don't like that often paying for food. I always want to make sure to get uh, if I can go somewhere that is both a decent value and I can pay with like rewards credits that's a big thing to me or something that has like uh, locals discounts or whatever so that has especially during the World Series you should be you guys would be uh, proud of me but I guess it doesn't matter to you because you're just uh, paying the same markup no matter what but I I really try very hard to keep my expenses down on them in Vegas uh, for the World Series because you know it it gets expensive being there for uh, being at the Rio for all those weeks and weeks playing tournaments, and uh, so I, uh, I I eat very cheaply usually. I find various ways to get food cheap or or free, and uh, I don't uh, I don't spend very much that way at all. And uh, Do you remember we had a comp four hundred dollar. Uh... 15 minute meal we had devoured it because it took so long at the Bellagio yes during one of the <laughs> yes no, had, during the we tournament had, like, we shrimp we had shellfish we had steaks we yes had... And, and then we took a cab back to the uh, to the venue and we ran in and and then we, both of us ran really we were a few minutes late back for the dinner break but then we both ran super well and became the two chip leaders and why did we have to take a cab because I forgot where my car was <laughs> <laughs> I I, I, I I parked it in a different lot. I forget where it was, but I parked it in a different lot. And when we we couldn't find it, so that's well, kind of we couldn't find it. it then I, that's when I said, "Oh crap! I'm in the other lot, all the way across the Rio." So then we realized we didn't have time to walk to it. We, we literally didn't... spent the first twenty to twenty five minutes of our dinner break looking for the car. <laughs> but you know, look, it worked out at least uh, that night because we both ran really well as soon as we came back from there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the next day. Who I... knows if we would have made it on time? We could have had a. Aces versus King scenario or something worse. Yeah, I mean, the first day everything went great. I know the second day you had horrible luck, but yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's let's see. Oh, here, here's, since we're talking about uh, casinos and, and Caesars and stuff, let's it's a good segue to the next uh, topic. So I, I, I've, I have a new series here, which I'm not sure it'll go every week, but I'll at least have it sometimes. It's called the Caesars Fails of the Week, and these are dumb things that are done by Caesars properties or the there, there should be enough to make this a regular segment. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. There's going to be a lot of material for this. So this week, I have three of them. Now, these two of the three didn't happen this week. But uh, since this is a new segment, I, I've and I haven't talked about these before, that they're going to be talked about this week anyway. First thing, Seven Stars members were finally offered something that they've been asking for a long time. In, uh, in 2016, they were offered a new option. Uh, Seven Stars members get to take what's known as an annual trip. The annual trip is you, you, they will pay for your airfare up to $600 per person, and you can take, you can take one guest with you. They have to pay for uh, up to 600 per person, and if it's more than that, you just pay the difference. And a $500 food credit at a, any property that they own of your choice. And the good thing about this, you may say, oh, who, you know, who cares? That's not. That doesn't seem like it's that great. Well, the nice thing about it is, if you pick somewhere in the country, you kind of want to go anyway. And even if you don't really want to go to that particular city or that particular casino, you go there. 
you 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 spend just long enough to spend your food credit, and then you 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 rent a car and drive out, drive around wherever you want, and then you can fly back from anywhere. They don't care where you fly back from. So you can fly into, for example, uh, uh, Philadelphia to go to Atlantic City, and then after that you can take a road trip and drive and fly back from Boston. They don't care. They don't care where you fly back, where you returned. Uh, flight is from. They only care where you're flying into. So you can't say, uh, okay, well, I, I want to take my trip to uh, Vegas via Hawaii. They won't let you do that. But uh, as far as where you return from... What about Madagascar? That wouldn't fly either. So, okay. But anyway, some people have been saying that they don't want to take these trips. They just don't have time, or it doesn't appeal to them, or they don't like flying, or, or, or you know, even some of the older Seven Stars members, they, they say they're too old to really travel very far. So there are a lot of old ladies that don't want to leave their pet kitties alone. Right, that, that too. So, so what about my goldfish? Like, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so, so people have said, why can't? Why are we forced to take either take this trip or just give up the value that that we've earned from it? Why? Why can't we get something for it? Even if you, even if you don't give us the full value of the twelve hundred dollars of airfare and the five hundred in RCs, like or the five hundred in food, can you give us something at least? So ideas were tossed around, and it was announced. That in 2000, maybe even like a coffee pot, maybe a coffee, or maybe a, well, maybe those Keurig coffee pots are expensive. What, what about a, a plastic shredder? Exactly, like I got it at, uh, the, at uh, Arizona Charlie's. So they, oh, again at the Palms on Saturday. If you're in Vegas, earn a hundred base points or five hundred uh, video poker points. AAA batteries. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so they they announced this year that starting. This seven stars year, which begins fe- began February first, that you can trade in your trip for five hundred dollars in RCs. Now that wasn't bad because this way you get your you know before it was a five hundred dollars food credit if you take the trip. So now you can get five hundred RCs instead of five hundred dollars in, in in one a one time food credit or one trip food credit, which is better because RCs you can just hoard and spend anytime you want. And uh, yeah, you don't get anything for the flight, but if you don't really want to go anywhere, then then that's fine. Then why should they pay for, pay you anything for a flight you don't want to take? So here, you at least you're getting the 500, and you're getting it actually in a better way than those who actually take the trip. So I thought that was a fair offer, and people seemed happy with it. Well, it was actually in the official Seven Stars rules, which I actually have a copy of, that that you can do this. Well, if you take a look at the Seven Stars rules now. That whole mention of the five hundred dollars in RCs in lieu of the trip is missing. <laughs> the reason it's missing is they quietly took it away about six weeks after announcing it. They just took it away. It just uh, people who who did it in the first six weeks could get it. If you weren't fast enough, it's just gone. And and not only that, they instructed all employees to deny it ever existed. They're actually that's like they did with the buffet. Yes, like right with a free buffet that they were offering. They tell them don't, don't even acknowledge it. Right, so so if you don't go, confirm, no or deny. It, it, right, so if if you go into a total reward center and ask them about if you're a seven star and say, hey, I'd like my five hundred dollars. What happened to this? They're going to what? No, this never existed. No, we we never did this. I don't know. What you're, you must have heard wrong. Like the straight out of a, a Jason Bourne movie. Yeah, right. You're, you're, they're going to treat you like you're crazy. They're going to they're going to be acting like that you dream this and you're going to. They're going to be making you feel guilty for. Wasting They'll their time. They'll mock you. They're going to mock you for, for wasting their time with this fantasy of yours. Seriously, they will, have, you, you, they will never acknowledge that this ever existed, even though it existed for six weeks and they processed it for, for a number of people who redeemed it then. And 
they even had it in their official rules. So I looked into this some of what happened here. I looked into this and I actually uh, found out, not directly from a Caesars employee, but uh, from somebody who uh, is in contact. And I was told this. My understanding is that they reconsidered for two reasons. Number one, general managers of each particular property wanted the business because they know that when someone takes one of these retreats, they're usually going to make money since these people gamble way more than the trip actually costs Caesars. And number two, the reaction from the customers was not good because $500 RCs for a trip that includes four nights in a hotel, but you get that anyways at Seven Star, uh, 1200 in airfare, round-trip airport limo, and $500 folio credit – uh, was not a fair trade, especially for somebody that was never going to take the trip anyway. So so they basically decided that this looks bad. It looks like they're being cheap. And also that they really, really want to encourage people to take this trip. They don't want to give you options to, to exchange in lieu of it. So they decided to scrap the whole thing. But but scrapping it instead of just like saying, okay, next year we won't do it. Instead they just, review, they just redeemed this for people who asked for it in the first six weeks, then took it away, and then instructed everyone to deny it ever existed. So that's uh, typical Caesars. As Brandon mentioned, they did that with this buffet promotion they had, uh, where if you earn a certain uh, number of uh, tiers in a day, you can get a free buffet. I just got a text from the 407 area code. They're saying that when they went and inquired about this at a uh, Total Rewards property in Atlantic City, they were tarred and feathered. (laughs) I, I actually believe that's a sad thing. Uh, so uh, here, this is a good one. This will uh, Scott from the East Coast. There, you can appreciate this more since you're from much closer to that area than we are. New York City residents got a a very generous offer here. Not all of them, but uh, some got this letter. Dear whoever, fly for free to and remember this is from New York City, Atlantic City this I September. This. <laughs> you know, it should have been. The whole thing with the other thing, they should write everyone a note. Dear John, by the time you read this note, the offer will be gone. <laughs> That'd be for the first one, yeah. right? So, yeah, this one. So this dear one, John, letter for everybody. So this one, you could fly to Atlantic City from New York. Keep in mind, you could drive to Atlantic City in like two and a half hours from New York. So what, you, flying there is already kind of ludicrous, but it, it gets even worse with this exclusive offer. That includes complimentary air transportation and hotel accommodations for two at Harris Resort, Atlantic City. Your trip will begin with a departure from Theodore Francis Green State aboard one of our charter jet aircraft. Now, let's stop right there. Where is Theodore Gra- Francis Green State Airport? That is in- I know because I flew into this place 20 million times. Why, why don't tell you t- us, tell Scott, us, where tell is us. Theodore Roosevelt? T- it's, it's T.S. Green in uh, Rhode Island. Right. Providence, Rhode Island. Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. Now, what's the problem with this? The problem with this is that the flight – Providence, Rhode Island is a three-hour drive from New York. So you have to drive three hours to take a flight to fly somewhere that takes two and a half hours to drive to. Now, you think when that Jason was was stealing from that foundation, do you think he was using the proceeds and flying out luxuriously in the Theodore Roosevelt Airport? (laughs) Maybe. But can you imagine they actually mail – they actually send – Offers to people oh. in New York offering that they take a flight where you, where the the airport the flight leaves from is farther than the place you're flying to. Well, you know what, January thirtieth, two thousand fifteen. That's all I have to say to you. 
That was a day that 843 angry, crying elderly people were told at uh, the Harris Rincon in, uh, was the San Diego area that they would not be eligible for the Bob Newhart promotion. <laughs> Do you remember that one? Yes. Yes. They love Bob Newhart from an innkeeper to a shopkeeper, <laughs> all the different keepers, and they go there, they play his little game, and they send them all home. Yep. Some of them never recovered. Some of them never, ever recovered from Bob Newhart Day. So so that happened. And it says, uh, by the way, it says, again, seats are limited, so book today and don't miss your opportunity to take advantage of this terrific offer. <laughs> I mean, how, how does this happen? How, how, how could they possibly do this? This would be like sending someone uh, in Los Angeles an offer to uh, fly to Santa Barbara from San Francisco Airport. Like that, that, that's what it would be like. It, it's it's ludicrous. To, you'd, you'd be driving farther to get to the airport than where you'd be flying to. So it's, uh, you'd actually <laughs> – even if the, the if you're on a supersonic jet – How do these people get jobs, like these yeah, marketing I don't people? get it. I, like, under, how, I mean, how do they send this to people in New York? It doesn't make any sense. Pay me a quarter million a year, and I'll get there, and I'll, I'll, I'll start getting shit straight. Yeah, that's I what I thought too. I mean, who are they hiring? I, I just – I don't understand it. Who's in charge? Brandon, it's like I told you. Brandon, it's like I told Who's you. Who's this? I mean, it's Scott from the East Coast. Oh, hey, buddy. It is. I'm sorry. It's sorry. like the it's like the idiots that came out from Vegas to run my property that are charging for the Section 8 food that I'd rather bring in. I bring in, I'm not going to lie to you. I bring in bologna sandwiches three days a week, and I'm living and eating better than the people at work. Well, what, what do they charge? I mean, how, that's how pathetic that, it is. How does the cost uh, – Tell us about that, because in Vegas, there's no casino that, that charges employees for that. How does that work? I understand work? that. I understand how does it work? What, what, do they, what, what do they charge you? I mean, how does how, it comes off your paycheck, I assume. Is there like a meal program, yeah, or how does it work? You've got, you got, you got two choices. You can either pay with your employee ID card, and it comes out of your paycheck for $3 a meal, or you can get just a side dish for a dollar. Or oh you can put God. in... Or there's a token machine, because they can't even... They've had... Multiple employees they've had to fire for stealing from the cash register in the EDR that you've got to put dollar bills into a token machine and save your tokens. Where is a dealer? You tell me as a dealer, where are you keeping these tokens? On a 20-minute break, yeah. you've got to walk to your locker. Oh, yeah, and that's the, other thing people have, that's the other thing people have to understand. That is, you know, for the most part, uh, you only have a 20-minute break when you're a dealer, so... You know, although you do get one every hour, hour and 20 minutes, you have to walk from your game. You have to get down. You have to order. I mean, so you really don't have much time. If you have to use the bathroom. You get about you know, seven and a half, eight minutes to yeah, eat. That's oh. about right. And then if you're paying for it on top of it, that's just brutal. Wow. And you get there and it's not – I'm sure where you used to work you or any one of the properties used to work, you could take a plate, put whatever you want on. As long as you're not being outrageous and, and taking a whole plate of – Say they're giving you, uh, we have butterfly shrimp every once in a while. They don't taste good at all, but they're butterfly shrimp. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can't take a whole plate of them. But at our property, you can have three. You can have a, you can have one spoon of this, you can have one spoon full of that, and that's it. So it's like the butter shrimp police there? Wow. I'm telling you, Todd, it's, it's pathetic. It really let me, is. 
Let me ask you, do they have a overwhelming amount of Mexican food or Asian food, or is it just kind of spread? Taco Tuesdays every single Tuesday. Taco Tuesdays. 10 a.m. till about, till about four in the morning. That reminds me of like elementary school. Okay, so, so here's, wow. here's every that's, that's brutal. It is brutal. Here well, is Todd, the, Todd, if you, this whole poker Bovada thing don't work with the ignition side, you don't want to become a dealer on the East Coast, apparently. No, I don't. I'm glad I'm on the West Coast here. So here, here's another West Coast story. Harris Rincon, the one in San Diego, now known as, uh, now known Bob as, Newhart. Now known as, as uh, Harris Resort, Southern California. Don't ever, don't ever try to go there for a Bob Newhart promotion. It won't work out. But uh, in addition to that, they, they are the only Caesars property in the state of California. So... They do very well, especially on the weekend, because they are serving a very large market that is much closer to that casino than anything in Vegas. That's you know, so there's a whole lot of seven stars who live in either the LA area, Orange County, uh, the Inland Empire, San Diego. It's it's a very 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 large population if you go from the Mexican border all the way through like Ventura County, which is that you know entire southern part of california it's a huge population huge you can look it up it's gigantic so and and it's also a population that also just enjoys gambling per capita compared to other parts of the country so there are a shitload of seven stars players in that group and all the entire region uh visits harris rincon which is now known as harris resort southern california so as a result and again especially on the weekends this place is jammed because people get very attached to their loyalty programs, and they... what's what's that other casino that's on that same windy road right before it? There, there's well, there's there's a, a number of them over I, there. there Paula's one of them. I'm talking about the one real close to it. Uh, there, there's a Valley View. There's there's Paula. I think it's Paula. Yeah. So the place is a ghost town. Every time I've been. There. Yeah. So I mean, they, they're crushing over there at the Rincon because of their Caesars Association, which they, you know, they built. They were built as a Harris property originally. So they they really benefiting from this now. The one problem they have, is a victim of their own success, on the weekend it was very hard to get a room there. And That's spe- for a smoker, and specifically, right? Specifically, a non-smoking room because you call this is what. So you let's say on on a Monday you go, you know, I'd like to go to the rink on this Friday. So you go, okay, four days notice that should be enough. You call up, yeah, I'd like a room, please. Yeah, sorry, we only have smoking rooms left. I mean, you get this over and over and over. Even if you were a seven star, they would tell you this because they simply had. Not only all the sm- non-smoking rooms booked, but they actually had them overbooked by like usually by like t- they overbook it by like twenty people, assuming that you know at least twenty won't show up. So they they had a big problem where they just had way too many smoking rooms compared to what they needed, and people were just stuck taking smoking rooms, which sucks. If you're a non-smoker, it really sucks taking a smoking room. So they built a new tower in 2014. And that was supposed to take care of the problem. That was supposed to put an end, other than super busy weekends, that was supposed to put an end to the difficulty in obtaining a room at Harris Rinka. And the new tower opened, and it has a whole lot of smoking rooms. <laughs> so, same problem. I mean, they, they, they didn't adjust it. They didn't say, hey, we have way too many smoking rooms. Let's Let's... Let's build very few smoking rooms. Let's designate very few smoking rooms in this new tower. Nope. The, the, whatever percentage they designated was way too high 
It's the same problem. You call up the Rincon, unless you call a good deal in advance, you're going to get the same crap about, sorry, only smoking rooms available. So what they need to do here, honestly, is, and I know this isn't cheap, but they need to redesignate some of the rooms. And the, the only way to do that is you, you have to sometimes replace the furniture, replace the carpet, you, sometimes even the wallpaper. You have to really go to work on the room and remove all traces of smoke ever having been there. Because the smoke really gets embedded in the place and people smoke day after day after day there. So, but they need to do it because they're, they have a big problem. And a lot of people just won't come to stay in a smoking room. In fact, I'm one of those people. I just, I could do it if absolutely necessary, but I would hate it. And and uh, Benjamin's mom, for example, she couldn't even stand it. She she wouldn't go. She would refuse. I, I could handle it, but it would be... Very unpleasant. Now, do you think that's really the truth, or is that part of the mystery of what she really is doing right now? <laughs> no, that's that's really the truth. And you know, actually, I'll I'll say about Benjamin's mom. I I actually know she has been traveling a lot recently, but I know exactly where she's been going and why she's been going to these places. So, yeah, but you ever watch that Lifetime channel? It's all about these women with these devious affairs. They meet a guy on the internet, then the next thing, you know, they're flying out to Maryland or Missouri. I've no, seen it on the Lifetime. I time. know, but but if you, but if you know everything, see, but they always have like an ambiguous story. Like if you, well, you know what, you've told some ambiguous stories. You were in a tornado, a hurricane came, or a flat tire. I mean, I've, these weren't I've, ambiguous. Like, they were very specific, oh, actually. But that's a lot to happen on a trip to meet a girl. Well, I I know. I wish these things didn't happen, but they did. By the way, you know, you know, Gamblebot, uh, he, he's kind of returned. I saw that. That's funny. He's kind, he's kind of come back. He, he actually made contact with me. That's how I got the video. He actually Gamblebot, oh, Gamblebot well, messaged me. That. Yeah, he he uh, no, he messaged me and then directed me to the video. And he's uh, he had me reactivate his account. It, it, like he forgot his password. He was never banned or anything. But then uh, I did. I changed his password and then he just never came. So I don't know. What's his is his name Gamblebot it's, on that yeah, site? Yeah, Gamblebot. Yeah, he just hasn't. Yeah, he posted in the past, years ago, but he just hasn't been back. That's funny. He owes me some money. <laughs> That's probably why he didn't come back. He's probably he owes. He supposedly owns Darkstar like a few thousand. We bet football mat games, and I well, whatever. It doesn't matter at this point. But yeah, I'd like to talk to him one day. <laughs> so I can give it. Well, I have. I, I can pass his number to you if you want. As he, I mean, I know he had a lot of family problems, and he had a young child, and. Is uh, everything? Is, does he seem like he's in a better place now? I, I don't know. I didn't have that long of a discussion with him. Oh. But uh, is he still in connection with the one girl with the 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 Louisiana poker player? Yeah. yeah. Toots. Yeah, he's still. Has oh, so they're, they're still friends. Wow. Yeah. Now, they've been friends mm-hmm. since like like since they were kids or something. They go way back. Oh. Whatever this thing was. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, hey guys, it's handy at me. Hey, buddy. Hey, guys. Wait, so I just wanted to call uh, to call in and basically say, oh, what the fuck? Wait, oh, um, so <laughs> that's that your story. That's a, it's very yeah, bad. that's why I just said, oh, what the fuck? Uh, someone jumped in front of the train. Oh, no. And now service is suspended going into the city. That's fucking sucks. No, Someone no, jumped. whenever this happened. Yeah. They jumped in like, front of the train? Yeah, what does that mean? That, well, suicide? Oh, someone just died in front of you? Well, not in front of me. I just walked in. It happened probably a few minutes. 
prior. Oh, wow. oh, you're talking about the subway? No, 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 uh, train. Like, wow, railroad so, 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 train. Okay, so it's like a few minutes before you Wait, got you there. you literally so... take a railroad train to work? Yeah, it's uh, it's thirty minutes into the city. Yeah, they have they oh, have wow. that they have that there. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, it takes me right into uh, Penn. But uh, yeah, no, it does suck because like it's not that they did that because honestly, kind of just want to say fuck them, but it now screws of like hundreds of thousands of people, including me right now. Fuck. Anyways, um, so I just wanted to say, uh, Todd, um, how's that cute little puppy of yours doing? Oh, well, no, so that's my, uh, that's my girlfriend's puppy, and, uh, yeah, she, she lost that in, I guess you could call it the divorce. Oh. Basically, uh, so, it was her and her ex got it, like, um, probably two years ago. When they broke up, she, she still wants to take care of the dog, and the ex is just like, alright, fine, when you get your own place, you can have them. So she started dating me. He didn't like that. Then he started dating someone else, and she wasn't a big fan of it. And then a few months later, it turned into, uh, "Oh, I don't want you to contact that. Like, I don't want you to contact me anymore." She goes, "Okay, that's fine. Like, I don't have to contact you because the dog doesn't even live with you anymore. I'll just talk to your parents, and in two months, I'm getting my own place." And he was like, no, I'm keeping the dog. Fuck you. So she's trying to take him to court, but uh, that's that's a losing cause. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but, well, it sucks for her, not for me, because I honestly, like, the the picture, that's my avatar, right? He uh, He's all happy there, but that dog fucking hated me. <laughs> like, he was such an asshole. Such an asshole. So, can't really complain there. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go because I think I'm going to have to Uber it into the city for something right now. Have you been drinking so, already this morning? Oh, I am hungover like a motherfucker. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Wait, so that's why like, I'm already late. But um, I'll take a picture of, like, the massacre. Well, not of, like, the whatever, but, like, police everywhere and, like, the actual train that's, like, stopped. But, uh... All right, guys. Appreciate the show. Keep going on because I'm probably going to be commuting for a few hours. Well, I think we're, sh- we're shutting down pretty soon. All, All right. right. Good uh, to hear your God, voice. Okay. Good yeah, to hear wait. Your voice. Oh, oh, Brandon, are you feeling better? It- uh, a little bit, but it's not uh, concluded yet. I'm still having some tests done and some other things, but I'm, I'm better. I'm much better than I was a month ago. Thank you for asking. All right, buddy. Feel better. Talk right, to you good later. to hear your Bye. voice. Bye. <laughs> Handicapped so he's saying that he's waiting for the train and someone committed suicide. Well, right, and like, it's going like to ruin his day. Well, like before he got there, if, if, like a short yeah, time yeah, before yeah. he got there, someone right. killed himself. And that, now they shut down the train, and now he has to uh, take Uber in there. It's a pain in the ass. That's that, that's, like I, that's why I hate counting on transportation like that, like especially getting to work every day. I would, I'd go crazy. I, I'd really want to just drive my own car, but I know in New York City that can be very tough. Well, a couple quick things that maybe to touch on on the way out the door here. Uh, the beer and poker gentleman from the site, he posted that apparently Doyle Brunson's neighbor's house was robbed. Uh, this was oh yeah yeah a couple days ago on August twelfth, but he had a premonition that 
the robbers intended to really rob him. Well, this is what he wrote. He said, a police officer just left my house. There was a robbery a few doors from my house last night. The robber told the guy he knew he was a poker player and got him in his garage. That was probably meant for me. Don't these idiots know we leave our money at casinos where we play? He told the victim his cut was supposed to be 700000 Warning, I carry a pistol with me all times. When I come home, I get out of my car with a gun in my hand. I have all kinds of silent alarms, motion detectors, etc. Plus, I'm 83 years old, uh, have been good with guns. <laughs> Plus, I'm 83 years old shouldn't be something that would be scaring them. If anything, that will make people want to victimize him more. But uh, I, I don't believe he gets out of the car every time with a gun in his hand. That sounds like posturing. Uh, I don't even know if this story is true. I, I think it's possible the neighbor got robbed and then this is all exaggeration. Hmm. And then secondly, apparently, this Fedora Holtz travels to poker tournaments and helicopters now. Yeah, I saw that, except uh, this was to a this poker game, Celebrity Cash Kings, and, and he was in the Celebrity Cash Kings po- helicopter. So... It doesn't seem like it's his personal helicopter. It looks like it was a helicopter for whatever this cash event was. Now, I, I don't know much about helicopters. Do you? I know about RFL copters. That's all I really know. Yeah. Now, I mean, how far can you actually go in a helicopter without refueling? Like, could you go from, I mean, obviously I know you can go from like Vegas to LA, but could you go to say Vegas from Florida no. or Vegas to Florida? No, no. But I mean, if you stopped and refueled, could like a oh, yeah, helicopter. Yeah. 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 But you wouldn't do it. It's it's not also not that fast. How how long would you guess it takes by a helicopter to go from L.A. to Vegas? I've never been on a helicopter. I, I haven't either. Uh, I don't know how fast they go, but I'm guessing they probably go, yeah, maybe 120 miles per hour or something. You know, I used to like helicopters, but when I was a young boy, I watched Superman and that scene with Lois Lane almost getting killed in a helicopter, it scared me as a child of helicopters. <laughs> really? Is that true? Do you, yes. Do you oh, remember that scene? Yeah, but I, I didn't know that you uh, that would have scared I, you. Well, I mean, now I'm not really scared of them. I, now the only point I'd ever be on a helicopter is they do these Hoover Dam tours, you know, that you will ride a helicopter, yeah. and I don't care about that. I, you know, it's, well, you know, know I, 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 I had a helicopter story, not riding in one, but uh, in, in the – apartment uh i used to live in in vegas the one i was at yeah there there's there were always helicopters over it shining lights down when someone stole a car i remember that too whatever so so like one night i'm really hungry and there's nothing to eat in the apartment and and i think i want to go to carl's jr it was like 3 a.m or something i just want to go to carl's jr pick up like a chicken sandwich and I hear that damn helicopter out there, and I'm seeing the shining lights, and and like so, part of me is afraid to go out there because whoever they're looking for could be right in the lot, and you know, hold me hostage or carjack me, whatever. And so at first I'm hesitant, and then I'm like, you know what, screw it, I, I want to have my Carl's Jr. chicken sandwich, so I, I, I just walk out the door, go into the lot, and of course the the RFL copter sees me and shines the light on me the whole way as I'm walking to my car. And, and then I, I just get in my car and drive there, and I said, "Screw it!" And I said, "I'm not, I'm not letting the stupidity keep me away from." Uh... And, and uh, now Scotty, no, he actually got confronted in his own uh, apartment, or right outside his own apartment, by someone who was being looked for by the helicopter. Not that one, but another one. Wow. 
He I never was, knew this story. He, Scotty No was he lived in that complex too. He, uh, oh yeah, and he it was his first time living away from mom and dad. It was, and Scotty No had a first floor apartment, which I, I never liked for this reason. In fact, I, I knew that the first floor wasn't as safe. And there's a lot of burglaries in Vegas. It's just it's just not good to be on the first floor. So I, I'm not a big fan of the first floor. So I I I've never. Li- had the first floor. Actually, I did have the first floor once because that was always available, but then I moved to the second floor later. But he was on the first floor, and he, he hears a helicopter, and then he looks out his back window, and there's a guy crouching in this little, like, I can't call it a balcony area, but it's like a little patio area you have in the back. A guy had uh, gotten into the little patio area behind his apartment and is crouching there. And... Uh, Unfortunately, I don't remember the rest of the story. Uh, nothing happened to Scotty, but I think the guy talked to him and said he was, you know, accused of car theft and they're looking for him or something like that. Now, does he still live? <clears throat> Do you have any knowledge if he still lives in the same place? No, I, I, I don't know where he lives. Because it's really hard to make a Raz career out here. It is. Well, I'll mess it. Uh, next time he posts, I'll ask him. He posts <laughs> yeah. sporadically on the forums. It, it is it is funny to have come all the way from uh, Massachusetts to to go to Vegas to play Raz. Yeah. Um. What else do we have on the agenda? Is there any last? I'm looking. Uh, there was that hotel thing. But I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. want to get into it. Caesars fail. You no, know, it was a very relatively short agenda this evening. Oh, well, you know what? I'm going to tell you one other thing that wasn't on the agenda. Uh, it's uh, that uh, David Bezov of Amaya has uh, is stepping down. He resigned. Yeah, yeah he I, resigned. I saw that. And let me go to the article I have about this that I always lose once a show. Uh, yeah, David Bezoff, uh, he, he has stepped down because of the insider trading accusations, which seem to have a lot of uh, validity from what I can tell. And he stepped down. He's still proclaiming his innocence, but he is no longer the CEO. They've appointed a new CEO. Uh, it's a, an Israeli. Now, you may wonder, is it a Sephardic Israeli or an Ashkenazi one? Well, you'll hear the answer very shortly. The name of the Israeli that was appointed in David Bezov's place is Rafi Ashkenazi. <laughs> now, it'd be funny if, if Rafi Ashkenazi was actually a Sephardic Jew. The, the Sephardic Jews are the darker ones. The Ashkenazi are the uh, lighter ones. So Rafi Ashkenazi was appointed interim chief executive officer of Amaya in March. And he's currently the CEO of Rational Group. He's been appointed the CEO of Amaya on a permanent basis. Mr. Ashkenazi's appointment follows the resignation of David Bezos from all positions of Amaya effective August 11th, 2016. Commented Mr. Bezoff, I am proud of my contributions in building Amaya into the successful company it is today. Remember it was like a a, a spa or something? Yeah. It's like a small no, day No, it was like a, t- was like a, san- a tanning salon. Oh, a tanning salon. That's what a tanning salon. Yeah. See, my memory very sharp. Drew. Yeah, Even yeah, if my body is failing me physically. My faculties are all together. Yes. And continue to be supportive of its strategy and management. Amaya thanks Mr. Bezoff for his contributions and insider trading to Amaya since its inception and through its rapid growth looks forward to Mr. Ashkenazi's continued success in leading the execution of Amaya's strategy and the, fur- the literal execution of its 
winning. You know, it's like the they have that chain letter or block letter. It's always the same. We thank so and so for his contributions, and we wish them the nothing but the best in future endeavors. I mean, it's always the same. Spiel. Nothing but the best for you, Mister Bezov, as you go to prison for now. Speaking trade. of nothing but the best, I'm going to tell you, I'm a little. You know, we talk usually every show briefly about the major league, uh, you know, baseball competitions, and I'm a little, uh, I'm a little saddened over this week's developments. Do you know what I'm maybe referring to? Uh, no. Now, for the first time in 13 years, my Miami Marlins, with probably arguably the worst, if not one of the worst owners in baseball, would you agree to that? Yeah. They are in contention for a wild card. Yes. In fact, they were at some point this week in the wild yeah, card. Yeah, the, the second season wild card, ended. yeah. And do you see what happened? I see they've been slumping. but uh... Stanton's out for the year. Yeah, I know Stanton's out for the year, yeah. Yeah, he hurt Terry. Now he has that title injury prone. So what do you think the first thing they debated about doing? And, and, and now I'm reading this Buster. What is his name for ESPN? Buster, Buster Olney. Yeah. yeah, he reports that the Marlins actually reached out to Alex Rodriguez. And Alex, Alex Rodriguez said, no, thank you. <laughs> How embarrassing is that? Because they wanted him to replace him in the heart of the, I don't know why they would. Yeah, he's than, terrible. You know, he's, he's from Miami and, you know, maybe they'd get some attended spark, but it really wouldn't be to, you know, replace Stanton or even help for the push down the home stretch. But now we lose our best player, our only power hitter, and our pitching hasn't been great. And, and, Gordon and, had, and St. Louis is doing better. Yeah, so I don't think – I think the Marlins are going to fade. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, if you look back over the last 10, 15 years of all the major league talent that Miami either signed, you know, in, in the draft and traded or released or even the young talent that they traded for, you know, and, and other sell-offs and then traded, it's a fucking all-star roster of players. I mean, if you took – over the last 10 years, all the players that, that are elsewhere that were on the Marlins, I mean, that it literally, it's a championship. I mean, you have to think we had Cabrera at his peak, you know, Miguel Cabrera, yeah, yeah, who's yeah. in Detroit. We had him at its peak. Uh, well, maybe, I mean, we, maybe they can um, start a petition to bring back Jeff Conine. Um, <laughs> you know what? I don't know if this is accurate now. It may very well be, but... He was at one point the all-time leading home run hitter for the Marlins. Yeah, he was a he was a good Marlin. I mean, I know, he was he, he was made, the only, he was the only he good made player an all-star when, game when, he, for, he when was, the team first started. He was the only good player on the team. The first, yeah, the first year, and then we ended up getting Gary Sheffield the second yeah. year, and then he. Let me look it up. Jeff Kona, he's got to be in his mid fifties now or yeah. early fifties. But no, I was a big Jeff Conine fan. I think he was. Uh, it's amazing that you even know that name. Let's actually, let's see. He had uh, 214 career home runs with the Marlins. He's 50 years old. He played, how many teams did you guess he played for in his career? One, two, three, four, six teams, six different teams. Two-time All-Star, two-time World Championship. Definitely not a Hall of Famer, but still a, you know, that's a, that's a very, very solid career. Two All-Stars. Guess what the worst team has been since the All-Star break? It's not the Dodgers. Nope. Uh, it's not the Marlins. Um, 
Yikes, and even the Yankees have been good. I don't know. Tell me. Playing 300 ball since the All-Star break. 300 ball. The San Francisco Giants. Wow. And they have chunked off a big lead they had on the Dodgers, and the Dodgers now lead them a game and a half in the West. Hmm. And it's not that the Dodgers are blowing up. They're, they've kind of been playing like a 550 ball since <coughs> the All-Star break, so they, which is actually surprisingly good considering that they have no Kershaw, and they haven't had him for like seven weeks. Right. So they've actually... But is there any word on him coming back? Uh, he's starting to throw a little bit, but he may or may not come back this year. So it's it's a uh, it's a bad situation. Now, if they get to the playoffs without him, they don't have much of a chance. Okay. I got something I'm going to do. It's, it's not going to be... Let's see... Okay, it won't be long, but let's just see how how good you are about with this. I'm gonna ask you. It'll be fast. I'm gonna. Ask, I used to do this with my friends. It's really interesting because some of them will surprise you. I'm gonna ask you a major league baseball team, and you tell me who their art all time home run leader is for that team. You're not you know, meaning if they've been you know to three different teams, um, you know, it doesn't count the total. Okay, so some of these are really going to surprise you. I just pulled it up there on this uh, here internet on the phone. Okay, real fast, we'll go through this. We'll see how many how many do you think you could get? Do you think you can get half? Do you think you get more than half? Yeah, I don't know. Pro- you... Probably it may be hard, but especially ones that they go way back. I probably don't know this. Old, but some of them are very players. obvious. Yeah. Like I'll give you the easy one to get the confidence going. Okay, all time leading home run hitter is the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves. Uh... Well, come on, that's the easiest one. No, Hank Aaron, sir. Yeah, right. Okay, 733. Okay. Uh, now we're getting a little trickier. The uh, California slash Anaheim Angels. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, is it... Uh, He's retired. I don't mind giving you one is of it, the... Is it uh, Rod Carew? No. Not Tim easy. Salmon. Tim Salmon, okay. 299. The Dodgers, your team. Dodgers, um, crap. Uh, old school. No, I thought long you, I, dead. I, I knew it had to be an old school. That's a long, long dead. Uh, let me give you a hint. Yeah, they called him the Duke. Oh, okay, it's Duke <laughs> Snyder. Yeah, I feel like... all right. Here's a hard one. Uh, it's our error for sure. Doesn't play anymore. Arizona Diamondbacks. Luis Gonzalez. Very good. Very, very good. Very, very easy one. Very easy. Shout out to East Coast Scott again for helping us. Baltimore Orioles. Uh, that would be uh, Ripken. Very good. 431. Boston Red Sox. Very easy one. Yeah, Babe Ruth. Boston Red Sox. Not New York Yankees. Oh, sorry. sorry. Boston no, Red no, Sox. I, okay, okay. Never mind. The other the one trade. that hit. Okay. Do uh, you want a hint? Yeah. The last batter to hit over 400 in the season. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ted Williams. Very good. The Chicago Cubs. Your hint will be steroids. <laughs> Sammy Sosa. The Chicago White Sox. Uh, this guy will, this Th- guy will Tom- hurt Frank you. Frank Thomas. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds. 
Cincinnati Red. Johnny Bench? Very good. You're in a row now. This may stump you. Hopefully it doesn't. Cleveland Indians. Our generation. Uh, Definitely our generation. I think you retired within a couple years ago. Maybe even two years ago. Jim, Jim Tommy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you're on a roll. Mile high, the Colorado Rockies. Uh, is it uh, give Larry, you a hint. Larry Walker? No, nope, I'll give you a hint. He played backup behind Peyton Manning at the University of Tennessee in football. He was his, He was the second-string quarterback through Manning's career. Uh, I don't. He was basically the. Is it, uh. If it's not Walker, it's the other star of Colorado for the entirety of the franchise. Todd Helton. Very good. Boom. Detroit. Tigers. This is a hard one. Yeah, I probably won't get that one. Al. How do you pronounce it? Callen? Kyline? Hall of Famer Al Callen? K A L I N E. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have gotten that. Okay, Florida Marlins. Florida Marlins. I was I was actually wrong. It wasn't Jeff Conine because <laughs> it was spread out. I, I'm looking at it right. Well, at least according to this MLB site, it's not. Huh. He's out of baseball, and he's still getting paid for next the next like the oh, next is, five is years. It, uh, the it, Braves it, signed it, an awful contract for him. Dan Ugla. Uh, Dan Ugla. Wow, I wouldn't have mm-hmm. you know, guessed that one. Out of all the teams in baseball. Uh, he's the lowest with 154 to lead a team. Uh, okay, the Houston, this should be easy. The Houston Astros. Houston Astros, was it uh, Jeff Bagwell? Very good. This should be easy. The Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> the Chiefs. Oh, I'm sorry, the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, they don't, they don't have many home runs in the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, George Brett. Very good. Uh, this should be easy. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> or Vikings, Jesus, Minnesota, the Minnesota Twins, Twins, Twins. Uh, old Puck, school, very Puckett? old school. No, he wasn't a power hitter at he all. He wasn't no. a power hitter. That's right. Not even close. Uh, old school. Come on, you pulled out. This might be hard. I mean, you know the name when I say it, but it's old. Old, maybe I don't know the era. Forties, fifties. 30s, yeah, think of it. 60s, Harmon Killebrew. Okay. Five, okay. 559. It's a beast. Okay. Uh, not a lot. You think for this franchise, it's been around a long time, but they haven't had too much success. The Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, he has a girl's name. <laughs> His first name's a girl. He's a Sally. I just tell you, Robin Young, still okay. doing good. Okay. okay, this is going to be a tough one because it's not really a lot of home runs for a franchise that that's been around this long. The New York Mets. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, they've been around since I think since like '69. But she was very fruity, <laughs> very fruity. Come on, he was very fruity. Did a lot of cocaine, oh, too. Oh, uh, Daryl Strawberry. Okay. Very good. All right. I'll, I'll give you one if you miss this. I'm just hanging up right now. The New York Yankees. Okay, that was Babe Ruth. Okay. All right. Oakland A's. Oakland A's, Mark McGuire. Very uh, good. Yeah. Uh, the Phillies. Phillies, uh, Mike Schmidt. Very good, 548. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
Uh, Willie Stargell. Very good. St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, I think it's someone who wasn't <clears throat> recent. Oh, it, it's a big name. It's a long time ago. Yeah, yes, I was saying it wasn't recent. Yeah. No, but it's a big name. Hall of Famer. Stan Musial. Okay. Now, I'm going to be honest to you. If someone put a gun to my head, the next team I'm going to read, I would, I would, they'd have to kill me. Never heard of this guy. This is pathetic. Uh, the San Diego Padres, this gentleman leads them all time with only 163 home runs. Never heard of him. He's the only one on the list I've never heard of. Hmm. 163. I mean, I, I, there's no way you can pull this out. Brian, I don't know what Brian, era. I don't Brian, know anything. Brian Giles? No. Nate Colbert. Yeah, I don't know who that is. All right. And the rest should be relatively easy. You're San Francisco? Your nemesis? Barry Bonds? No. Because remember, he got like the first 200 from uh, the oh, Pirates. Oh, so, so he wasn't. Okay. It's the, the uh, probably the most Robert respected. Cowley? No, Willie Mays. Mays 646. Right. Oh, Mays, Mays, right, that's right. Uh, Seattle, that should be pretty easy. Griffey. Very good. This one's hard. No way you'll get it. Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Uh, it. I know the name, but I don't. It's. But he's still active, so I guess he's their all-time leading home, and he still plays for them. Is it Langoria? No, Carlos Pena. No, I wouldn't know that. Uh, Texas. I'll give you a hint. He won an MVP. He was linked to the steroids. It's not Palmero. Is it uh, Ivan Rodriguez? No, Juan Gonzalez. Juan Gonzalez. This one surprised me. I mean, I knew about this years ago, but Toronto. I didn't. I just never knew he hit that many home runs. Uh, John Oliver? Nope, Carlos Delgado. Okay. And then the last one is Montreal Expos slash Washington Nationals. This will obviously change if Bryce Harper sticks around. There's a couple of good guesses, but I'll tell you, the first one I would have guessed – but I didn't know I would be Andre Dawson, but that'd be incorrect. Well, he played for the Cubs a lot, so too. Yeah. Uh, but he won his MVP as, I believe, I believe it was an expo, but maybe not. I don't know. Last one on the list. Uh, uh, okay, I'll give you a hint. He played the first part of his – I don't even – I don't think he ever played for Washington. No, he didn't. He played the first – that's funny because he's it says Washington, but he never played for them. He played the first part of his career – uh, when he was at his peak for the Expos and then went to the Angels. Oh, Vladimir Gonzalez. Very good. No, R- Vladimir R- R- Guerrero. R- Guerrero. I mean, yep. I Still very, very good. Yep, that's it. Out of all those, which one surprised you the most? I think Daryl Strawberry did. I wouldn't think 252 home runs is yeah, yeah, that, the that lead. Is, that is surprising. And he, yeah. went, and he left there you know, to go to the Dodgers, and that was a fail, but. Oh, he left to go there and to San Francisco, too. Yeah, man, San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco yeah. got him for nothing. The Dodgers released him. Yeah. I just saw, actually, I don't know if you're into that kind of stuff. I saw a 30 for 30 on ESPN about, uh, do you ever watch 30 for 30s? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. There was one that just came out maybe a month ago about that the 86 Mets team, but more specifically uh, Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden, where they openly talked about the amount of coke and drugs they were doing in their careers from the beginning, you know, growing up. I don't know. You'd like it. You're a baseball yeah, guy. Did you know that uh, Dwight Gooden is Gary Sheffield's uncle? Yep, I did know that. Yeah, yeah. I was. I remember I was in high school. Uh, I think it was my senior year when we traded uh, Gary Sheffield. He had moved around a lot 
because I, I don't know if you remember, he was kind of regarded even early in his career as a, as a trouble player, a yeah. cancer in the locker room. So he was a, do you remember which team he originally, I think we talked about yeah, this. Yeah, it was in Milwaukee, which team? in Milwaukee, yeah. in San Diego. And then for, yeah, and then I remember the Marlins drafted him and that was the first thing that ever gave the Marlins credibility. I mean, cause he was her first real all-star. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm too young. I remember 86, I was 12. I remember, you know, just kind of reading about in the paper. It was before cable was everywhere, but I was, a, you know, I was a Dwight Gooden fan. I love those Mets because I just remember the Dr. K and when they put up, but you know, it, it's amazing to think his first season he had, which, uh, I think it ranks as either the most, you know, they have how they have these stats like wins above replacement and all of these other things they didn't have back then. But it's right up there. If it's not first, it's, it's second that season he had 25 and three or whatever it was his first season. And then after that one season, he never even came close. So a lot of, you know, what people think of him or his legacy is a lot of, a lot of it's just inaccurate. I mean, he was really only a dominant pitcher like the first 40 starts of his entire career, and he was never the same again. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. How, you, how you view him. Like some people think, oh, Dwight Gooden, he was such a great pitcher. But after that first year, besides that, he, he, he was an average pitcher or below average the rest of his career. He never even came close to, I think his ERA was well over four, you know, considering like every other season but the, the first combined. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was a big Strawberry fan. Uh, big Jeff Bagwell fan killer bees. Uh, anyhow, it's just kind of interesting to look at this list and, you know, guess he's like Cal Ripken, you know, I guess what, well, I don't know. I guess A-Rod would be now the most home runs by a shortstop, but I don't know how you count that because didn't wait, did Cal Ripken ever go to third or did he stay at yeah, he shortstop his whole yeah, career? Yeah, he went to third. It's yeah. A lot of times they move because it's harder to play shortstop as you get old. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you one last one, then we'll go. Uh, we'll wind it out. Most home runs ever hit by a catcher? Uh, that, that was uh, Mike Piazza. Very good. Very, very good. And, then, and he doesn't get you know any acclaim from the different teams because he did basically half, you know, more so with the Dodgers and also with, with the Mets. Were you surprised, by the way, that he inducted himself as a Met rather no, than a Dodger? No, he was angry at the Dodgers. They they, yeah. uh, they didn't treat him well. Yeah. How many years he but he played when all is said and done his career it was longer with the Dodgers though wasn't it? No, the, it was close. You know, he, the Dodgers he, he played for uh, only about five and a half years. Mm. Oh, you know what? I thought of this the other day because you know we both like baseball. Uh, do you know what record? Bartolo Colon, he set two records this year already, hitting records know, at 42 hitting the, years the first, old. The first uh, home run as a pitcher. And then there was another one this week. No, I don't know what the one this week is. He walked for the first time in his entire career. Oh, really? In 200, 248 at-bats, he had never drawn a walk, and he drew one two or three days ago, which I thought was kind of interesting. I mean, that's amazing. That's an amazing stat, 248. And the other stat that I – he wasn't the oldest player to hit their first home run. He was the oldest pitcher. That so that pitcher, means somebody yes, yes. 42 or older hit their first home run. I wonder who that was. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what the stat was of oldest pitcher to maybe hit it was, their first yeah, home run. Maybe it was some, like, career minor leaguer who they brought up. Uh... Probably. Probably. But anyhow, you did really, really good. I, I knew you'd kind of hammer most of these. Kind of surprised Harmon Killebrew you didn't know. 
just because he's you know five fifty nine. You see his yeah, name yeah. up there a lot. And by far, uh, in, you know, he was the greatest power hitter ever for Minnesota. But uh, anyhow, that's all I got, brother. I'm wiped out. Yeah, it's five a.m. Yeah, I, I, I stuck with you now for you five did. hours. I, I appreciate that. Thank you for being part of it. Let me get the the closing music here, and uh, we'll try to be back. Uh, hopefully, if nothing comes up, I, I don't think that Ben's mom is traveling. Actually, last week I had to change the date of the show. It was we had a free roll, but I had to change the date because I had a stomach ache. But now, let me ask you. I know you don't like to give too much. Uh, personal information and that's you shouldn't i agree with that policy but do you know what kind of per diem they're giving her on these trips um not not a very good one uh that sucks have you ever gotten a per diem i've never gotten one yeah i have i i got a really fail one what was your per diem for your computer job yeah no, but it was it was based upon where you're going to and the market i was going to at a very low one so that was that really hurt you because if you go to like big cities like New York or Los Angeles, you get a much higher per diem, and then yes, it's more expensive to stay there, but then you have more leeway. There's so many places to choose from. If you want to, you could choose a cheaper place and still have a lot of money to eat with. But where I went, where I went, I went to Huntsville, Alabama, so they gave me very little money, and I could really only forget eating. I couldn't afford any hotel on that per diem other than two crap hotels there. And wow! The, and the one I chose a day's in ended up stealing my credit card. So that was hmm. yeah. Well, maybe they're hanging out with the same people from Target. <laughs> Jesus! No, they stole my credit card and they put me in a room right next to one where they were hammering and drilling on a common wall at 7 a.m. and the and the Indian owner of the place was uh, telling me that's totally fine and that uh, everyone should wake up by seven. I mean, are you seriously, are you kidding me? That really they're happened. They're telling you in a hotel what time you should be up by? Yeah, they told me it's totally reasonable that they're doing major construction on the Common Wall at 7 a.m. Wow. Well, listen, a couple quick shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Drew, or, or Drew, Druff, the, the Drew God, a.k.a. Quincy Beans. He's really taken a fancy to this show. No, Druff. I know. He loves this show. And uh, who else? Shout out to Danzo. I'm trying to think who else is you know, I, you know, I actually sent uh, $100 to Quincy Beans once in cash in the mail. Remember, it got lost. It got lost. His girlfriend it, stole it or something. Yeah, and then she gave it back to him. So he got it. He ultimately got it. And last but not least, A-Rod. Will he come back next season or is he done, buddy? No, I think he's done. Yeah, I think so, too. That's all. Thank you, Brandon, and shalom. Shalom.